son of a bitch is dug in like an Alabama tick. You're hit. You're bleeding, man. I ain't got time to bleed. Oh. Okay. Three cinephiles have come together to bring you strong opinions, controversial statements, epic battles, and plenty of fun. Introducing our host. The man who watches 52 movies a week, drinks 52 beers a movie, loves women but hates the woman. From the foreign land of Canada, our host, Mood 616. He is widely known as the man who talks too much. His worst enemies are Postmaster P and Pee Wee Herman. He said Hellraiser was overrated and Leprechaun Origins wouldn't suck. He's the full-blooded half-Mexican. JP. Finally, we have the man who doesn't talk enough. He is best friends with Sean S. Cunningham. His favorite horror movie is Gummo. He is your favorite Jew and mine, Jeremy. Together, they are known for extending a helping hand to vampircons everywhere. They are the 22 shots of moods and horror. Yes, yes, y'all, it's going down right now. Episode 140 of the 22 shots of moods and horror podcast is coming at you live. I am your host, Dutch, the Predator Slayer, a.k.a. Moods. Yeah. And of course, I got my two commandos by my side. First up. We have the untrustworthy Mexican predator killer, also known as Dylan, a.k.a. J.P. Weathers. Last up, we have Anna. Yes, Anna. The girl that the real commandos rescued from the first Predator film, a.k.a. Jeremy, the lonely Jew. She doesn't talk like me? No, no. She never talks either. She's pretty quiet. Yeah. (laughs) Actually kind of makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah, it does make sense. Keeps to herself, you know, tries to mind her own business and shit, but what's going on, guys, man? Episode 140, I don't know if this is a milestone. Some people like round numbers as milestones and shit like that. Here at the 22 Shots, we don't give a fuck. Um, yeah, the only thing it means do. to me you is know, We did episode 50 is... and 100, you know, we did. Yeah, but 140, you know, it sounds like a, you know, like a milestone type thing, but it really isn't, man. It really isn't. Wait till 150, we got big things happening for 150 you know what i'm saying oh, and, and you know about yeah it. we did decide on and doing something you know what's actually interesting about that i was i was looking at our schedule and 150 sounds like pretty far away considering we're just at 140 but theoretically it's going to come faster than you think it is mm-hmm. and so Do we know what, what she said? that's going to land in it's probably going to land in december yeah like it's because we have about yeah. i think there's a stretch where we have eight shows in a row i think starting uh, October, October, yeah, right to December, right through, yeah, eight or nine in a row. So it's gonna come quick. Yeah, and oh, yeah. that's what she said. Oh. I already said that, bro. You didn't hear me, of course, does that, like does always. That, does that, does that. So I, you know, we got to start uh, working on what we're doing. Yeah, uh, have you guys yeah. started at all? Have you guys started? Uh, a little bit. Yeah, I was. You know me, I'm always ahead. More Jeremy fucking crap. Last minute. <laughs> I was doing all some this brainstorming. Crap. It. It's like Jesus Christ. Jeremy's one of those dudes it's weird though because certain things he'll wait till the very end and other things he's like way ahead of us like he watched all the puppet master movies before we watched like two of them you know what I mean he's already we ain't even done with the first half and he's you know on the second half already but stuff like the 1982 show he'll wait yeah because we have deadlines for this week that's that's why in the summertime for the 82 show, I just went buck wild and I saved you about... You went hard. I watched you on Letterboxd. Yeah, I, I, I've i been saving some watches for Closer, but then I'll finish it up and 
You know, that's how I'll have 30. So. Why the fuck? Christian had 20 on the last show, and you guys didn't fucking make fun of him. So I know, but you. he's not a host. Though. Oh, that's fuck you. He's still on the show. So. He's a guest. We don't oh, really expect the, the guests. To, if they want to watch a bunch, more power to them. But we should that's we a bunch of shit. They're, they're on the show just as much as but, we but are. Think, on those. But actually, think about it, dude. That, <laughs> should we require should we expect somebody who's guesting on the show to spend like a hundred hours watching movies no you know what i mean that's so why that's, should we that's some bullshit this is our show especially <laughs> especially what they're doing or trying to accomplish this year, this year for with exploding heads it's the uh the year of the yeah, franchise for them so so they've been putting in lots of work with their own show too it's not just like their regular couple reviews here and there but yeah. So I mean, yeah, 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 I wouldn't expect them to be putting in a lot more work. That is true. That is true. Although yeah. Dave is doing the bare minimum, I think he's going to watch ten films. His top ten. <laughs> yeah, but, but the thing is, also Dave is in, in a little bit different of a boat compared to me and Jeremy, because the '80s really was his. You know, he he he. You know, will say that he hasn't seen it, everything from the '70s and and you know the the middle or '90s and and early 2000s, even though he's seen a lot. But he he has seen a ton of those eighties movies, even like a lot of the bad ones. So, um, yeah, totally. That's, man. that's a little bit different than like me and Jeremy. Cause there was so many on the list that I pulled that I hadn't seen. Mm-hmm. And I know Jeremy hadn't seen probably, he's probably seen as many as me or even less. So that's a little bit different. I don't think he needs to prep as much, uh, since he's seen most of those flicks. I, I mean, us, and Brandon, we we go harder just because it's fun for us. But um, I know Dave has like his life's really changed since he's got uh, that house and stuff, and he doesn't have nearly as many time much time to watch movies. Between the franchise reviews, getting old, and um, <laughs> yeah, getting old, and the uh, 2018 <laughs> watches, I think he's only averaging like five a week right now, which is like you know when you when your franchise is like six films, that's <laughs> pretty yeah. crazy. But mm-hmm. I'm actually ahead on on pace. I mean, this I know this is the first year that you started keeping track of everything you watch mids, but mm-hmm. I've been doing it for since 2011. So, you know, 7 years I've been doing it and this is this is the best I've ever done. I'm on pace. I'm I'm averaging above 7 a week, which is the first time I've ever done that. I think I was at 6.2 or something last year. Um, so that's pretty cool. I'm ahead for once. I, I, my goal yeah. has always been to hit that 365 mark. And with October coming up, I can't imagine that I would fall off because October, I would usually do two a day average. And then um, November's kind of busy with all the Italian movies, um, plus the what we watched every week and stuff. And then, you know, by then I'm full prepping for 2018. So um yeah I, I would i would definitely suspect that i'm gonna hit 365 this year i kind of regret actually not keeping track of the last few years because a couple years ago i had one year and i swear i watched a thousand films <laughs> like i it seemed like i was watching at least three films a day it was insane well um, even when we first met you your output was crazy like even in like 2013 and stuff like you would come on what we watched and you had the ability to do like you know 15 movies a week that's where that joke came from in the intro you know yeah. watches 52 movies a week <laughs> yeah um, so far for the year i'm at 417 that's not bad you know that's and, and i double, and i feel and you know i mean during the summer there was a lot of weekends where i barely watched anything because i wasn't in town and stuff so i think it's you know doing pretty good 
doing pretty good. The cool thing about Letterbox is you could click on a month and it'll tell you how many you watched in that month. Mm-hmm. Which is neat because you could see it. Like I think my May May was the worst for me. Granted, we were off from the show, but I didn't watch barely anything in May. I think I was at like eighteen movies or something for the month. I mean, so that really oh, for the whole month. Yeah. Oh yeah. But what did like? I mean, what are you at right now, Jeremy? Twenty three. No, for the for oh. the year. Uh, I don't know. Just click on your account, and then it'll say this year. <laughs> Um, but I love 180, 180. So you're not, I mean, that's, that's good for you. And the majority of those 180 films are saw in the theater, aren't they? (laughs) You abuse, you abuse that movie pass, which is good while it lasted. I miss it. That's kind of what I miss it too, bro. I just paid, I just paid like nine bucks for a movie and I was like, damn it. (laughs) I just paid fucking what? 10 bucks for fucking predator. I was like, son of a bitch. Yeah. And you had a coupon. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I missed the movie pass. It's pretty much gone now. I mean, it's not even, I kept it for longer than you guys did just to see if I could get any use out of it. But I mean, it was like, like the nun, I, I canceled it right after the nun came out because on Thursday it was available to see, but I was working Friday. I go to see it and it's not available. So I'm like, all right, it's to the point where n- it's just impossible to see something with this schedule using the movie pass. So I canceled mine. Finally, it was oh, good. Well, canceled last- it? Yeah, I can't. You didn't say that you canceled it. Yep, I just canceled it last week. Um, Any chance I, of getting your money back on that shit? I didn't over? pay up front. I paid ten dollars a month. Oh, I see. I doubt I'll get my money back. I'm but, still. But seriously, dude, that was such a good. I mean, even if you don't get your money back, oh yeah, it was I'm money sick. well spent, dude. Yeah, like people, people talk about it as it was like the worst decision they ever made to sign up for that. But honestly, it was great (laughs) you know what i mean like yeah it's gone now but we utilized it for uh, like a year i did and and it was great i was way ahead on my money spent versus how many films i watched so i'm happy with how it ended up you know it it sucks that it you know died but at the same time i got well worth my money out of it so i appreciate that and then um at least it's not surprising what happened to it because you know right from the start i was very Everybody was. We're I like, was sketchy on the money? idea. Yeah, I was like, this doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. You can't make money off this at all. And like, how long? And they did it. Be? Yeah, it, that, exactly. I mean, it was you know, like it was confirmed. Was it was confirmed by the end. So. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking what they were doing was trying to get like as many subscribers as possible, and then somehow monetize that number, like with ads uh, or you know, um, selling the data of like because it's GPS. Right. And they even say they even said, I believe that they were they would sell the data of like like that that that's sometimes that data is valuable to people. You know what I mean? Like for I don't know who, but, you know, movie theater, uh, movie uh, production companies and stuff like that. I don't know. Uh, Market research, I guess. But yeah, so it's gone. But, you know, I mean. Well, well, that but one thing that it did do very positively was it created competitors uh it seemed to change the landscape no longer people were happy with paying these outrageous prices so now they have the amc uh a list which is pretty cool yeah it's 20 uh, bucks a month and 20 bucks a summer. month three movies a week that i mean if i was interested in more movies that were coming out i would totally do that because it's mostly yeah. AMC's yeah, 20 bucks here, a month three movies a week. i mean that's really and that's like any not format gonna happen. too yeah yeah any format 
I would never be able to go to the cinema three times a week and utilize that. Still, even if you use it four times a month. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I mean I guess if you can find four things that you're interested in watching, I mean it's pretty rare. Yeah. Yeah. See, the movie pass was good for me all the way up until the end, man, because here's the thing. Movie tickets typically uh at certain theaters here at certain times are like eleven to you know twelve fifty. So ten dollars a month, I'm still getting a discount if I see one movie. Even if it's just a dollar, it's still a discount. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So like that's why I was happy with it even even towards the end, but by the very end it, it was like impossible to see anything because they they had specific movies on specific days and that's just not convenient enough for me. Mm-hmm. But whatever, you know. It's it gone was, now. Yep. But it has changed things. Uh even AMC itself has lowered their ticket prices. Uh if you see a movie before like four or something, it's five dollars, which is great. Um and then after is like seven dollars. So that certain AMCs now are are really cheaper than they used to be for me. Mm-hmm. So I'm happy with that as well. Um. So yeah, what's everybody been up to, man? Nothing much. <laughs> Chilling. Yeah. Working a lot. Working a lot. Me too, man. I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. Moods. What about you, moods? Moods is going potty or something, but <laughs> uh, but I think we should put our letterbox in our descriptions of our shows for now on. I love letterbox, man. I like reading people's reviews. Uh, Moods is two root word reviews crack me up. <laughs> I was just saying how your two word reviews crack me up, and we should start putting our links to our letterboxes in the uh, description of the podcast. Oh yeah, um, I think I do. Oh. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I actually do. Like on my channel. Yeah, they're there. They're there. They're definitely okay. there. So yeah, because I, I love Letterbox, man. I, I'm kind of mad I didn't jump on board earlier. It's so fun. Yeah. When did Letterbox even start, dude? <laughs> I mean, it started a long time ago. I had an account for like two years. Really? I just started using it this year. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know why I didn't know about it. I don't know. Too much. Too many things going on at one time, I guess. But. It's a useful tool, though, man. It really is. I love it. I like going back through and checking out what I've watched, and just—it's cool to see. It's a little bit frightening at times, though, too. It's like, holy fuck, I spent that many hours watching movies. <laughs> you know, it's like, damn, dude. Like that's how I, I mean, feel after I see the length of the podcast. I'm like, wow, six hours talking, and then another, you know, like twenty hours watching the movies. <laughs> So yeah, so my buddy, I was talking about Letterbox one time, and my buddy was like, "What the fuck's Letterbox?" And I was like, "Well," so I showed him on the app and shit, and he's like, "Dude, how in the fuck do you watch that many, many movies?" And it just kind of dawned on me. I'm like, "Man, other people must look at that sometimes and go, that's insane." Mm-hmm. Like, how do you how do you spend that much time watching movies and you know have a life and shit? But well, you do watch a lot of movies. I do, you know, majority at nighttime and shit. But but it's cool, man. I like it. It's fun. Yeah, it's I cool. agree. It's cool shit. All right, it's cool shit. So I don't think we have any housekeeping news. I was or just gonna like say that. Do we have anything that we got to get off our chest? No, I, I don't think so. No, um, no reviewers to confront this week. No, uh, we did get a review from Carly, which I appreciate on uh, oh, iTunes. God. <laughs> I haven't looked into. I haven't. I don't have it up in front of me though. But yeah, thank you, Carly, for hooking us up with a review. 
We appreciate it. Yeah. Always appreciated. All right. Well, on that note, if we don't got anything else to, uh, to get off our chess, let's get into some news. We'll do it live! Fuck it! Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! Yeah. Alright, so first up here, we don't have a ton of news this week, guys. I didn't I didn't go back to weeks that we've been off or anything like that. I just grabbed the stuff from the past week. Um, but first of all, we have some news here from Vinegar Syndrome. They announced a couple titles. Uh, Blood Harvest, which is... What did they call it? They said they're, it's part of their three, like, Wisconsin rural blood trilogy unofficially or something yeah, like yeah, that yeah. with Bloodhook and Bloodbeat. <laughs> and we all know how awesome those movies are. Yeah. Well, Blood, blood Harvest Hook. is, yeah, it fits in that mold perfectly. It's uh, It's definitely worth the watch to see Tiny Tim in the film and his role. Yeah. But the film itself is not good and it fits in the it fits in the vinegar syndrome catalog perfectly it really does it's exactly what they release yeah but i love me some vinegar syndrome well it's kind of cool that they are releasing this because um 88 films as you know had released uh blood harvest and it went out of print pretty much even before it got released except for there was a bunch of copies that were out there and stuff and i guess i guess what had happened was yeah it's something to do with the director or something and anyways they kind of pulled it but a bunch of copies did get out you could get it at diabolic and you know all the pre-orders they did they did ship out all the pre-orders that they had and stuff like that but so that's cool Mm. because everyone kind of thought it was gone you know and now vinegar syndrome kind of steps up their game as usual pretty much the best releasing company out there in terms of quality in picture and stuff like that and features but uh that's kind of cool. At least, you know, people in Region 1 now will get a chance to see it if they have nots. So, have you seen it? Yeah, I own the I actually have the 88 films one. <laughs> okay. I got I was lucky <laughs> of enough. Of course, Moots has everything. I think I got either the second or last one that Diabolic had. I just happened to check on there. I was like, "Oh, I'm going to go check it out." And they had one or two copies. I can't remember what it was, and so I picked it up, so. Yeah, I wish I All wish right. I had waited to be honest. I would have grabbed the Vinegar Syndrome one. That kind of sucks, but mm. Uh, then the Incubus. Now, is this the 1982 Incubus? I believe so. I don't know. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. I, I just recently watched that. That movie is bizarre. <laughs> yeah. I watched it in prep for 1982. And uh, there's a lot of weird dialogue in that movie. Um, yeah. I mean, the whole premise is very bizarre. It's basically a demon dick raping women. Yeah. So. That sounds and it, 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 and the thing about it, it's not even like cheesy. It actually takes itself pretty serious, and it kind of works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's yeah, like, no, it, it's good. It's scary like because, it. like, you know, if you're a woman and you're just like, fuck, you're living in fear of being raped by a demon dick. I mean, <laughs> I, I can't imagine that being comfortable every day. <laughs> That's terrible. But yeah, this October package is wow, pretty insane. And then they got Death by Temptation. Is this a trauma flick or no? This is the trauma flick. And it, I, well, obviously, it's probably going to be the better version of the film. See, now, trauma, when they released this DVD, I think there was a couple different editions of it. Anyways, one of the versions that came out, um, 
you know, of course, Lloyd Coffin has an intro for the film, and it's like, you know, now it's time to watch Death by Temptation, the the uncut DVD, blah, blah, blah. Well, it's like the TV cut of it. The swearing's, like, cut <laughs> out of it. It's just the worst version of it ever. And uh, it's pretty much unwatchable, so that's very cool that we're getting a good edition yeah. of that film. It's not a bad movie, actually. It's not a bad movie. It's just hard to watch when, like, you can tell that they're censoring out swearing and shit. <laughs> like, this isn't radio music, man. It's stupid, but... Yeah. Uh, and then finally, The Killing Kind, which I don't know anything about. Now, that must be the film that Severin... Here, let me let me check out the... Uh, yes. Oh, wow, it is the film, too. This The Killing Kind is an excellent film. Um, I believe <laughs> The Killing Kind was released by... Not Severin. Um, Dark Sky Films. Oh, okay. It's a, it's a fucking good... This is actually a good film. So, Sweet. Pretty cool stuff. Awesome. Wow. Yeah, I'll probably pick up all four of them, honestly. All four of them? Look at this guy. Yeah. You know, I, I, love, I love Vinny. I'm not saying I'll pick them up, like, pre-order $30 or anything, but, you know, during their sale or when I can find them, I, I'll grab all four of them. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's 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 kind of funny. If you want the whole October 2000, or 2018 package, it's like there's one porno in there. <laughs> You know, See, I like, hate that they do that, man. But I, I do, I do like that. You they think did. they would have like a porno package and a non-porno package? They kind of do that for that month because they have the Blu-ray package, which you know contains all the the horror films, which is kind of cool. Yeah. So, but it's really not much cheaper than the other one, but still pretty cool. Pretty cool announcements, man. Vinegar Syndrome killing as usual. Did you you see the September package? That what was no. that? Yeah, it's got body melt in there. The Aussie, the Ausportation yeah. film. <clears throat> which is very very cool happy to get be getting that oh yeah Transfer i have from umbrella the, uh, is awesome yeah umbrella. i have the umbrella oh yeah like that's that. right umbrella did re- re- or release that that's fucking cool man yeah that, that one's weird <laughs> so, but they had I more trauma that. stuff the uh the house on tombstone hill which i guess is dead dudes in the house i didn't even realize that i was like whoa film i've never seen before and then it said aka the dead coming home dead dudes in the house which is a fucking trauma film it's actually kind of fun <laughs> so we'll get a good version of that shit but fucking hail vinegar syndrome and their awesome releases all right next up here uh sci-fi announced their 31 days of horror um a lot of classic movies american psycho insidious cabin in the woods uh sorority row i mean i guess those aren't classic those are more modern <laughs> but yeah they got they uh got um some, yeah. some decent stuff shown but they also announced that they're doing uh five brand new sci-fi originals during october one every week so first up you got no escape room a father and daughter check into a small town escape room and discover there's something sinister about the place uh the kukui the boogeyman uh, a teenage girl confined to her home on house arrest soon discovers that the nightmarish urban legends of the Mexican boogeyman El Cucuy are actually true. <laughs> El Cucuy? <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yep, that's I actually knew that. That's uh, uh, the fighter in, in the UFC named Tony Ferguson. That's his nickname, El Cucuy. We should talk about how interesting is it, JP, that uh, if you guys have a theater near here, they're re-releasing Amityville 5 and 6. It's, I think it's five and seven, actually. Five and seven. It's not. Uh, I know it's not two back-to-back sequels. <laughs> I know uh, the first. This is happening in October. I know on. Let me find the exact date. Uh, the first week, September twenty-seventh. So that's next Thursday. 
already. They are showing um, House on Sorority Row. I think they're doing the new transfer from Scorpion, so that should be cool. Of course, going to go see that on the big screen. And then the week after, they're doing <clears throat> uh, Amityville. It's it's the 1991 and another one I can't remember. But it's interesting to see those movies on the big screen. It's like those movies probably have never had a fucking theatrical release ever. No, they were both uh, direct-to-video films. Yeah, and then the yeah. week after that, they're doing Sweet 16 and the Convent, which... Will be interesting. I've Sweet, never seen Sweet Sixteen, as in like the the eighties slasher that, film, the Code yeah. Red one. Oh, yeah. that movie is fucking atrocious, man. <laughs> it's it's def- Amityville: The Evil Escapes and Amityville: Don't Go in the House. Oh, Amityville Four: The Evil Escapes. That's uh, that was a TV film. So it's four and six. Let's, let's don't go in the house. That's six. Yeah. Thing. Dude, and then the, and then the last week they're doing Day of the Animals and Grizzly. Day that's of the Animals, yeah, it's an awesome double feature. Yeah, yeah. And then um, they're bringing Halloween back for three weeks, starting October seventeenth through the end of the month or the mm-hmm. uh, end of the first week in November. Yeah, that was actually part of my news, but yeah, good good thing uh, posting that. That um halloween they've done this a few times i I think they did it five years ago for the 35th anniversary and they 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 did halloween four and five too i think i think they didn't just do the first film i remember them in my mind that they did halloween halloween i can't remember i didn't i didn't see halloween four and five anywhere near me but yeah i'm gonna go to at least the amityville show that they're doing i'm gonna try to go to all the first three that they're doing um it's just kind of weird because the they 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 start it i think the double features start at seven but it's on a thursday so it's like you know most of us have to work the next day or something so it's weird how is that projection also, gonna look for e- for amityville 4 because it was a tv film which I, I believe would be shot in full frame uh i'm not sure maybe it was i don't know i, I don't well, know it i would assume been- it's probably gonna be full screen yeah, just yeah. like a full. That's kind of weird. It's gonna to look see. like shit. I've yeah. seen. I've, I've seen I've full seen the bump, movies. I've seen the bumper to it, like before movies. Yeah. Uh, when I saw the nun, that I saw the bumper of it. It's like so weird seeing those movies on the big screen like that. It's like yeah, yeah. And what yeah. about Hellfest being rated R? Like, where the fuck did that come from? That movie looks like a PG thirteen <laughs> shit film. That comes out oh, next dude, Friday looks so too. Fun. I, I hope I'm the movie's better that, than the trailer. It looks like a, it looks like a total PG thirteen film, and then like it's gonna be like a hard R slasher film. It's like, listen, the more fuck? the more horror films we get in the theater, the better to me. And this one at least looks like it doesn't look like it to me. It looks like campy, like just fun horror. Um, I don't know. It, it, we'll see. It looks okay, but anyway, back to the sci fi films. Like you guys care so much. Uh, Karma. This one's on thirteenth when. Recent college grad Mandy has trouble making ends meet. Her his father in law. Wait, Manny. Oh, sorry. Manny has trouble making ends meet. His father in law offers him a job evicting delinquent tenants. Manny soon finds himself unleashing a karma demon, which stalks him at, at every turn. Man, these just sound great. Uh, and then the week after that, uh, the twentieth, we have Killer High. Sabrina's perfectly planned high school reunion goes south when a monster keeps killing all the guests in this horror comedy. One thing that all these movies have in common, they have potential to have the worst CG ever. 
Yep. <laughs> and then finally, dead in the water. An all-female crew on a boat. Oh, here we go. <laughs> in the middle of nowhere must invent. <laughs> must deal with an invader on their ship. So we got boat horror here for moods. <laughs> that one was made just for moods. Oh man, this is oh fuck. That just that sounds really bad. It's amazing. Every sci-fi film's bad. That's not true. No, uh, really some of the older ones are pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. I recently actually watched a boat horror film, uh, The Ninth Passenger. Oh, and, that one came out this year, right? That's from like yeah, the blom- from the direct from the producer. It follows, right? Yeah, well, yeah, it's like a Canadian film. It was all shot in Vancouver and stuff. So I was like, well, fuck, you know, it's boat horror. I'll, you know, kind of give it a shot and stuff. It was really bad. Like, really fucking bad. Embarrassing. You've watched a lot of bad movies lately, huh? Yeah. Well, no, actually, not too bad. Just, yeah, a couple. <laughs> a couple. But no, <laughs> like I've, been, I've been. Yeah, fuck. Oh, yeah, we'll get to that later. But yeah, no, Ninth Passage is probably one of the one of the worst films I've seen from 2018. So I don't recommend that if you're into boat horror, like I am stay clear of that one. It's pretty bad, really bad. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, after that, we have a little bit of an update on creep three. Uh, so apparently creep, the creep films were always kind of, I guess, planned as a trilogy. And it looks like that's, a, you know, we hear that a lot when people announce that they want to make a trilogy out of something you know it all depends on if it's going to do good which most of the time it doesn't do good enough to get three films uh but creep looks like we're possibly getting the third one as um uh the 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 writer tweeted and said while we work on writing creep 3 please enjoy the world premiere of creep 2.5 um which i don't know what that is it might be like it's short or something but one thing that i don't do we want to see more creep absolutely well, have you seen I, the first two? I think no. when when Creep Two came out, my my first notion was, you know, they're definitely probably going to push us into a trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I would have been completely content with just one Creep. The first film was really good; it had a fantastic I liked ending. Both of them. I did too. I really liked Creep Two also. Um, yeah, I mean, they're both they're, really good found footage. Movies. I have to watch them. I have them. I just never got around to it. Creep Two has yeah, one good. scene in that film where it, it always stuck with me: the scene in the hot tub. Dude, it, the acting in Creep 1 and 2 is just fantastic. Yeah, like the way he tells that story. Oh my god, dude, that was that was really fantastic yeah. stuff. So I'm, yeah, I'm that, I, you know, it's I'm I'm intrigued now. I'm really intrigued to see what they do with the third one. Because they, Well, here's why I'm not intrigued, all right? Because he he was on a podcast, the director Patrick Bryce, um and he said I like the idea of if we do a third movie, it being our army of darkness, you know, going kind of off the rails. We'll see. All see, right. I don't, I'm not I don't into like it, that sound. Army, because the, the other two are so serious. I really like, like yeah, they army have, of darkness, to be honest. Well, I think, I think that that's going a little bit too far. I mean, if you look at the L of, you know, the evolution of the evil dead franchise i mean you got the first one which you know was you know we've had this argument a million times it had unintentional ass but the movie itself was meant to be straight horror you know not according to brandon and that that's who i was referring to exactly it has it may have but they're dumbasses we already know that it may have unintentional laughs to your type of personality but the point of the point of the film was to be an actual horror film without comedy 
Hence, yeah, and I think Bruce Campbell even confirmed that. Yes, and then the second one, of course, was, you know, it was a campier version of the first one. It's basically a remake of the first one, just a campier version. So there's an evolution here. They went a little silly in the second one, which is not my favorite. And then the third one, they just went full-blown fucking clown suit comedy. You Mm -hmm. know, it's just ridiculous. Slapstick comedy. And see, what the problem is with Creep, you know, you got two very, very serious films, like... You know, the, there yeah, might there be some laughs in there. comedy to it, but it's almost like awkward. It's dark like, comedy. Yeah, just and like it, 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 it kind of It kind of makes you go, huh, yeah. You know, you almost feel yeah, uncomfortable laughing. It's like a laugh. nervous comedy. <laughs> yeah. So if you're going to go from that type of tone in your films to like slapstick, I, I don't think that's going to work at all. And I think a lot of people that don't know that going into that is going to fucking hate it kinda that It kind of sounds film, like man. a film we're going to be talking about last tonight. <laughs> It yeah, does, pretty, seriously, when you really think about oh, it. Oh, dude, me and the wife left yeah. the theater last... Actually, you know, it's funny. The wife was like, she, she, when was the last time we went to a movie together? I think it was like three years ago. Because I, <laughs> I go with Dylan all the time and he couldn't go. She's like, this is crazy. And I... I, like, I oh, man, Dylan can't go to the theater. I'm going to have to go by myself. She's I like, realized I'm it. sitting right here with nothing to do. <laughs> and I realized I honestly <laughs> like going... predator. I know this sounds fucked, but I actually really enjoy. Well, she wanted to go see. Well, she watched Predator Two with me a couple nights ago, and she enjoyed it. She's like, "This is fun," and I was like, "Well, so we're gonna be pretty much watching the similar thing." She's like, "Oh, cool," <laughs> but I realized that I prefer going to the cinema with Dylan because I don't have to share my popcorn with him because he doesn't eat it. You better hope Pips doesn't listen to the show. <laughs> yeah, so you know what she fucking does to me every single time because my wife's a total control freak, right? So she takes the large popcorn. And, you know, it gets butter on top of so that. She eats the top layer with all the butter. That's why and then, you get it in the middle on the top, you fucking dumbass. And then she they don't fucking, do that at my theater. And then though. she they fucking hands it to me. Bucket. Oh, fucking, really? I say butter in the middle, butter on no, top it, every it's time. It's self-butter. Yeah, you can, you can do that. You can go somewhere else and grab it. You can do that, too. They were just so fu- It was extremely busy last night. Like, yeah, the Predator, the I couldn't believe here. I couldn't. Yeah, well, I, well, usually it's not, though. But I was surprised at how many people were actually seeing the Predator. It was crazy, but so anyways, she fucking eats the top layer of popcorn, hands me this dry bag, and I'm like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" I'm like, "I miss Dylan right now," so I handed it, <laughs> so I handed it back to her, and I'm like, "Can you? Can I have my gummies?" She's like, "Yeah, okay." She's, she doesn't eat them, so I'm like, "Ah, at least I was gummies. half content." What kind of gummies? The only gummies I like are the lifesaver gummies. I like every gummy in existence, pretty uh, much. I was gummy, gummy, gummy worms. Are gross. Gummy Some worms. of the textures are fucking nasty. Gummy worms, great. Gummy bears, great. Gummy, gummy. fucking peach rings, great. Dude, Every that's all I had. Have. I had gummy bears, gummy worms, and, and the peach ones. <laughs> that's, Dude, we're talking about, we talk about gummy hilarious. worms. We talk about gummy See, bears. I, I love. You just go on YouTube and type in sugar-free gummy bears. <laughs> watch freaking the LA Beast eat a five-pound bag of sugar-free gummy bears. That's, that's awful. And then, no, because because they're laxatives. Oh, that dude. sounds even more you, awful. It makes you shit your pants. Sugar-free gummy bears. Look it up on YouTube. I so, will not. So anyways, to, to you know, end the story here. So we were walking out of the cinema. And she kind of says to me, she's like, I didn't realize the movie was going to be a comedy. And I just bursted out laughing. I was like, yeah, okay. We'll get into that on the show. But Wait, we, yeah, going full circle so, into what Jeremy said about it being slapsticky comedy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you know, creep. I I, I love I loved the first one and the second one. I liked a lot as well. Here's the thing: 2015 creep did not make my top ten. Thinking about it now, it would have probably made it. You know, there's some films on there that that hadn't haven't stuck with me as much as creep did. Like creep was mm-hmm. a damn good movie. I don't just don't think I appreciated it 
enough at the time. I have to watch them. I have them on the show. Guys, Patreon Jeremy creep for next month. Um, both of them. God damn because, it. Well, no, that's good. That's good. You would you rather have that or like retarded or something? Well, I couldn't even find fucking toxic retarded or whatever the fuck I was supposed to watch. Oh, well, dude, that... I was talking to Mikey in his live stream the other day, and he said it's the worst movie he's ever seen. Oh, perfect. Yeah, so... that's what I want to watch. Because <laughs> I, I don't see how to... anything could be worse than Hellwinger. I was talking to him, and I'm like, I noticed that you give me. Like hidden gems, like the, yeah, they're not the greatest movies in the world, but every one he's given me more or less. You know, the Ittenbach film, the uh, monster truck movie, uh, the slasher drive-through movie, the Baby Blues movie—they all been good. Awesome, I love that. Movie. Yeah, and and I'm like, and you give moods pretty good ones too. But I know, do you intentionally give Jeremy the like just bad movies and give us like hidden gems? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> 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 but man, Mikey was striking out this week though, man, because Jeremy couldn't find his toxic retards or whatever the fuck it was, and I couldn't find slimed either. That shit. I found mine from him. Not on the internet. Like it's pretty obscure. Well, the movie I watched instead wasn't much better than Toxic Retards or whatever the yeah. fuck it's called. So, so guys, if you're listening and you are Patreon and you give us movies, the like pretty much the only rules is we have to be able to find it either through rent. Uh, own it or you know you provide us a link of some sorts because or rip it yourself whatever because there's no like like if we can't find it we can't find it we'll just ask you to give us something else yeah it's unusual that's the second time that's happened to me actually the first time it was that pig movie yeah it was that pig fucking movie and i actually found the movie i found it it was on youtube and i kind of skimmed through it and the whole movie was there and i wasn't going to watch it at the moment i was going to watch it in a couple days came back to it and they'd removed it from youtube I was like, I even bookmarked it, everything, and it was gone. I was like, what the fuck? What are the chances of that? So, well, I found my second movie. It took me like an hour to find it. it was finally did find it, but it was what, like Repulsion. Oh no! The, uh, oh, the other movie he gave. The me. other movie he gave me. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> You'll guys um, be hearing about it all in a little while. All right, and um, let's go to the next piece of news here. We'll move on from creep. Uh, Cemetery Man coming to Shameless in the UK on Blu-ray. Um, they put out a terrible cover for the the non-reverse art, uh, but the reverse art is good. It's it's not as good as that one Blu-ray cover that came out, that like limited edition. Yeah, that European media book with the titties on there from the scene yeah. where he's fucking the hutch. Yeah. Yeah, that it's the same cover more or less, but it just doesn't look as good. I didn't see the reverse cover. I just saw the shitty ass artwork they had for the the um release <laughs> promo and i was yeah, like and what the th- that fuck? one looks like a detective thriller right God. <laughs> <laughs> that is so bad yeah terrible but that's pretty cool it's a numbered edition you know we we've talked about cemetery man it's in our hall of fame i think we're all really high on the movie um, we're never gonna get a region one release brilliant well it would be from scorpion i think it would be from anybody um Maybe. I mean, where I where does know. the where does the anchor like Anchor Bay? Anchor Bay is not around. Had the I know I'm just they saying, had the rights had the rights to it. I'm just wondering because if you look at some of the titles that have been released in Region One that Anchor Bay had the rights to Arrow, Arrow, yeah, yeah. Who bought Anchor Bay? Image. 
No, I, dude, I have no idea. <laughs> I don't it even know. Star, well, a lot of the titles, Star, Star's, Star's bottom originally, but yeah. yeah, a lot of the titles Lustig carried over to Blue Underground when he started up that label, label, right? Somehow he retained a lot of the rights. Yeah, and I believe Cemetery Man was not one of them. Otherwise, he probably would have re-released that one. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So who knows? It's it's somebody has it. You never know. We might get a region one. There's lots of those older anchor bay. I would like to know who has the rights, like Superstition. There's a lot of great films that they'd release, but I saw that at Half Price Books Moods again. It was eighty five bucks. I know oh. that motherfucker Moods got it for four ninety nine. <laughs> yeah. That's fucking sick. Supersti- man. It's such a good movie too. And that's when you got. Have you guys watched it for eighty two yet? No, I didn't even know it was an eighty two. Find it. Yeah. No, I haven't. I'll have to check that one out soon though. All right, so that comes out October fifteenth. Pretty cool. Um, what about next Mexican up, coming out. What's that? Mexican coming out on Blu-ray. From Mexican. Um, Max Me- of kin. Oh yeah, that's coming out from <laughs> Mexican. Uh, <laughs> umbrella. There's a Lewis <laughs> clip coming. That's a <laughs> classic Lewis clip. Luis. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Mexican. <laughs> that's right. That's what I thought he was saying. Mexican. Oh, Mexican. I thought you said Mexican, too. It still sounds like you're saying Mexican. Mexican. Oh, and and speaking of cover arts, man, fucking Umbrella's, the the artwork that they showed on the the release, that doesn't look very good. So... VHS cover art, I thought. That's what I saw. I'm yeah, that might be the original. No, no, that's not the original cover art from the VHS. No, the original cover the art. Hand the poster. You, you have to watch Vin- uh, Umbrella because sometimes they have like like artwork when we give the press fun, releases, please. they say like not artwork not final on them. Oh, okay. So the But I don't know, good. it might be final. I mean that that's coming out next month, right? But they're pretty good for yeah, having reversibles too, right? So well, sometimes they do. Yeah, Umbrella's literally one of my favorite companies but it's probably because they send me a lot of shit um well, I, would, I would assume <laughs> they, they so, just man. released some like a lot of cool Auss- aussie stuff that's what's cool about them it, you know it's actually crazy that nexican is just getting a release from them you dude know? now you're i know you guys are messing because <laughs> you definitely just said mexican no i said next okay i'll, I'll over pronounce it next of kin there you go <laughs> but i you know it's it's kind of shocking that it's just getting a release right now like that movie I believe had an older Australian DVD release. It never had a region one DVD release. I thought it never had a release at all. I thought it said first time on Blu-ray and video worldwide on the press release. No, it had a region one VHS. I mean, uh, Blu-ray or DVD. Uh, you might be right about that. I, yeah. I, so, but definitely but, wasn't released in the U.S. on on DVD. No, it definitely. Oh wasn't. yeah, no way. But it, you know, it makes you wonder though, right? Like, I mean, obviously, right thing, but a movie of that quality, you know, uh-huh. that's just so frustrating, man. Because that's a good movie and another yeah, one from '82 that needs to be seen. Alone in the dark. Where the fuck's that going to come out? Yeah, that's another '82 one. See, yeah. now that that one to me is a mystery because if you go on to what Shutter is, Shutter has it's, it. It's gone now. It's okay. gone. Now. Yeah. But anyways, because yeah, I tried to watch it the other day. Okay, so Alone in the Dark was on Shutter, and they had yeah. a beautiful HD. Yeah. Uh, transfer of it i was like okay so someone has done a high def transfer for this film where's the release it's probably coming i wouldn't be surprised if it's coming yeah it's got to be coming yeah. from who is the it's question? another that's another yeah. great quality film without a great release it's just very very yeah. sad this image you know anytime we day. do these anytime we do these uh year lists you know a retro year 
you find all these movies that you know you think like man the the well is drying up with with release first time releases but it's not at all there's dozens of movies i mean they might not be the best movies but i guarantee if they come out in hd you're gonna appreciate them more than watching them on some bootleg on youtube blood beat but there's dozens and dozens of movies that haven't been released on on hell even dvd uh that you know we're still waiting on it's pretty cool because like i've watched so many movies on uh youtube and and different you know streaming sites that are from 82 that don't have releases like yeah. uh, that phone movie that I watched a few weeks ago. That movie wasn't too bad, and I don't understand why it doesn't have a release because it's not it's not that bad of a film. Uh, Murder by Phone. That one's pretty good, actually. It's a, yeah, it's a pretty fun Canadian flick, man. It's got yeah, it's uh, pretty good. Yeah, I know the I production value is like so much higher than you expected it to be. <laughs> yeah, it's really high, actually. <laughs> yeah, I know it's bizarre. And the rip I found was pretty good. I was like, how does this movie not have a fucking DVD release? Like, I, I know we'll get into this when we get good. to the 82 show, but man, the one thing about 82 and not having, we're talking, you know, on the subject not having releases, is all the TV films from that year that don't have releases. A lot mm-hmm. of them are really good, like Hotline and Don't Go to Sleep and shit. There's some, and I think there's like three or four, you know, and yeah. TV films are always overlooked. You know, we tried very yeah. hard one time to screen, and we got we got slapped on the wrist for that one. <laughs> yeah, we got yeah. yelled at by Screen Factory. Yeah, we got yelled at. Uh, but they had put out this TV Terrors collection, you know, Volume One, but they decided it didn't sell good enough, so they weren't going to drop Volume Two, which is kind of a shame because these films I just feel aren't going to get releases ever. I, uh-huh. I, I think it has something to do with the rights with TV and music and things. It's just a lot harder to kind of dig out of the crates. So, unfortunately, yeah, I mean, it definitely is harder. Yeah, but anyway, but I also think, uh, but I've also thought that you know a lot of people, maybe these companies don't think that there's a big, um, I I think that they they might think they're not going to sell that well. There's not going to be that much intrigue into like TV film because you know like see here's the thing also a lot of TV films are probably owned by like CBS and stuff like that. You know what I mean? So. Like it's in their vault, and they typically don't license. You know, it's. It, it, I guess it just depends. I think they just need to look into it a little bit more and and find out that there is interest in these films. You know, especially quality ones like Don't Go to Sleep and Hotline and stuff. These are good movies. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So. All right. So um, next up, this is uh, a, a Jeremy type of news here. Uh, so we have the announcement of the full lineup for the twenty four hour marathon that at the music box theater in chicago jeremy attended this a bunch of times i don't think you went last year right no i had to work last year but this year i will be back i will be back okay cool um wow you know what that's actually that's actually might be good that we might be moving the exploding head show because it would have been on sunday when you're when it ends yeah huh all right, so um, the films they announced for it, they're all announced now. Um, so you have Lord of Illusions, uh, Clive Barker directed on 35mm. Yep. You That's have Child's Play. Gotta say the format. Yeah. Which, which has been screened like, this is like the third time. It's which is Chicago, you know, Chicago yeah. film. So that, they, that makes they've sense. showed the first one like three times now, and I've seen the second one like, I think once they showed yeah. the second one. And that one will have Tom, uh, Don Mancini, sorry, in attendance. That's a rare one, Don Mancini. He doesn't do too many events, so yeah. So that's oh, a thir- thirty-five uh, millimeter on that. Uh, we got Alfred Hitchcock's The Lodger with a live score, 
by False Gods Trio. Wow. Um, what? What? Now, what is what is DCP? Uh, digital projection. So it's okay, not. So a- it's a digital. But uh, you, they're spicing that one up, even though it's digital. They're doing the live score, which is pretty cool. Yeah, um, the silent, the silent film. You probably know Prince of that, eh? Oh yeah, that's a 1927. <laughs> yeah, they usually always do a score for uh, the silent film. That's, they have a they have an organist uh, that usually always does the score. That's really good. He's been doing it forever. But crazy I guess that movie's 91 minutes in 1927. Well, uh, blame it on Toby, which is a Midwest per- premiere. It's a 2018 film, but it's only 52 minutes long. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's like a what that is uh the children from 2008 Good movie. that's one of those ghost house films right yeah yeah and uh that's digital as well uh freddy versus jason that's pretty cool i've always wanted to re-see that because first I horror it. film i ever saw in the theater i saw it opening jason. night at a drive-in and loved every second of it yeah. uh that's a 35 millimeter one there and then speaking of the devil we got body melt 35 millimeter that's that's a nut that's that's one of the highlights because that's not something you're going to be able to see anywhere really yeah that was like when a 35 millimeter print of street trash two years ago yeah that was cool uh and then we have really a rare movie this is really right night part two yeah the tommy lee wallace version not the, not the 2011 or whatever version that one was. Yeah. Uh, that is also 35 millimeter. Uh, then we have Wicked Wicked in Duo Vision, whatever that means. Let's find uh, out. That's a 1973 flick on 35 millimeter. So Wicked Wicked was the only movie that used Duo Vision, a gimmick mostly commonly known as split screen. So what curious to see what that's going to be. What do you mean? The whole movie's in split screen? It's like um, two movies? <laughs> or like two 32 Because I know people use split screen as an editing tool. Uh-huh. But to do... What? I'm confused. Yeah. I'm so confused. It was presented in duo vision. No glasses. All you need is your eyes. So maybe it was like a 3D effect where a film is cut in two and it's supposed to... Who knows? Let me see. Yeah. That's kind of weird, huh? No, I think yeah. it's I think it's self I think it's dual like there's two things happening on the screen. It's kind of like picture in picture. Mhm. But it says e- but even screen. Presented, uh split screen scope. So okay. I wonder what, what that's going to be. Okay, so I guess we'll way. find out. I will report back. So it's like even screen then. Hmm. Just splitting that. Wow, that's fucking weird. Yeah, that is weird. Wait, you see uh, you that- could it, it it would change the whole arrangement of a film if you you could have like two storylines going on at the same time you could like double time your movie <laughs> yeah i guess it's the only i guess it's the only film that's ever used this technique wow that is really weird oh here 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 is the um here's a clip from turner classic movies and yeah it's just one screen and it's cut down the middle and on one side it's one image and on the other side it's another image so it says, you're about to see a new concept in motion picture technique, duo vision. In this process, you will witness simultaneous action through the use of a double screen. So it's like... That's crazy. So is I think it's two four by three screens yeah. right next to each other. I so, think that's what they're trying to do. I'm assuming it's probably... 
it's shot like that, but it's, you know, one side of the screen is one angle of the scene mm-hmm. and the other scene or the other side is the other angle. But, yeah, like somebody looking up into the house and then yeah, like yeah. The, the reaction view. Because could you imagine watching two separate, you know, you know, two linear storylines mm-hmm. <laughs> on side screens? Like, that'd be fucking bizarre. I bet you it's just different angles, which is kind of a cool technique. It's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. That's weird. Yeah. All right. And then we have Goku, the body snatcher from hell. This one sounds interesting because it was a 1968 movie, but I didn't see it when we did that show. Lutz, have you seen it? Which one? Goku, Goku body, body snatcher from, from hell. hell. No, I have not seen that one. Yeah, that was a 1968 one. Yeah, no, so I haven't seen that. That's on 35 millimeter. Uh, then we have the Mafu Cage, which is also 35 millimeter. That's 1978. And then finally, we have Sleepaway Camp 2 Unhappy Campers, 35 millimeter. That's pretty yeah. cool. I have to say, I wish it was part three. Th- yeah, <laughs> actually, we- part three is a little bit more rarer than part two. I think I've seen them show part two before. Not at this event, but I've, I know I've seen it shown in the city before. What a random lineup of films. Yeah. Genres yeah. and subgenres all over the place, man. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I would say that like this wouldn't be, I wouldn't be super happy about this one. You know what I mean? At least they're showing Lord of Illusions early because I heard that movie's slow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, well, it'll probably be like 7 o'clock and Child's Play will be 9 o'clock. They always do. I'm personally not a big fan like, of that movie. I've never seen it. Yeah, I, know, I remember hearing you say that. Yeah. You know what's funny? You know, because you guys are seeing Don Mancini. I went to that drive-in that I go to every year that the shows the eight films. We only went one night this year. And... Uh, Tom Savini was there. That was cool. So I went inside in between a movie and. Oh, wait, I, can I, can I say something quick? Yeah. So there is another 24 hour. I wanted to see if you guys think this lineup is better than the lineup. I see there. So there's another theater in town that does a, a similar thing with the 24 hour marathon. And I think their lineup is more of the, uh, you know, uh, mainstream kind of popular films. Let me pull it up. You could keep talking, JP. I just wanted to. Okay. Uh, so I went into the concession area to get um, a drink or something like that. And the way they have it set up, there's like, there's like a bar, but they, because there's a vendor there, they have all these shirts hanging from it that, you know, like the bar that separates the line, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, so <laughs> I'm like on the other side of it. Uh, in line and i hear somebody come in and say like we're gonna sing happy birthday to tom now which i thought they were talking about tom savini i was like oh cool and you know i didn't (laughs) see i couldn't see him or anything and i'm sitting there singing happy birthday uh and then i just left and i I mean i know that it's crazy like tom savini is very seeable where i live like he's he's an asshole (laughs) well i mean he's just everywhere you know what i mean he he teaches he's like you know, he's always at that school that's like, you know, 10 minutes away from me. So it's not that rare to see Tom Savini. So like, I'm not going to bug him or anything, but, uh, it turns out they didn't say Tom. They said Doug. Cause they were like, Doug Bradley was next to me and they were singing happy birthday to him. And I didn't even realize you were standing right next to Doug. Bradley. <laughs> yeah. Like, like just on the other side of the, <laughs> the, the thing where behind the shirts, <laughs> I didn't even realize it. <laughs> But did you realize it? Damn. I didn't even know he was there. I know he's been there before. 
Well, did you like, I realize it like after it was over? The like no, Carly realize? told me the next day when she saw the pictures, <laughs> and I was like, oh damn it! <laughs> I was in there, didn't even know. I was like, I, I sung Happy Birthday to Doug Bradley without knowing I did that. <laughs> there must have been a lot of tall people around because Doug Bradley's, you know, he's short. Well, like I'm you. sure he was sitting down at the <laughs> bench or something. All right, yeah. so this this is the lineup for the other 24-hour marathon, and this one happens on September 29th at the Davis Theater if you're from here and you want to go. Uh, so we have People Under the Stairs. Ooh, already. Um, so. I've seen that before. Um, the Changeling. It's the new 4K restoration. Hopefully they fix the sound. Um, Texas Chainsaw. Uh, Good, but you know, common. Even though yeah. I've I've never seen it in a theater. I've seen it on. Um, no, I never have seen it. Yeah. I've never seen Chainsaw the original. No. Nope. Uh, the director's cut of Nightbreed, which which is interesting. I've seen the Cabal cut in theaters, but the director's cut. I would assume they're just gonna fucking play the Scream Factory Blu-ray. Yeah. But uh, we got that uh, Plague of the Zombies, which I have no idea what that is it's from 1966 you know anything about that mood yeah it's a hammer film is that any good yeah yeah it's good film. Yep. then we have nightmare part four with tuesday night in person yep this one won <laughs> i'm See, not joking it's just, it's just popular films though i like yeah, more of the weird are, okay but those are popular films but i've never had an opportunity to see any elm street besides the first one that's your fault though but no, it's not. How's it my fault? They're not here. <laughs> I know. They all show here all the time. Yeah, this is a pretty uh, good one, actually. Wow. Yeah. Female Trouble, uh, which I've seen before. The Waters film? Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of randomly thrown in there. That, that's a weird Waters film. It's like, it, it was right after Pink Flamingos. You know, it was this film after Pink Flamingo. It's a weird fucking, that's a weird movie. But after all those uh, movies, like, is this the order you watch them in? No, that's no, this is just the lineup. Okay. Then we have The Mummy, not the shitty new one, the old one. Which uh, one? The Hammer? The, the, the old, ha- old one? Oh, the Universal, yeah. Oh, the Universal. I thought maybe the Hammer one. That's kind of cool. I mean, honestly, I, I the Mummy films are a little overloved, I think. The Hammer, but... the Hammer Mummy movies are better. They are. <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen them, but I've heard that. Then we have Zombie 3. Okay, man, this is way better. Zombie 3? Fuck yeah. An American Werewolf in London. Wow. Psycho 2. Fuck yes. Definitely this one's better. And God told me to. See, but these are like the popular films. I like the rare films. Fright Night Part 2. Honestly, okay, that's not really... Okay. and yeah, those two. God told me to. How often yeah, you get is, is that thirty five or is that just digital? I don't know. I think these most of these are digital. Okay. I don't think yeah. this. Thing See, that's that's a difference. I was going to say a thirty five millimeter print of God told me to. That's got to be rare. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I, I feel yet we have one in Philly. Well, not we because I'm nowhere near Philly. I'm closer to like Maryland and Ohio. There's one in Ohio too that does a twenty four hour one. Rocks. Oh, sorry. See. I posted that on the page a few weeks ago, and now you're fucking singing that shit when I said the Browns are going to win. <laughs> Browns haven't won anything. Dude, you got to yes, stop fucking saying shit like that. The second you said the Browns are going to win today, they started shitting the bed and they end up losing. Well, I that's s- like the Bears. It happens every time. Oh, dude, that Bears meltdown. That's monumental. But see, I'd rather go and see a film like Fright Night Part 2 more than any of those other movies because – 
you're never going to be able to fucking see Fright Night Part 2 again, probably. I don't, I don't know. know, man. I, I, I mean, are you just talking see, about the 35 millimeter print or just the film yeah, itself? Well, just seeing general. it in the theaters, you know? See, yeah. The, it, it, I guess it depends what you like, right? Mm-hmm. So, me, I like a mix of stuff I've never seen, but I also have a, a checklist of movies that I've never had a chance to see in the theater that are some of my favorite movies. So, that's why I like a lot of those picks on there. Um, and honestly, dude, like Zombie Three is one of those movies that where where you get a chance to see Zombie Three in a theater, you know? Yeah, what I mean? yeah, it's pretty. That's a well. Now that Severn, you know, released it, I guess so. I don't know. What's the one in Philly showing? Have they dude. announced anything yet? <laughs> I don't. I have no idea. I, What's I mean, the name of the theater? I don't know. I'm not it, near Philly. Where, <laughs> where the fuck is it. all my 24 hour marathons and shit? Come on. I don't think there's really that many horror fans up in Canada, right? <laughs> you might be Here we right, go. Yeah. International House. There's not enough theaters. That's the problem. Christ. In general. So this is called the um, 24-hour horror-thon. And now they're in um, part eight. I don't know. So this last 2016 so was part 10. So this would be part 12. Let's see if I can find it. All right, here we go. So this is on October 27th at, in Philly. And, of course, they don't have the fucking lineup of movies. Fuck that shit. Why the uh, fuck would they even have that on there then? Hey, here's a date. Come find out what they are blindly. It's 60 bucks. Fuck that shit. And you don't even know what movies bucks. are going to... You don't even know what fucking movies... No, there was a lot. Maybe, maybe that's the fun I'm of it. Sure I've seen you pay list, 60 dude. bucks to go in blindly. Yeah. As always, the lineup of films is being kept secret. People who come to the oh, show. Oh yeah, yeah, that they is really the one that do that. Secret. Holy fuck, that's actually kind of cool, man. Yeah, I like. I kind of like that, man. That's damn. That's pretty cool, dude. Like how that's- exciting, like that feeling when a mo- like one of your fucking all time favorite movies comes on, and you're like, damn, I didn't know that because nobody knew that. That's fucking mm-hmm. cool, man. All right, here's the one in Ohio. Let me okay. see if they listed listed the titles. Oh, yeah, the 10th annual horror Ohio 24-hour. This is on October 13th in Columbus. Yeah. And Joanna's going. Wait, 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 what? That one's in Columbus? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, the Drixel Theater? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, so um, the Ohio premiere of Lulz. What the f- Okay. Luz, rather, Luz. Yeah. Uh, the, The Crystal Eyes... Which is an Italian film, nineteen eighty-five, mm. I think. Uh, Heathen Zusa, a Heathen's Curse. <laughs> um, That's a shitty so From far. Dust Till Dawn. Oh, they showed that last year. David Lynch's Lost Highway. Uh, oh, that's Deep, interesting. Deep Red. Yeah, I've seen that. I've oh, seen the shitty cut. Fuck yeah. In the Mouth of Madness. Wow. They showed that last year. The Innocence. Innocence is awesome. That's Terror cool. Train, Pumpkinhead, Night of the Demons. Uh, I feel like Night of the Demons gets shown at every festival. It's <laughs> a, that's and a then, popular title. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, Scream for Help. That's, that's shitty. Yeah, that one's not too good. I mean, there's no, there's some good stuff in there. Yeah. Scream but for I, I like that a lot of places do these. I wait, like they they should do one at the Hollywood Theater out here, man. <laughs> Like the Hollywood has been so crap since they've sold it, sold it, or since those people in Chicago bought it. Um, <laughs> That's fucking it, man. I'm starting up my own marathon here. 
In this, we need in to. this goddamn city. It's we need another one. It it's going to be the moodsathon. Here's another one in Portland that doesn't announce the films. Yeah. So they do all it right. all over. Let's, let's get through the, the rest of this news here. Oh, um, we're still in the news? If you guys have any near you, let us know. Uh, so, yeah, finally here we have a little bit of news about the Hatchet films. So, apparently, um, Adam Green has said that they have he has more sequels on the way. So uh, apparently, did he pluralize? He fucking pluralized that. I think it's another. Tri- it was planned. This one was planned as another uh, trilogy. So but his yeah, quote he said, actually he said, says sequels. So yeah. it's pluralized. Holy shit, man! Crazy. He says, with the success of Victor Crowley, mm-hmm. it looks like I'll once again be able to make the sequels I have planned. Yeah, Victor Crowley was fucking amazing. Ten out of ten, man. Style. Oh, he sucked. You, dude, <laughs> fuck you guys. Man. It was horrible. <laughs> How was it horrible? This is a bad movie. It wasn't, not ho- it watch wasn't that horrible. Movie. It wasn't horrible. You know, yes, w- right? once I found out the logistics of it. Once I give it a 5 out of 5. Well, once 5. I, 5. Once I found out the logistics of what he was fucking doing with it, it's kind of like, you know, a setup to the next film. That information would have been handy prior to pressing play on the motherfucker. You know, either way, it's not a good movie. But just knowing that, it's like okay, well, this is set up because I'm watching this film. Like, hey, this could be the last one. You know, I don't know about sequels, pluralized, coming up in the near future. Give me a fucking break. But whatever, I'm cool with it though, man. I mean, I like, I like the, I like the Hatchet films. You know, Hatchet Three still being my favorite by far. Fuck the haters on that one. Yeah, well, I just hated Felicia Rose in that fucking movie. She's so fucking annoying. Well, that was her character, so I think she did a pretty good job. Well, she was annoying on the last drive-in, so. Speaking, which You're isn't the last drive-in, are you going to talk, talk about that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> forgot about that. Uh, where's the article on that? I'll find it. Oh, we are so prepared. <laughs> so prepared. <laughs> well, that was a while ago that they announced that, but we haven't done a show. Um, but anyway, you know, in short, Shutter announces Joe Bob Briggs holiday specials for this year and ongoing series in 2019. So first up, Shutter will bring back the iconic horror host for Thanksgiving and Christmas specials to be titled The Dinners of Death and A Fairy Joe Bob Christmas. Additionally, a full on ongoing regular series is set for 2019. The response to our first marathon was overwhelming, and we can't think of a better gift for our members than to bring back Joe Bob for the holidays, said Shutter GM Craig Angler. We've been hard at work with Joe Bob and his team to make these new marathons unforgettable offense, and we have even bigger plans for 2019. Joe Bob Briggs adds, in November, we're turning Black Friday into Red Thursday with the best deadly diner, the best deadly dinner movies in history, and in December, we will have a very special way to fill that void felt by American households ever since ABC started stopped airing the Nestor the Long aired Christmas Donkey Claymation special. The Diners of Death is scheduled to air on Thursday, November 22nd, followed by a Fairy Joe Bob Christmas on Friday, December 21st. Both marathons will be streamed live and feature films handpicked by Joe Bob himself special guest stars in Joe Bob's signature brand of drive-in deep dives and commentary. There you go. Dude, sounds awesome. Another f- two. Another f- two and I know you guys, your, your, your main question right now is, are you guys streaming for this? 
Yep. You're damn right we're streaming for this. Set your calendars November 22nd and Friday, December 21st. They'll be from dusk till dawn. Not from dusk to dusk this time. Thanks, God. Not from dusk till dawn till dusk till dawn again almost. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Dude, that – listen, if – oh, boy. I could not do that again. Uh, I would be very – you know. But maybe we'll do something – you know, it's only 12 oh, hours. Oh, dude, I just forgot. I still have to send out that prize. A 12-hour stream is so easy to do. Fuck you. Yeah, you wait. <laughs> It'd be fucking super easy. Dude. So this time last... around, I'll be on. I won't be out of town. Hopefully they actually show it in Canada, or else we're going to have to figure out an alternative way for you to watch. Yes. That is Jeremy's true. Jeremy's going to have to like stream it on that is true. something. Something. <laughs> um. But yeah, so that's happening, and that's the news. Fucking thing sucks! Alrighty, so moving along here, let's get into some box office brawl. Baby, baby. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! Ding, ding. What the fuck? <laughs> Alright, so what we just did Predator. We forgot to do The Nun, actually. I think we were all just busy. But, so... The Predator. So if you were to actually predict on The Nun, what would you have went with anyway? I don't know how we missed that. It was like the biggest, one of the biggest films. Yeah, I would have said like... Yeah, I wouldn't have guessed it would have been 55 million. 25, like maybe 30. It's the highest grossing film in the franchise so far. Which is crazy. It's only been out for two weeks. I personally would have went pretty high. I was thinking around 40 just because of all the promotion and... All the buzz and talk and shit about that. And just the fact that, you know, it's in that country world. Yes, I just didn't think that it was... I just didn't think it was that popular, honestly. Like, I didn't see that much buzz for it, I guess. Oh, around... Oh, fuck. It was, everybody was talking about that shit for... And, like, the trailers were being played for so long. And, I don't know, it just mm-hmm. seemed like one that was going to do really well. I mean, 50-plus is way more than I would have thought. But it's good. What yeah. I was sad about is this. I saw that... James Wan is not going to be involved with part three of The Conjuring, which kind of hurt. Is that official? That's what I read. Is he too busy Dude, doing I Fast seen and the Furious Aquaman movies? Trailer. No, oh no, no. God. Don't say that. He is like Carpenter. He makes one film for the studios and one film for himself. And Aquaman was the film for the fucking studio. So his no, next but movie, Fast and the Furious was the film for the studios. That was a few times. That was. But is he taking the studio was Conjuring one? too? Wasn't it? No, he did uh, Fast and the Furious after that, I yeah. thought. Hmm. Did he not? I, don't I thought even... he did Fast and the Furious before Conjuring. Maybe I'm wrong. Let's see. I'm not even 100% sure. So what is he doing? Taking the studio money and then making his, his own films after? Oh, making he's, the payday? And it's, not then... a, it's not a bad idea, really. I mean, you don't want to turn down Aquaman. That movie's probably you know, going to do pretty well. He probably has... It looks awful, dude. It does look awful, but it's still going to make money, and that's... I literally felt bad because one... Dude, I don't know. think you can miss with a superhero movie now, man. It, it's yeah, just... but you have to think Carpenter made some bad movies that weren't horror movies. You're right. He did do Furious 7, then Conjuring 2. Yeah. yeah. All yeah. right, cool then. So maybe he'll do something horror next i would assume so that's usually what he's been doing i don't know you know he has to pay the bills too well i mean why not like i don't hate on anybody for doing those big studio films yeah i think that's most people's dream is to make a big studio film whenever they become a director yeah 
But um, I don't know. I'm I'm curious to see if it's going to be a drop off of not with him not involved because I think like those movies are just well the Insidious so films good. didn't have a drop off really. Yeah, I mean it did a, a little tiny bit. Like it was it was yeah because Part Three just a, went it went right to Laywin now and he wrote all of them so it's yeah. like you know he already knew what was going on. Mm-hmm. That's the only that movie and Upgrade is the only two films he's directed. It's kind of crazy. Well, these Conjuring films are getting less and less for myself. I really like the first one. The second one, not so much. And then really, that, you like Conjuring two? No, I did. Conjuring two I was said, awesome. Yeah, I'm not saying it wasn't. I don't think it was awesome. It was good. Um, I thought it was you know, awesome. I liked it. I, I really did like it. I just didn't like it even close to as much as the first one. And then the Nun comes in a little bit lower. So it's kind of. Yeah, they just keep kind of getting a little bit less for myself. Anyways, mm. but I haven't liked any other spinoffs, so I've liked everything that I've seen in that universe Not besides me. the first Annabelle because I've never seen it. I still haven't seen the second Annabelle creation. Annabelle two is great. Yeah, it's no. the Jeremy's in sucks. the minority. Almost everybody who you I value opinions agrees with me that it's it's pretty solid. Well, maybe I'll have to rewatch it. Yeah. All right, so uh, the Predator. I think that I picked twenty six million. Jeremy went with uh, twenty million, and Moods went with thirty seven million. So uh, 30, I, I like how you emphasize that thirty seven. <laughs> what a fucking idiot! Come on, let, let's. Be I emphasized honest. it because how different it was. From L- us let's be us. honest here. The Predator was playing in four thousand plus cinemas. Four thousand. You actually made a good call because based on four thousand alone, it probably should have cracked thirty. It's that's, the lowest. It's the lowest point. lowest box office gross ever for a live action film in over four thousand theaters. Yeah, it, 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 it lost to the Mummy. It, it really shocks me. It really shocks me. And, and you know, considering I went to see it last night, and my my cinema was pretty packed. Everyone was this going to see the Predator. Decision. It's crazy. They should have just. They shouldn't have made Predators. It should just be. A, it should have just died. No. Well, for the consensus there around there last night, a lot of people didn't even know about Predators. Yeah. <laughs> so that movie kind of. It, it seemed like people knew about Predator one and two, and then the Predator. Like Predators yeah. seemed to be kind of the That's one why that they people either called forgot. Predators three. Yeah. Exactly. Well, they never should have ca- stopped calling him fucking numbered anyway. I hate when they do that shit. It makes sense for Predators. I understand. Why, though? Because it's not really in the same fa- timeline as... It is, though. Well, it is. They literally mentioned the first film. So, if I mean, that I was. this is something I was thinking about, actually, after the movie last night, and was trying to um, put them in chronological order. You know, oh, we'll one, get two, three, this. four. It's in chronological order. You think so? Yep. I don't think so. I don't think so at all. I think the first one, and then you could go into Predators, because Predators yep. just mentions part one, and they, they, they just have that little spiel about, oh. Yep, and um, they don't mention 97. So they technically, say- so so the, yeah, they disregard part two. So technically, you could throw Predators after part one, then have no, part. No, you can't, because the, technolo- the, the weaponry that they have isn't from that era. But why not? Because I know the guns that they have. <laughs> they were on a different planet. But yeah, but, but they have they, those are those are those are those are those are our guns. <laughs> like those, like the A twelve automatic shotgun. Well, that could be. I mean, okay. Aside from the weaponry, you know, I'm talking about just the way they incorporate dialogue into the you know into the storylines and shit, 
right? They mentioned part one. That could go right after part one. Then you got part two. But then well, the I new, just figured the they new didn't mention film, part two because that chick might not know about part the events of part two. You know what's fucked up? I knew you were going to fucking say that. All right, I let's abs- hold off. Okay, yeah, we, ahead. Be- we better hold off on I that. fucking knew you were going to say that too. That's so funny. We're getting ahead of ourselves. Okay, yeah. but anyways, yeah, we'll, we'll get into this. But then it's confusing when you take the new Predator film. But anyways, okay, so. So who wins, JP? Uh, so yeah, uh, me versus Jeremy. Oh, it made twenty four million. It made twenty four million. Yeah. You didn't say that. So I I win versus Jeremy, uh, which takes it to eighteen to eleven. Uh, I win versus Moods, which ties it up thirteen thirteen, and then Jeremy versus Moods. Jeremy pulls ahead thirteen to twelve. Man, I fucking suck lately. I'm gonna owe yeah. no money by the oh, time. Come on, with man! It. Really? Like, what are the chances? You know. 4,000 plus even. cinemas. We're going to have the lowest weekend opening in history. Ever. Fuck that. That's bullshit. What I mean, you can't, be, you can't be worse than The Mummy. Yeah. That's unfortunate, man. It's unfortunate because, I mean, it bombing so bad. That's <sighs> done. You know, I, I don't see them coming back to this franchise anymore. I mean, th- they'll make another one just because it's, I mean, it's an important property. They they could do a direct video one. They could do oh, of course, know. of course. But I mean, they're just not going to do another high budget one. Exactly. This is a missed it's... opportunity at the end of the film to do something cool. I think, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah. So, all right. So, what's this week's? What do we got on deck for this? The week? house with a clock in its walls, directed by Eli Roth, rated PG. Eli Roth making a kid's film. Word on the street is Eli Roth is the most liked horror director in in the world. <laughs> <laughs> so what the fuck is going on here? Seriously. So this is this must be two higher director roles in a row for Mr. Roth. Oh, yep. 100%. All, one, at one time he had made movies and so long now he's cranking them out left and right. So I mean, you... he is doing the history of horror, which looks pretty sweet. I can't wait to watch that on do, AMC. Yeah. Do we have a backstory on this? Like, how did this project come about? Like, Eli Roth making a PG uh, film, basically for kids, you know, starring Jack Black. Like, this is bizarre to me in itself. I, I mean, don't... why not? You know, I think it's interesting. I'm not saying there's anything wrong. I'm just wondering, because Eli Roth in the past, I mean, all of his projects leading up to here are kind of his own... Because he's never projects. done like a big Hollywood, big budget film. Be- I mean, Death Wish, but that's not even really that big budget. So he's never made like, you know, a James Wan kind of a studio film. Well, it was film. the biggest studio film that he did. You know, we'll call it that's the studio film that he did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but this is like, this looks like a huge multi-million more than Death Wish, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So how do, so how do we go about this? I mean... I'll I think go it, first. Uh, okay. I'm going to say... How many theaters? Three thousand one hundred. I'm gonna say twenty six million, same as Predators. Predator, the Predator. Mm-hmm. I'm going twenty three million. Man, I. J- <sighs> you know, this is aimed at kids. You know. I'm gonna see it. Yeah, I'll, I'll see it. I want to go see the thriller trailer. I'd be more. I'd I mean, be more stoked if Jack Black wasn't in it. This comedy's too awkward for me. I know some people Man, always tell me. Man, go back to fucking Kickapoo, you fucking hater. I'm not hating, dude. It's just, goddamn, why can't we go back to the 80s when hating didn't exist? Just a fucking opinion, motherfucker. Come on. I don't like Jack Black either. Um, just... You know, I just, you know, I, I've seen a lot of movies with Jack Black it. in him. I, just I like Tenacious D. I just find his, his comedy 
so awkward that I don't find it funny. You know, it, it's weird. So I don't know how this is going to be, and I don't know how appealing it is to other kids. I don't take, know. Take your boy to see it. Yeah, I mean, he might dig. I mean, he liked the Goosebumps movie. You know, familiar face for him, anyways. And and well, Jack comes out the week black. after, or a couple weeks after. <laughs> I can't wait to see that. That looks cool. I still need to see the first one. It's yeah. It's, it's okay. I, had fun I bought it from Hastings. One well, day, I mean, so. I grew up with Goosebumps, so I probably might like it a little bit more than you did. Yeah, I grew up reading the Fear Street books, the Arl Stein Fear Street. So I kind of miss. Well, I meant I grew up thing. with the TV show too, though. Yeah, I bought it, it when Gurdle after my time. When Gurdle Hastings was still around. Oh, how I, I miss them. I miss those uh, Fear Street books, man. Those things were fucking fun. You used to pump those things out. It seemed like every couple weeks there was a new novel. I'm like, fuck yeah. Yeah. Um, so you had 26 GP. Uh, Jeremy, you had what, 22? 23. 23, so basically similar picks to yep. the Predator. Um, Say 37, Mitz. <laughs> <laughs> that worked out for me, didn't it? Um. Fuck, dude. I don't know. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say. Come on, man. Come on. I'm just so conflicted here on what to do with this, man. I think I know it's a lot of my own personal issues. I'm going to say 20 million. I don't think it's gonna do that well. So 20 million. All right. They've been fucking promoting it pretty good so. yeah but you know what they did the same thing with you know goosebumps did fucking it crushed it let me see what goosebumps made yeah but that's also got a it's, it's also like a branded name too you know goosebumps it's true you know not today I mean, though how many kids how, today know goosebumps i think uh, a lot of kids it's do still man. a popular book series yeah, it's a popular still... book series plus you know you can watch all them on netflix and stuff the kids find them they know goosebumps made 80 million yeah that opening weekend no no Oh, I was about to say what? <laughs> it made twenty three million opening weekend. Yeah, All right, James, so, spot on. That's what he's basing it off of, motherfucker. <laughs> no, I'm basing it off of that and the fact that it's a Steven, it's an Ambien, whatever the fuck you pronounce his studio, his company name. Amblin. Mm-hmm. Ambien is like a sleep medication. Yeah, I know. Thanks. I know. <laughs> fucking Ro- that's what Roseanne took when she went crazy. Oh uh, yeah, that I believe it. I honestly, I've seen people on that shit. It's crazy what they do. Well, the Connors is gonna suck. So they tweeted. All out, right. They tweeted. They just tweet out racist shit. Is that what they do on that drug? I'm just. Yeah, I, I was pretty racist. It, it, it was. It definitely was. But yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Hold the phone. Did you say the but, Connors? But my my what? argument is comedians are racist sometimes. Yeah, yeah Luke, that's that's the name of the new series, The Connors. So is it everybody but Roseanne? Correct. They killed off Roseanne, <laughs> which makes sense. It does make sense with the storyline that was going into the season break with her having her knee surgery. It was like perfect timing to kill off her character because it's like, oh, this is going to make make her die from when she was getting her knee surgery. It's like dude, it's perfect timing. Dude, you know, it's actually crazy, man. My One of my dad's buddies died during a knee surgery. No shit. Yeah. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. If I die during a knee surgery, I'm straight haunting that doctor. No shit, right? Like, you go in for, like, safe-ass <laughs> knee surgery, and you fucking, next thing you know, you're six feet deep. That's bullshit, man. Yeah. I'd be pissed. All right, so that's box office brawl. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. They will say that I have shed innocent blood. What's blood for, if not for shedding? 
I like to dissect girls. Did you know I'm utterly insane? Have you checked the children? Children. What do we do? Why don't we just wait here for a little while? See what happens. Let's get into what moods. Now let's move it along into the dub 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 portion of the show, which is what we watched. And if you're unfamiliar with the dub 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 portion of the show, it's where we go round tree, review a bunch of movies that are usually given to us through the Patreon or whatever. Review yes, them, sir. give us some reviews, pass it along. Who wants to start us off? Jeremy. Uh, me as always. Okay, let's get this abomination of a film out of the way first. From my good friend Mikey Fisher. Who should get AIDS and dies? We have uh, the what's the name of this film? Small Town Folk from the year two thousand and seven, starring once again Warwick Davis in a weird and strange <laughs> role. So the thing with this movie is like okay. it literally ninety five percent of the movie is filmed in front of a green screen. So like all the settings and like the houses and the buildings and everything like that is like green screen and it's just two people standing in front of a green screen and it looks so fucking awful and it's such a generic story you know we have a couple who's on the side of the road but the car break down and there's some hillbilly people who goes around and hunts them down it's very similar to skin deep but skin deep at least they went out into the fucking world and shot it <coughs> And they didn't shoot it in front of a fucking green screen. It is god fucking awful. Glockentown is the name of the town. And it's just your generic backwoods kind of characters. It is fucking awful. And the humor in it is not intentional. It's clearly just an absolutely horrific, horrible movie. And it, the acting is horrible. Warwick Davis once again gives a who Dick Warwick Davis <laughs> once again gives an absolutely ridiculous performance. Like what was going on with Mr. Warwick during this time? It's like, how the fuck do you make? Oh, and look, and Mikey Fisher reviewed this movie on January eighth, twenty eighteen, according to Letterboxd. He ran out of his Ewok money. You know, he said, yeah, story. but he got that Harry Potter money too, though. Right. So I, I'm not even following Mikey Fisher on Letterboxd, but his review is here, so I'm going to read what it says. He says, story, 3.5, retarded. Gore, 3, retarded. Fun, 6, retarded. Scares, 1.5, okay. Laps, 5, okay. Rewatchability, average. A movie about some backwood creeps with the weirdest backdrop I've ever seen. Yeah, literally, because it's a fucking green screen. That no good fucking piece of shit. Almost cartoon-like, but this movie has some charm. Absolutely not. <clears throat> Mikey Fisher, you are fucking mental. Why do you do this to me? <laughs> For once, can't you please just give me a movie that I want to watch? <laughs> this this is why he does it, because he's getting this reaction. But I have yep. to do Game it. Game set I match. Fucking, I can't review it like a normal person because it's just a piece of shit kind of a film. I mean, I'm glad I didn't have to watch Toxic Retards or whatever the fucking name that movie was that he's going to make me watch. Because <laughs> that movie looked absolutely fucking god awful. At least this movie is, is really fucking awful, but it's unintentionally funny. <coughs> Two out of ten. Piece of shit. Shot in front of a fucking green screen. Fuck this shit. It's awful. Two out of ten. Shit. 
All right. Sounds, sounds I guess fun. I will go next, eh? <laughs> oh, I feel my throat. All right. Do you need uh, a second? Jeremy did a little. You should have. <laughs> you did one of those. Uh, they said what? You, you read a review. Yeah. Those right. fucking bastard. All right. Uh, here's mine. Uh, next up. First up for me is a film from 1977 coming to me on the Patreon courtesy of D. Bouget. O2 and it is Hitchhike uh, from 1977 Ooh. like I said and this movie uh, I think it is it an Italian flick it is yes okay uh, starring David Hess and if you don't know who David Hess is he played the rapist scumbag in Last House on the Left as well as the rapist scumbag in House on the Edge of the Park uh, and you guessed it. He plays the rapist scumbag in Hitchhike. Uh, so, <laughs> um, ch- ch- like it's really literally the same character in all three movies. You are driving on the road and you see David Hess. Run keep away. Going. <laughs> because you never want to pick up David Hess. Uh, so this film, this film's very weird and interesting. It opens up with, uh, a, a husband and a wife who are hunting. And the first scene of the film shows, hi- uh, the husband, aiming his rifle through the scope at his wife like over her head and stuff and you're just like okay what you don't know it's his wife at first but then you find out quickly after that uh followed by a few like i mean borderline rape scenes i i mean kind of like he he's very forcibly are they like new york ripper rape scenes no no they, he's like very forcibly <laughs> like you know grabbing up on his wife and and you know it it seems like forcibly having sex but it's kind of conflicting because eventually she either gives in or seems to be fine with it um so it could just be like their kink but it doesn't feel like it you know what i mean so that that's kind of weird uh then they're driving down the road and i think it's because like like they're having issues as a couple right and i think they're they're kind of that's how franco nero's taking out his aggressions that's just how i interpret it i think yeah, but is that isn't that rape? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I know, right? Yeah, I guess <laughs> she's but... saying no, dude. <laughs> um, even if it is your wife, that's I still think that is classified as rape. But different time, nineteen seventy-seven, Italy, Italian, whatever. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, so we get some character development, um, and you kind of kind of get the vibe that he's like a bad dude. He seems like an alcoholic and stuff like that. Uh, they're driving down the road, and she wants to pick up David Hess. Uh, so they do, and there's some conversations and, and stuff, and eventually David Hess becomes David Hess, and, you know, basically last house on the left, house on the edge of the park type type situation, takes him hostage. Turns out he just robbed a bank for $2 million, which in 1977, that's a lot. Of, I mean, it's a lot now, but it's even way more in 1977. And uh, it's it's kind of just that. It's a hostage situation. There's some different things going on. Uh, he kind of, you know, molests the wife a little bit. Um, but then there's like these moments of like, okay, maybe like he's going to let him go because like, he's like making deals with them and stuff. Like you're kind of like, like you don't really know where it's going. There's some twists and turns in it. Some stuff might, there's one scene in particular that I was like, okay, that I don't understand what happened there. Like that was weird. Uh, it's like a reveal later in the film. And yeah, I mean it, it's kind of a downer of a movie because pretty much everybody in this movie is like 
scumbags like everybody besides the wife uh they run into some other scumbags and then some more scumbags later in the film and at the end of the film there's even a couple more scumbags on motorcycles uh and then there's one other scumbag (laughs) you know and it's just like it's like wow this is this is pretty scummy movie but it's good it is good I, i i really enjoyed this derek actually sent me this dvd uh the blue underground dvd a long time ago and I never got to it, so I guess he he wanted me to actually check it out. Uh, so yeah, I, I liked it. Oh, so um, now David you're has the scumbag. Has. He sent yeah, you a fucking free movie, and then he has to pay for you to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, wow. I think that's he, the third he, time he, that's happened. Yeah, that happened with that Kurosawa film too. Dreams. <laughs> he bought me a yeah. Criterion that I didn't watch. <laughs> I think I did that with. I reviewed Seconds, though, right? I know he sent me that one. Yeah, uh, I don't think we ever. Seconds. That's a great film. Yeah, seconds. Uh, great. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah. So, Hitchhike, pretty good. I enjoyed it. Eight out of ten. Yeah, nice man. Yeah, it's a fucking good one. Yep. David Hess playing himself, right? Great. He's great, man. And you know what? I was looking at David Hess, you know, because honestly, the the DVD is like it's a good transfer for a DVD. I was yeah. expecting for the seventies to be kind of shitty, you know. But yeah, it was good. And I was like, you know what? David Hess is actually a pretty like good looking dude. Like when you look at him and you're like, how do you become, how do you play such a scumbag when you're like, you're not like gross, weird looking. You know what I mean, I think it's because it's, it almost seems more, it almost seems more real that he's not your stereotypical looking shithead, you know, that you would expect to be doing that type of scumbag shit. You know, he does, he comes off, he has that kind of charming look to him, right? Yeah. He has great charisma. He looks like, um, you know, I mean, he's just. He, his dialogue is great. He's a fag. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's not nice. David Hess just passed yeah. away. Come on. <laughs> but he's uh he has like great charisma and and just his dialogue is really, you know, uncomfortable in this film like some of the other films that he's been in. I mean, dude, if you made a horror film in the 70s or 80s and you wanted a strong villain, cast David Hess, man. Cause yeah, that dude, that dude is a strong villain. I'm glad that I got to see another film where he plays a scumbag because he does such a good job. So yeah, that's Hitchhike. Yeah, it's almost too. It's too bad that he didn't do more. You know, I know. Through, like I know. he, he just kind of had like these small roles throughout the like later '80s and '90s, and then just kind of drifted off and stuff. And it's such a fucking shame, man. Yeah, I think, he was totally wasted in Swamp Thing. <laughs> well, you know, like, if David Hess was younger and going stro- strong today, he'd be in everything. Yeah. He, he'd get if, recognized. if today's casting was like it was back then, he would be in everything. Yeah. I mean, if if it was back then, if it was like how it is now. Fuck yeah, Like, man. with all the indie films and stuff. But yeah, David Hess, awesome. R.I.P. Yeah, kind of a waste of talent. That's kind of shitty. Um. Yeah, man, moving along here. So, uh, first up... Uh, for myself this was a patreon pick from well our boy our boy mikey fisher uh fish we talked about him couldn't find the first film that he gave to me it was called slimed i believe it was from 2010 and and the fuck the shitty thing about that was is that the movie sounded really promising the the synopsis just sounded hilarious and it was super short so i was like ah fuck might be okay but couldn't find the goddamn movie so we had to change it at least you didn't have to watch toxic retards well i didn't (laughs) watch it either so yeah uh but anyways he ended up giving me a film by a director that we're familiar with and has become kind of a joke around here i don't know why uh the german director olaf ittenbach 
it and bucks. Um, and this is the American title for the film, the haunting of Rebecca Verlaine. I believe JP actually reviewed this film sometime yep. ago on a yep. episode. Um, it was last year when we were doing Patreon reviews. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I believe the original title of the film is garden of love, which I really don't yep. understand why the movie is called garden of love. Can you wrap your head around that JP? Does that make any sense to you? Uh, I don't think so. No, it, it makes no fucking sense. And I actually was looking on uh, Ittenbach's uh, filmography here, and apparently he's doing a sequel to this movie, which actually kind of makes sense if you remember the film JP, like on how it ends and shit. Uh, mm-hmm. They kind of set it up for a sequel. So, But again, Garden of Love, I don't fucking get that. The Haunting of Rebecca Verlaine makes a lot more sense. But So basically the movie itself uh, follows our main character, Rebecca Verlaine. We get a backstory in the beginning of the film. Her entire family plus their friends, I think 11 people in total, are slaughtered and she is left um alive in her bed unfortunately succumbs to having amnesia doesn't remember fucking anything so now she's uh the story jumps jumps forward and stuff but she ends up getting um uh, adopted by her aunt and uncle i believe it is and so now it's kind of following her and it's years later. She's a little bit older, like in her lady, later teens and stuff. And again, she has this amnesia and she doesn't re- recall or she doesn't have any recollection of the past at all. But she starts having these visions. She starts seeing these dead people and shit. And they're kind of calling out to her that she needs to, you know, to solve this, you know, this issue from the past and things like that. And of course, um, that's kind of what it leads into. You know, she's got to kind of solve um, and figure out, well, she eventually finds out that, you know, she, what had happened to her family and things like that. And now she is ordered by her dead family's ghost to bring the killers to justice. So, yes, yeah, an Olaf Ittenbach film. And if you're familiar with his work, you know, he's done pretty much. He's a, he's a German splatter artist is what he is. Like he's known for doing splatter films like Black Pass and Prometheus and uh um, of course, uh, Burning Mood and shit like that. Now, this movie, to myself, is probably one of his more structured story lines that he's mm-hmm. ever kind of done. Like, it, it really is like a, it has a full blown narrative to it. You know, it's, a it's very, like a regular movie. <laughs> yeah, it, it really is like a regular movie. It has a very simple premise, you know, with the whole ghosts and things like that. But what's kind of cool about this movie is that it leads into this twist that is actually kind of fucking cool. <laughs> like I was like, Whoa, that's actually not too bad. Of course, I'm not going to give it away, but um, you know, the aesthetic of the movie is a little bit better than his earlier stuff. It's not shot on video, but it does have that soap opera type feel to it. If you remember JP. It yeah. Can, the, I think I said the color correction is like non-existent. Yeah. It's very strange. Like it has this soap opera look and feel to it and the acting itself, straight soap opera, not the worst I've ever seen. It's very kind of woody, kind of dry and stuff, but there is some pretty cool scenes of dialogue and shit where there's this one scene where she's talking to, I can't remember what the character does. He's like her therapist. I don't know what the fuck he is, but anyways, he has this long ass scene where he's telling kind of the backstory about her and her family and shit like that. And it goes on for fucking ever and ever, but it's intriguing enough, you know, and coming back to the structure of the mm-hmm. film, you know, it really kind of adds to the movie because it keeps you intrigued, even though it's not moving at, you know, a fast pace. It's, it's interesting enough. It's keeping you involved in the movie, which I thought was very intriguing. And of course, you know, you're not watching an inbox film without the insane gore. It has many, many scenes. There's a scene where, uh, Rebecca Verlaine actually shows up at the at the house from her past where her whole family and friends were killed with a bunch of cops, like 11 cops. And her family, the ghost of her family, shows up and just 
fucking slaughters every single cop <laughs> in this scene and it's just like it's so over the top ridiculous gore and shit but it you know it keeps you involved in it and of course it you know the end of the film gets really insane too but all in all i actually had a lot of fun with this and i was kind of taken back that it was it felt like a real structured film and i was kind of proud that he was you know doing this with a nice little twist and shit and and then i was like wow you know this shit let kind of leaves it open a little bit for a sequel and he's making one. So I'm I'm very I'm very, you know, excited to see that. It was it says it's slated for 2017 on here, but I it, I don't think it ever came out. I can't find anything on it, but um but all in all, I had a lot of fun with it, man. It's uh very good stuff, man. If you're into, you know, gore splatter films and shit, and you know, this one has a little bit more to offer, like I said, it has a structured narrative that actually works and so that's pretty intriguing considering most German films don't. <laughs> have much for storylines that keep you intrigued so um i'm gonna give this one about a six and a half out of ten i i enjoyed it enough that uh i would actually rewatch this movie um i'm not sure how you watch it jp but danny i have the dvd okay yeah so danny sent me a dvd that i have a different version of the dvd how do you remember was it in full screen or was it in widescreen like do you remember what the the aspect next to me because i'm curious Uh, because the widescreen okay yeah 16 by 9 i was shocked at how clear the the transfer was you know, the color in the film, I don't know if that was done th- like the way he shot it, if it was just low light and they, they tried to color cl- correct it and it just didn't work properly. But the transfer itself, I thought, actually kind of added to the just kind of added to the story with the ghosts and shit. But, you know, at least it wasn't one of those like shitty VHS transfers and shit like that. So, um, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. Um, that was from 2003. So What's I guess your rating I, on that? Six and a half. Six and a half out of ten. Okay. I think I think that's around what I gave it. Yeah, I was it was actually pretty fun, man. I watched it this morning. I was like, ah, not too bad, man. But another Ittenbach film that I enjoyed, man. So what what the fuck so after we did the Ittenbach show or whatever, or the shot on video, what was what were people saying? They kept calling it Itten I don't know, there was a big joke. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember. I can't even remember <laughs> what it is, but Olaf Ittenbach, man. So yeah. yeah. Back to you, Jeremy. Back to you, Jeremy. Shit, I wasn't on, like always. Um, all right, let's talk about... Amateur. Uh, you motherfucker. <laughs> it's because when I'm reviewing something, man, fucking net, you never, he's never paying attention, man. So I am. You're saying how good the cinematography and how it was like a real movie, but there was no color correction. I was fucking listening. Fuck you. Um... <laughs> talk about stoic from the year 2009 so moods talked about this film Hmm. i don't think he actually like reviewed it on the show but he talked about it in some conversation about how a movie this movie is fucked up and everything like that this is an this is an ooey bowl movie uh this is one of his two drama type of films that he made that are unlike anything that he's done before um yeah i I don't know about this one i think the main problem that i have with this film is the fact that um it's shot in a style where we follow these four inmates in this one prison cell who is accused of um murdering their inmate but they uh cause him such mental distress that he ends up hanging themselves and it's the offense leading up to him committing suicide and it cuts back between 
uh, the situation in the cell and interviews, uh, like uh, police interviews with these characters. And it cuts back and forth between the entire film. And I really didn't like that kind of style, in my opinion, for this kind of story. I think it takes a little bit out of it to have um, such a, a, a hardcore um, hard watch like the narrative that Uwe Boll was trying to tell and then have like you know it cutting back to these interviews every you know few minutes and it's not like every like 10 or 15 minutes it's every few minutes that it does this and I really think it's, it takes quite a bit out well that's because film. that's the main focus is the interviews it, that's the focus of the film mm-hmm. right that's why it's cutting back to those interviews so often because that's the narrative is the interviews isn't the narrative what's happening in the cell and how horrible these people are? Like, well, you really need to know it's all this stuff it. that's in the interviews. But the mm. interview eventually tells, you know, the actual story, right? But I don't know. I guess so. Yeah. I mean, I think this movie is a film that you watch once and you probably never watch again uh, because it, it, it gets into some – it's not as disturbing and hard to watch as something like A Girl Next Door, but – I mean, it has stuff that these characters do to this guy uh, that is pretty brutal. You know, he makes me shit and stuff like that. And and it's 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 a it's a hard watch because you really care for this guy and all this shit that's he's getting put through just because he lost a poker match and he didn't want to live up to his bet to eat this tube of toothpaste. So they fucking torture him and end up making him kill himself and end up trying to make it look like. They didn't do nothing wrong, which is kind of bullshit. But for an Uwe Boll movie, this is it's very different than what you see from him. Um, you know, it's not a Blood Rain or House of the Dead shit fest that you see from him. It's a it's a actual drama. You know, not a shitty film, but it's not like an amazing like oh I want to watch this again. You know, so. I gave it a six out of ten. Eddie Furlong is this is when he was still. You know, uh, this was before, what was the name of that movie? Afterlife that came out a few years ago from Image that he was in. That, you know, he was okay in. And he, he does an okay job in this movie. He's not, like, amazing or anything like that. But if you like those hardcore, messed up films, you'll probably like this one. So I gave it a 6 out of 10. It, it, it's pretty much all... Uh, improv. I know a lot of the film was shot just improv with having the characters yeah. uh, 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 a sense of what the scene is supposed to be about and Uwe Boll just let them improvise and things like that. So <clears throat> it's that kind of realistic kind of feel to the film. So, it, you know, it is what it is. I'm glad I saw it. I don't, I don't think I'll watch it again, but, you know. Hmm. <clears throat> All right. Cool. All right, next up for me is a film from the homie fan of Eli. Uh, I wonder if he's going to be checking out House with the Clocks on the Wall. Um, (laughs) And (laughs) this film is titled The Seasoning House from 2012-13. Did we talk about this on the show? I never have. I thought we talked about it before. Have you seen it? It's the one with like the, the... the great cover, not the great, the, the hand coming out of the heating vent. I, I don't know. Uh, not on the cover that I saw it from. Yeah. But have you seen this, Mids? What was the what was this one? The Seasoning House. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I love this movie. It was a good one. Yeah. You so, reviewed it, didn't you, Moods? Like 
season one back in the day. I might have, yeah. Yeah, I think I might yeah. have actually. Yeah. yeah, I'm not I'm not sure. I didn't check the, the twenty two shots archive ratings page or anything, but yeah, so he hooked me up with this one. Um this was like right around the era where I didn't watch new films. Like I didn't start watching new films until I think like the first season of the podcast, like two thousand thirteen. Um, cause even my 2012 list, I think I'd seen like 13 movies from, from, uh, 2012 when I did my top 10 or five or whatever back on YouTube. Um, so yeah, I didn't, I missed a ton of stuff from like, you know, 2000 to 2012, like anything new. I, I didn't really see at the time. Uh, but yeah, this film, uh, it's set in, I don't know where the hell it is. It's some foreign country that's not america <laughs> uh and it's a uk film but i don't think i don't think it's set in the uk uh and it's essentially follows a deaf mute girl who was kidnapped and taken away from her family uh to be basically in the you know human sex trafficking type of world uh she's taken to this building where uh there's all these girls brought in who are basically being raped by uh, some sort of military type people, uh, bad people that come in these squads and they, and they they rape the girls and then they pay this dude, uh, and she has an ugly birthmark on her face, and she's deaf mute. So they don't actually have her be one of the girls that are getting raped. She actually goes around this building, uh, and she cleans up the girls, puts makeup on them, shoots them up with dope, which I assume is probably heroin. Uh, and then, you know, kind of just takes care of them and cleans them up and stuff. She's like almost like a maid of this place. Uh, very, and, and it gets right into this. So it's, it's very, it sets the tone for this very depressing vibe right away. Uh, and then there's sort of flashback where you see what, how she got there, which is the best scene in the movie. Um, it's shot extremely well. It's done in, in this silence cause it's like her perspective. Um, and it's just this these Pete, these soldiers coming in or these militants coming in and, and murdering these family members and just taking these girls. Um, just, just a very, very good scene. Uh, and honestly, like after that, I feel like the biggest problem with this movie for me is maybe the fact that you're following a deaf mute because the, the levels of drama and like powerfulness that comes with this subject matter I just feel isn't as much like you don't feel it as much because like the subject matter of this film, I should have felt like I just watched the girl next door. However, I never really truly felt as bad for these people, maybe because there was not really any character development in this film. There's pretty much none. It's very little. You get a little bit of conversations with sign language about, you know the families and stuff like that but it, it didn't really have much and and that's kind of weird to say that you don't really feel that bad for these girls being raped and tortured and stuff uh throughout this entire film uh but i just didn't it didn't hold the weight that i expected for a film like this dealing with the subject matter so i was i was a little bit taken off guard by that and i would say that the violence in it is pretty good like they the, the girl when she starts getting revenge and like she like she like stabs the hell out of this dude it's pretty cool um but also the plot is she's moving throughout this building through the walls 
And I, I don't know. I just I didn't feel like that. I didn't feel like it really made that much sense, honestly. Um, with the lay, I don't know. It, and the the end chase scene goes on forever, and it feels like so many times, like you know, it just she gets away or something happens or something to just prolong this long end chase thing that's happening. I I'm kind of sounding a little bit more down on this movie than you might expect because it's shot really well and it's you know it's just filmed really good and 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 stuff like that but i don't know i just i just didn't love it like i thought a movie like this would because like when it first started i was like holy crap this is this is intense like this is going to be a great movie um and by the end of it i thought it was just a good movie um so uh i came in at a seven out of ten on this one yeah it's been a while yeah, since I've seen it, I saw it when it first came out, so I'm a little bit foggy on it. But I, I, yeah, I remember but, really enjoying. I know the I have it on it. the shelf. Yeah, literally when I first started watching it, like it, for some reason I thought it was like an IFC movie or something. It just felt like it would be something like that. No, I think it's uh, um, it's four put out by Kaleidoscope. Yeah, that is. Yeah, uh, so probably get phase four. Um, so, but when I, I, I like w- when it started, I was like, oh, this would have made my t-. like. I felt like it was going to be one of those movies that like have had 2012 popped up like a contender to make my list you know but mm. after it was over i was kind of like i don't know maybe yeah, i have, it. It, have to watch it a, you know not the greatest year but we'll see uh so yeah there you go you're up moods would you give that one seven and a half seven 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 all right brand new film from a24 studios and it's oh, called no. slice um, right when you said A24, I knew what was coming. You know, A24 has been putting out lots of good stuff. We all know that. It's not really anything. I haven't put out one bad film I've seen, at least. Yeah, I, th- this is by far <laughs> the uh, the dumpster one so oh, yeah. far for myself. Um, yeah, so basically the premise of this film here is about a city that's hunting for the killer of these pizza delivery men. That's a cool story. It's it's interesting because the story takes place in a world that's like very self aware of itself, and it's. <laughs> I actually really enjoyed the premise of it. You know, the supernatural live amongst the living. You know, there's an entire part of the town called Ghost Town, and it literally has ghosts that walk and talk and eat, and it's Ghost Town. They're dead people, but they they function like humans. Um, there's witches and there's werewolves and shit and people know that all the shit's around. So it's got this really cool kind of setup and premise to the so film. It's meta. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And so, yeah, the, the film starts out delivery boy. He goes to deliver a pizza. He gets killed and it's like, chance the rapper, right? Yeah. Chance the rapper actually plays the werewolf in the film. So these killings start happening and everyone's kind of freaking out. Like who is doing them? Is it the drug dealers? Is it the fucking ghosts? Is it, uh, who else do they blame? Of course the werewolf, because there is a backstory with the werewolf and something happened at this place he used to work with. And he was kind of a suspect for some other murders. So of course he's the main prime suspect. And yeah, so it's basically everybody trying to figure out what the fuck is going on in this town. And that's your premise. Now this is obviously a horror comedy. Um, the biggest problem with this movie is that it's not funny at all. You know, it's it's not really overly goofy or anything. It just doesn't have a lot of funny parts in it. Um, and oddly enough, 
with this kind of cool premise and shit, it's very slow moving. There's long scenes of kind of pointless dialogue and you, you kind of start losing a little bit of faith in what's going on. And, uh, yeah, I just wasn't really having a great time with this one. Um, it's very predictable what's going to happen too, which again, you know, sometimes it's a big problem. Sometimes it's not. But in this one, I was like, eh, whatever. I mean, the ride to the end anyways, wasn't that exciting. So, um, I will say, you know, a chance rapper, he was okay. He was okay in the film for what it was. The effects were, I, I believe were meant to look shitty. I think it's part of the joke. I mean, the ghosts were just, just kind of like had baby powder on their faces. <laughs> 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 That's literally what they kind of, there was not really much thought Funny. and effort so, put into So the it's like Jew on then. Yeah, a little bit. So the ghosts weren't like crazy looking, at least they weren't CGI. But actually when Chance Rapper turns into a werewolf, the effect, I, I fucking burst out laughing. I was like, I, I think that is a joke. I'm hoping it is. <laughs> so that was kind of funny. Um, all in all, man, it's, it's, man, it seems like you, it's just like not, this movie. It's just not a good horror comedy at all. I mean, the point of watching a horror comedy is to make you laugh. You know, it's got this really good premise. It just doesn't fall through with the property. An 82 minute film should go by fast. This one, unfortunately felt like 182 minutes at times. <laughs> you know, there, there was some pretty, there was one funny part actually, because this pizza joint where all these workers and stuff that are doing all the investigations, uh, it used to be home to this kind of this Chinese food restaurant. And it actually houses, this you know gate to hell downstairs and there's a whole scene down there actually kind of made me smile and made me laugh a little bit but that was about it you know there's not really a whole lot of substance to this again horror comedy unfortunately man this is definitely got to be one of the first misses for a24 and myself i was very disappointed in this one ending was really lackluster kind of bad and shit and then they got real goofy towards the end with the credits and shit like that. And I was like, yeah, okay, that's enough of that. <laughs> but, you know, it had a decent enough setup and shit. I just wish it just was better, you know, four and a half out of ten. It's it's under par. It's one. It's not a good film whatsoever, unfortunately. All right. All right. Sounds like one I'll be skipping for 2018. JP, you're going to you would hate this film. All right. You're really not going to watch it. Yeah. You expect it. Did you expect going into a movie that it was going to be shitty? Well, I read the premise and I was like, okay, A24 with this premise. I'm like, ah, it sounds like it could be, you know, like a six and a half or maybe. No. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you got to make me laugh a little bit here. That mm-hmm. was the, the unfortunate thing is like you get these long scenes of dialogue and people trying to be funny and shit, but it's like really bad dialogue and not funny jokes. You're just like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Not good. All right. So last up, I will talk about searching from the year 2018 so this is uh, yet again another film that is used in the you know desktop computer screen subgenre of horror films that we've been seeing uh since you know the den and unfriended you know those were the first two films to really do this kind of uh technique and we've seen a few more come out over the years um friend request kind of did it a little bit and of course we had um the unfriended sequel a few months ago (laughs) and now we have searching and uh this is definitely one of the better films out of those bunches to be honest um it's really really good so we follow john cho's character who uh he plays this father of this uh girl his 16 year old girl who uh disappears one day 
uh, out of the blue. Uh, he's a single father. Uh, the mother died of a cancer, and he had to raise her as a single father. And one day she goes missing, and she doesn't come home from a study session. Of course, there's the Asian stereotypical smartass person in this film. But she doesn't come home from a study session one night. And basically, it's this John Cho's character trying to find out where his daughter is and it's you know all filled through uh the computer you know uh all the hot things known today you know him looking on her instagram and twitter and facebook and all these different kind of things to try and piece together uh what happened to his daughter <clears throat> and it's it's a really interesting way to tell a story i've always been a fan of this method of a narrative i think it is extremely inventive and smart if you're able to take a story and basically just fucking have a computer screen and make uh audience care about the characters on the screen you know it's very cheap to film you don't basically need anything besides a really good cast and and a few computers and some webcams and you're good to go and i think this one um really is the most it's the best made one out of the bunch uh of course because john chu is a really a really talented actor you know he's not no harold and kumar anymore you know he, he's evolved into a very uh great and convincing character actor and i think he he really probably gives his best role in this film so you know it, it's one that i think if you haven't seen <clears throat> and you like films like The Den and Unfriended and films like that, I think you should check it out. You can still see it in theaters now. I think the ending is probably the weakest part of the film. I think it's a little bit of a cop-out. Um, I think that it could have been uh, developed into a more interesting and and convincing conclusion. I don't believe what happens at the end of the film. I think it's, it's, it's kind of horseshit, to be honest with you. But everything up until that part, I really, really did enjoy it, and I, I think it's a really fantastic horror thriller type of a film. So um, check it out. Check out Searching. I gave it an 8 out of 10. It's, it's, a, it's a really good film from this year. Yeah, I think uh, Carly went and seen this. I was working, but yeah, I think, uh, I think she enjoyed it, too. She said she liked it. Yeah, it's good. All right. Uh, next up for me, uh, final patreon pick for the night we have uh, a james cox exclusive. Uh, you said cox uh he sent me mentango which is also known as attack of the mushroom people from 1963 uh this is a toho film directed by ishiro honda who we know from godzilla um rodan sure a bunch of other japanese movies um, that I don't, I've never seen, <laughs> you know, uh, Mothra. I mean, looks like he was a big kaiju director. Is that what that's called? Kaiju. Don't right. ask me. Yeah, he did. Oh, I'm looking at the list. Yeah, he did a ton of them. Yep. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I've seen a couple of his films, but this one's kind of interesting. So it, it's, uh, it opens up with a, a group of, uh, it actually opens up with, um, some characters talking and, uh, it's like you get the idea that this guy's about to tell you a story of what happened to him and uh it opens on a ship and they basically are you know 
attacked by rain or something, you know, like to storms and stuff. They they're basically about to be shipwrecked, and they happen upon this de- deserted island. Uh, and I will say this: the atmosphere right away is pretty thick in this one. It's pretty cool. I actually really enjoyed the atmosphere. And you guessed it: the entire island is like mostly fungus. So there's something up with this island, and they they quickly run out of food. Uh, they are told not to eat the the fungus because you know mushrooms. You know they most of them are poisonous. Uh, but eventually, characters you know succumb to eating the mushrooms. Uh, they're they're very addictive. Uh, and then you know I can I, I, without spoiling, I assume you know where it's going when it's called Attack of the Mushroom People. You know, <laughs> uh, so th- this movie. Like it's definitely not my cup of tea, but it is. It is more play. It is played like a hundred percent serious. It's not. It's not hokey at all. Um, but it comes off hokey because it's old. It's nineteen sixty three, and it's you know, giant mushroom people that are attacking people and stuff. You know, um, not really. That, I mean, that's not really what happens. Technically, like it, th- this all kind of wraps up in the end uh, with the mushroom people. But I liked it. It's not my favorite thing in the world if i was making a top 10 of 1963 based on what's out there this could make it i guess uh but it's 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 one i would like to maybe rewatch. i don't know if it has a release i watched it on prime but i would actually like to own this movie because the atmosphere was cool and i think that it slowed down a little bit in the middle there's like characters bickering and stuff there's some weird subplots that don't go anywhere like uh two characters and it's so japanese like this this just reminds me of some japanese shit but there's some characters who are hearing the voices of their relatives um calling them into the like mushroom forest but it doesn't they don't mention that again or it doesn't go anywhere so you're kind of like what (laughs) you know and then you kind of get the idea that oh maybe this is like you know like godzilla and stuff the the nuclear fall like nukes probably caused this mushroom island or whatever um but it, it's it's cheesy not you know not intentionally obviously just you know because it's old and stuff uh I, james said he he thought i would like this one even though it's not really something that i would seek out or like my cup of tea necessarily and he's right i did like it i'm not gonna rate it too high uh though i would be i would be happy to see this again and own it just because i think the biggest selling point of this film is it has a great fantasy like atmosphere like even the ship that they happen upon is is really cool looking uh so that that's cool and uh, i'm coming in at 5.5 out of 10 have you seen this no i haven't actually wow surprising yeah (laughs) so maybe maybe they're hearing voices because they're tripping out uh, yeah, I think it's before those characters ate mushrooms. Though. Oh, okay. But you could be right. You could be right. Yeah, cool. Oh, I thought the ending was kind of weak. That was that was. I was a little bit higher until I saw the ending. Shitty. I mean, it's just standard fare, but it's like there's a line of dialogue that's like, blah 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 blah, blah and I'm like, of course. <laughs> um, but yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um. So last up for tonight here, I guess this will be a pick of the week. Is that what we're doing? Yeah, why not? Uh, why not? I didn't. This, well, <laughs> this, this is the best movie that I'm reviewing tonight. So. Yeah, that was like the same way. Yeah, I, I actually didn't even mean to do that. It's just the way I reviewed them, but I just realized this happens to be the highest rated one. So uh, 
it says 2017 on IMDb. I believe this counts for 2018. And it's a film called Cold Skin. Uh, I think this is... Uh, it's a Spanish production slash France. It's in English, though. I was quite surprised. Oh, that's something that I should say. The the film that I watched, Attack of the Mushroom People, Japanese, but dubbed in English. Dubbed. So to make it funny? <laughs> yeah, like unintentionally. Yeah. Yeah. Dub, of, dub, dub. Some of those old dubs, man, are real bad. Really fucking bad. Like New York Ripper? I mean, honestly, it wasn't that bad. Because I've seen like Godzilla's and stuff. It actually was. It was better than those. New York Ripper was fucking awful, that dub. It wasn't even a dub. It's the ADR. You, did you say that one was better than the Godzilla films? Yeah, like some of the other like Japanese films from that era I think are worse than this one in terms of dubbing. Wow. Um, yeah, so anyways, this uh, film Cold Skin directed by Xavier Jens, who of course did The Divide and he also directed Frontiers, which is, you know, an ama- one of the Fab Five French films. Absolutely fucking outstanding. I'm sure everyone listening has probably seen Frontiers. Um, Should be Fab Six. Uh, Fab Six, sure. Uh, I never seen... Jeremy, how was that movie Hitman? Did you ever watch that one that he did? Hitman? Yeah. What the fuck's that? I don't know. It was, I think that it was like based on the video game Hitman? Maybe. Maybe. I know there was a lot of buzz around that film years ago when it came out, but mm. but anyways, he direct, yeah, he directed that one too. He also did a segment of the ABCs of Death segment X for XXL. Um, oh yeah, so, it is the Hitman guy. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, this yeah. is the guy that Frontiers and the Divide. That's yeah. what I knew him from. I didn't even realize until looking on there that he'd done the Hitman, which I hadn't seen. I, I really, I think that the Divide is still probably one of the most depressing films I've ever watched. It is. Oh my yeah, god! Dude. You feel like you have to take a shower after you watch that movie. It's so depressing. This guy's brutal. This guy Xavier Jens is an interesting director because, from what I've seen from him, his films are really quite different. Yeah. You know, he doesn't just rely on the heavy gore like Frontiers. You know, which is more like a chainsaw, not rip off, but kind of you know, nod to chainsaw and shit like that. But his films are quite different. Um, the divide being super depressing. This one. Could be classified as something like a Shape of Water type style thing, I guess. I haven't seen that movie. I just, you know, kind of, I think that's what it's kind of like. Uh, but anyways, we follow our main character who doesn't really have a name in this movie. He's just called Friend. <laughs> so it takes place in 1914, right at the beginning of World War One, And our friend here is quite obviously running away from the world that he lives in. He takes a job. He's a meteorologist. He takes a job on a isolated island and in on IMDb it says in the Antarctic circle I believe it says that it's like in somewhere in the Atlantic I guess it probably maybe northern Atlantic south of Antarctic circle I don't know but anyways it's in this really isolated fucking area and the job is for a year so essentially the ship takes him out there he's supposed to replace the guy and you know he's out there for a year and then he can do whatever after kind of thing so it's quite obvious that he's run away from his life. There's even a conversation on the boat leading out there. Like, what are you running away from? He doesn't answer, of course. So we have that kind of going on. So once he gets out there, there is no other meteorologist. They can't really find the dude <laughs> to replace. So whatever. 
uh, there is a house there and there's also a lighthouse and inside the lighthouse there is an occupant played by Ray Stevenson who is the guy that's just decided to dedicate his life to watching the lighthouse I'm sure there's probably not that many boats around <laughs> in the Antarctic Circle but this guy also is quite obviously a product of running away from his life and decided to do this for the rest of his life kind of thing um, so basically what happens is you know he's out there and you know kind of dealing with what he's supposed to do meteorology and shit like that and all of a sudden like these fucking creatures and shit at nighttime come out of the water and they start to attack and shit and essentially what happens is the house that he was supposed to move into he ends up burning down by accident and he's kind of forced to move into this lighthouse with ray stevenson's character who knows about this um all these creatures and stuff in fact has actually taken upon himself to I guess kind of capture one of uh, like a female one and start a relationship with her and shit. And I'll get into that in a minute. It's very, very awkward and stuff. And so now essentially it's these two characters trying to, trying to survive against these nighttime attacks against these kind of fish people. Like they look like humans, but they kind of look like fish and they come out of the water at night and attack them and shit like that. I'll just leave it there. So what we have here, this movie is very metaphorical like it's just full of metaphors and shit there's a lot of stuff that's going on it's um a lot of social commentary it's dealing with you know isolation it's also dealing with fear of abandonment like it's quite obvious it's dealing with xenophobia um and a lot of these things are dealing with ray stevenson's character you know and i really like this approach to the film because it just kind of gets you thinking and stuff you know it's 19 it's set in 1914 and these people are dealing with the same type of issues that a lot of people deal with in present day 2018. And I like that. You know, I like that. They take it back to a different time period, but, you know, and, and a different world. But at the same time, it's the same issues that we deal with. Very, very cool. Um, you know, it's quite obvious, you know, with the xenophobia and things like that, because the fish people are representing, you know, a different type of race. And this guy just has it out for him. Like Ray Stevenson's character is essentially out to exterminate them. He doesn't give a fuck about them. He doesn't want to like, you know, take the one that he's trained and also sleeps with. There is scenes where he is fucking this fish person. It's really damn awkward, but that's the way he kind of deals with his xenophobia and deals with being so isolated and stuff. He's essentially kind of losing his mind and shit. Uh, So this whole movie is just these two characters that you follow and you get really involved into their their mental issues and and things that are going on in that kind of premise and shit. Very cool, man. The cinematography in the film is fantastic. Uh, The creatures, the fish people, that's what I'm calling them. They don't really have a name for them. Uh, They are CG, but there is practical effects with them too. And the the effects are really well done. They look actually really cool. Um, But it's, it's kind of sad, you know, because you can tell at the heart of this film, it's dealing with, you know, it's it's a huge metaphor for, like, the oppression of the native people and stuff, you know, because these white people have come to this isolated island and if they've fucking taken over and they're just trying to desolate these people. So our friend character, you know, essentially tries to make friends with them and stuff. And it, it's a really interesting story. I was really kind of pulled into it from everything that was happening in this one. And I think it's a good film. I mean, if you like films of social commentary, metaphors, things that yeah. stand for and stuff and things that you can read into this is the film for you it's a very simple premise but it's it's highlighted films i would like yes you it's very highlighted you know it's very highlighted and i think the performances by 
the two the two uh, male leads in this film are really good. I mean, there's a couple other characters, you know, in the beginning of the film, and, and the, but the ninety five percent of the film is these two characters having to coincide with each other. What's the name of this movie? Cold Skin. Yeah, and I thought it was really damn good. I it was engulfed in it. You know, it's pushing two hours. You know, it's maybe a little bit too long. You know, they probably could have cut some of the stuff that was happening, but all in all. It's a beautiful film. The locations were fantastic. The acting was great. Ray Stevenson was fantastic in this film. He just, he looks so different with a huge like beard and just, he's been out there for a long fucking time and he doesn't want to go back. You know, Mm -hmm. I really like that premise, man. And all in all, I had a good time with it, man. I mean, the ending was again, predictable in what was going to happen, but that was fine. It, It was really fine because I think that's what needed to happen. So, um, Ryan is releasing this here. Yeah, um, but it's it's a good it's a good film. It, it's a really good film. Uh, eight out of ten. I I highly recommend this one. I think it's definitely worth your time if you like to watch films that you can think about. So, cold skin. Cool seeing that Orion logo. Yeah, no shit, right? <laughs> good stuff. And that is going to conclude the dub dub dub. Dub dub portion of the show. Dub dub dubity dub dub dub. Gia. All right, so moving along here, we are going to get into a bonus review since featured. this movie featured bonus review. Considering it just came out, we're here recording. We might as well talk about this one. All uh, three seen it. We all seen it, and uh, yeah, 2018. The Nun. The Nun. Yeah, I mean, a lot of buzz around this one. Um, buzz? I didn't see any buzz. I think I, around here, man, everyone was talking about it because, you know, Conjuring films and the anime, like all that that whole fucking universe and shit, and everyone, like, wanted to see The Nun. It was fucking busy mm-hmm. as shit here, man. Like, this is a lot of mixed opinions. Very, very mixed bag mm-hmm. of opinions. Uh, just like, just like the Including with us. Yeah. yeah, I think so. Um, well, I'll read a quick little synopsis here if you don't know what The Nun is about. A priest with a haunted past and a novice on the threshold of her final vows are sent to the Vatican to investigate the death of a young man in Romania and confront a malevolent force in the form of a demonic nun. Now, that sounds really good. Mm-hmm. That sounds good. And it good. looks really good. But unfortunately, the story fucking drags and it gets fucking extremely boring 55 minutes into the film. <coughs> yeah, see, I, I saw it differently, man. I, I loved it. I'm, you I know, really love this movie. I'm really with Jeremy on this one, man. I think that aesthetically, this movie was fantastic looking. And yeah. the whole time I was watching this movie, I kept looking over at Dylan saying, Damn, dude, this has the most Italian feel to it that I've seen yeah. in a, in a like a mainstream film forever. Like I just couldn't get over the it's cinematography. It's like Italian mixed with it's like a, a faulty Italian film yeah. mixed with like Universal horror. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It yeah. had those atmospheric vibes to it and cinematography and shit like that. And then there's straight shout outs to like there's a scene with this priest where he gets locked into a coffin and it, it's a whole scene out of City of Living Dead and, and all these type of things I was loving. You know, loving the aesthetic, the atmosphere, you know, I didn't really have a problem with a lot of the jump scares and there was a fuck ton in this movie. I I love jump scares, man. I I know, I know that they're like looked down upon, but 
a good jump scare, man, makes me like flinch or jump. Like I love that. Stuff, I think dude. if you're gonna set the stage for them properly, like they did with the the atmosphere and the tone of this film, I think you can mm-hmm. kind of keep doing those. I think it works better if you're doing that. If you're doing them real cheaply, you know, it, it comes across as being pretty stupid. But it, in this case, it kind of makes sense because it was like it's really creepy church and. It's you dark know, and dark, dusty and gloomy. You, have, and... you just you have the right setting to pull that shit off. And you know when I watched this, there my theater was packed. I mean to the point where I mean mine there, too. I had a lot literally... of people. Mine wasn't packed though, but I did go at like two o'clock p.m. on a Friday or yeah. a Saturday. Oh yeah. So Saturday. I I mean I saw one thing I'd never seen at the cinema before. So th- there's a scene in, the, I think, probably the very first kind of bloody jump scare type it's scene. It's not really that many bloody scenes. I mean, the only bloody scene in this film is the beginning where we first see the nun. There's that. I hung love upside that down. imagery, dude. The hanging nun. That's it. it That's the only really bloody scene. That's that was it. Cool. Was that was just cool. chilling and haunting to me because when you see a nun, right, it's supposed to be this like religious, like, uh, you know, representation of all things holy, and to see it in that way is yeah. like the most evil thing ever. Like it's that's what that and what? and that's what a lot of this film did that I liked is it has very unapologetic evil things happening. My friend who I seen it with is very religious, and he said that like even the detail to some of the 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 things that were happening like the black veiled nun and stuff and and he says that's that you know a lot of that is is very realistic and and that's you know, fine I, but the fucking story sucks bro i'm sorry i so, don't think so so anyways, that, i mean that's i like the story so the yeah. scene where the this male character he ends up dropping off the the priest and the the to be nun i guess yeah at this place anyways they're inside he's leaving and shit and there's a scene where this uh this non character kind of essentially falls on him kind of deal um <laughs> kind of comes out of the sky or whatever i th- maybe she was hanging and falls on i can't remember exactly but mm-hmm. that scene in particular there was a girl in the cinema that fucking screamed bloody murder and ran <laughs> and ran out on that scene and this is what you know 20 minutes 25 minutes in the movie yeah. never came back and when we when we finished watching the movie, we went out into the lobby area, and I saw her over by one of the ticket things, and she was still like shook up. She never came back, and her friend finished the fucking movie, and Fuck she waited yeah. for her fucking friend to come out, and her friend was like consoling her after, and she was like, "You okay?" And she <laughs> didn't look good, man. Mm-hmm. But there was a lot of jump scares in this film, and and like I said, I, I watched it in a in a, in a cinema that was packed to the point where there was people standing behind me i was in the back row and there was people standing behind me that's so many people were in there i'm like is that even oh. fire that's like a fucking fire hazard man it was, it was like that back life. in the day it was i haven't been to a movie that was that full and i couldn't even tell you how long what but about it you said it was that packed yeah i guess i guess well not standing people were all the seats were filled but it, there was no one standing in there that was insane uh, but there was this group of girls that were sitting off to my left and they were just, you know, 10 seats over kind of thing. And they, I don't, not very seasoned in watching horror films, I guess, but every fucking jump scare, every scare that happened in the film, they screamed blood curdling murder. <laughs> it was, I, 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 <laughs> I even said to Dylan, I said, did the, were these girls paid to scream like this? Because if they were, they're doing a fucking fantastic job. Like yeah, it, it was cool. making the whole 
you know, the experience so much more heightened because you you just don't hear that a lot, you know? Yeah. People losing that. their shit over jump scares. And, like, it, it at first I was like, fuck, shit. But it's funny because I, the more it happened, the more it kind of made me happy. I was like, this is really affecting them. <laughs> I was like, mm-hmm. holy fuck, man. So, so J- yeah. Jeremy mentioned the story, and, and I yeah. like this story. Like, to me, it's simple but effective and i'm fine with that what like why does everything have to be so complex it doesn't like we've talked about this before everything yeah. doesn't have to be no, no, no. super complex what's wrong with a spooky the story movie i just didn't care about the characters like they come I mean, in they, they they exorcism at this church they come in with this priest that it's very similar to if you watched the exorcist the first season of the exorcist tv show it has that kind of feel to it you know, a, a priest comes in with a nun, go into a compound where spooky shit is happening, and that's about it. And I don't care about the characters. I mean, I, I, you care a little bit about the nun, the young nun, but the father, I didn't really care, and the fucking annoying farmer guy, I really didn't See, care. okay, I didn't it. like the farmer dude, really. Like, I understand why he was there, but I feel like... He was there I for like comic that relief. that was written... Yeah specifically because of like test audiences and like oh well we need to have this moment of levity in here or else it's just going to be too doom and gloom i don't like that that's one thing it's that the I way of setting like up the jump scares this. even more you know if you lighten the moment for a second where everyone's like in the theater kind of laughing and shit and the next moment you're like bam see but i think you. it works better if it's just relentless just rel- especially too. this type of film where the tone is so downbeat and evil like and then you have this this fucking you know dude and this love interest that doesn't make sense because she's a fucking nun yeah. you know what i mean but well that that's uh, exactly my point too is like i would prefer with not to have any of that comic relief in there that shit yeah it, that shit takes you out of you know in some of those scenes it was very atmospheric and you know and you're telling jokes and shit i'm like fuck just get away from that keep the shit completely on one tone on a serious mm-hmm. level and I think it'd work a lot better. I, I don't know yeah, why I, I these do fucking that's movies. The, that's one of my biggest these complaints. Fucking, these fucking, these mainstream. This is a common theme nowadays. And we'll talk about this later in the show. Yeah. With comic relief to the point where it's like, I'm not watching. I mean, it's not that bad in The Nun. There's just a little bit. But, you know. I'm not going to lie. I, like, I laughed at first com- when they first met him. And, like, they go to sit their luggage on the cart. Or, or the car or whatever and it pulls away because he has like this horse buggy thing or whatever like that was funny because it was like early enough and and i'm fine with that but mm. it just got too much later on in the movie yeah, yeah. but wh- let me talk about this story real quick about what i liked about it so the story is simple but there's a little bit more i think there's more complex things to it going on than people realize like i like that the war you know, created this, that World War II. Yeah, but too bad they fucking drop a bomb and it doesn't fuck up the church. It fucks up just that, the one point. That's the what one I said, too. Piece of the church. No, it didn't. Well, yeah, I mean, there's a big asshole in it. Yeah, but it didn't I mean, fucking collapse the building, bro. That thing is gigantic, bro. We don't even know what kind of bomb it was. It could have been just like a little missile. Well, that's you know what, what I mean? that's what reopened. That's what reopened the gate. Yeah, reopened. But yeah. I like that it's something. It's the atrocities of war. That that yeah. re that yeah, you I know un, unintentionally caused almost the destruction of the entire world in a different way. I like that, and I feel like this film has. I actually felt like okay, whatever this whatever's down here could actually be 
really bad. Like it's up to them to stop it. I actually did get a feeling of like this needs to stay locked up because you have when the originally it wasn't a, a, a religious place at first. It was a place of evil and, and devil worshiping and this person in black magic and they were conjuring up this thing. But these uh, Catholic knights came in and shut it down with the blood of Jesus, which, yeah, it's demon knight. But I like that. I thought it was <laughs> cool. It's <laughs> demon knight, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, the first thing I thought, I was like, oh, demon knight. Yeah. But I liked it. I liked it in demon knight. I like it in this. It's cool. It it makes sense, right? What's the most powerful thing ever if you're religious, right? But the blood of fucking Jesus. It, if you tell me that's going to stop some demons, I'd be like, probably fucking would. You know what I mean? Like that. If there's I one thing that's How the stop fuck Jesus, do they have the blood of I Jesus? Just, I just had a, just, I, I had a minor problem with the blood. I was like, okay. Is the blood of Jesus? It's still around after like yeah. you know how many million? Yeah, because it's been guarded by the fucking elite of. Don't the you elite. think it would have fucking evaporated or something? <laughs> no, because it's fucking Jesus' blood. Well, it's fucking well, magic. See, that that, was the, that Jesus, was the only explanation so. I could come up with too. I was like, it's not drying up because it's <laughs> Jesus' blood. I'm like, okay, I'm. Oh yeah, that. it's Jesus. But I'm blood. like, just but blood I'm don't like, dry still, up. Still, but I'm like, still, man. I'm like, Christ. I, I brought this up to. I brought this up, and I was like, man. I'm like, we know that blood fucking dries up, man. You know, like, yeah, the but fucking... we know that Jesus created fucking turned water into wine and shit, dude. So, you know, <laughs> if you believe, yeah, he has if magic you believe in powers. that shit, if you believe in well, that shit. in but... the context of this film, it's real. You yeah. see it, right? You see the fucking demons and stuff. It doesn't matter if you believe in it in real life. That's one thing I always hate about people. They're like, exorcist isn't scary because I don't believe in God. And I'm like, but in the movie, it's real. So it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? I don't well, believe Jesus, Jesus was nothing but a Jew. So. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, um, if you could turn I'm not religious it, either. I'm not religious at all, at all. But in this movie, I believe in it because it's fucking it's showing me. You know mm. what I mean? So, uh, and I like that these they they shut it down, and the only way to keep it shut shut down was to constantly pray, constantly pray ever since it's been open, yeah. and the the cycle messed up, and then the. Uh, you know the the reason that the nun committed suicide there's more story here than people i'm reading these reviews online i'm like these people are acting like it's fucking no story at all there, there's story here there's the and the twist with like everybody being you know what like when when, when she finds that out and it's kind of cool because i didn't realize it was the same character early on either but i thought it was, I was like that lady looks like the chick from the beginning you know and i was like oh that's cool that makes sense why yeah. that would happen um, but most of all, dude, the atmosphere fucking killed it for me. Like I absolutely like killed it in a good way. Like it, it just got me. I was like, dude, I loved it. I just felt the evil presence throughout the movie. And, and that's what I liked most about it. The nun just felt like, oh, this bitch is cold hearted evil. You know what I mean? And, and seeing the way that the nuns, um, and the church and the crosses and everything, like, like to see it, you know, defaced that way. That's that's where it was working. It was. Like, I don't get it. I mean, I, I just I feel. I just feel. I mean, when I look at the storyline in this film, and that was one of the biggest problems I had with it too. I was like, okay, and you're right. Everything doesn't have to be a complicated story. You're right, but when you're doing a prequel to a story, it's nice to have an interesting story involved in prequel. If this was just a standalone film, I'd be like, okay, whatever. It's a simple fucking but it story. More or less is though, right? Because the but only thing that it's it's just mentioned in the Conjuring too. But that's the you know point. that she has visions of this thing that she dealt with, yeah. and we find out why. Mm-hmm. But that, but their I mean, explanation for why isn't that intriguing? I think me and Jeremy are on the same page in that. I, I just feel like it's too basic. Care. It's too basic and too simple. And I, I I'm not gonna lie, I literally laughed out loud. Is the Exorcist not basic? 
But it, it's it's also a standalone film. It's not it's not a prequel to something bigger. But this come on, this is a hundred percent a standalone film. It's not that it has one tie-in. It's a spinoff. It has one tie-in. A character dreamt of this. You know what I mean? Just like Annabelle. But this, but this story is. But it's still leading into something. That's that's still my point. It's leading into like I don't understand what what more, more could it lead into. I don't. It's not you know what, what I mean? it's leading into. I just. I just want the story to be more interesting and something a little bit more original. I mean, I'm not going mean, to lie, dude. But I when they when they said that's a fair complaint if you if you don't find it original or don't. interesting. I did. That's why I liked it. I understand it, that it's I not. I mean, gonna dude, we've seen this story a million times. You know, some somebody involved in black magic did some bad shit, unleashed some evil, and I I like the fact that the the way they controlled this. But have we this, seen it with a fucking nun? That's scary, though. Well, no. fuck the nun. But anyways, the I like I like the fact fuck that you know they had to pray, you know, keep this constant pray and shit like that. That's kind of a she cool idea. She wasn't even a major character in because the fucking it Conjuring shows too. how much how much yeah how I know real that's this why it's a spin off and not the Conjuring three. I'd rather see a crooked man. So it shows how how which is another. I know how it's coming. Brutal and real this evil is to them. I mean, they have to actually guard this thing for centuries. Like what fucking like a whole fucking I don't know. A long yeah, motherfucking time. Whatever. But then it literally made me laugh out loud when they said the gate got reopened by the bombs of World War Two. I was like, that's what they came out. I mean, that I mean, I get it. But yeah, why but not? Why not? I'm not saying that's, 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 I'm not the saying they can't do listen, that. It's not it just only silly a physical bomb that did it. It's the atrocities of war. It's the evilness that's happening in the war. Like a lot of people didn't realize that it's not just a physical bomb that opened it. Yeah, you know what but I mean? that's but that's also your interpretation of it too. I don't. Do you know that for a fact that these guys, this is what they were going for? We're trying to we're trying to do a, you know, I mean, a dual meaning no, here with the bomb. I, I I don't. I think that because if they I think are, that that's, all movie is is up for your all movies are up for your interpretation. Of course, of course, I, it makes sense to me. I mean, you know I, what I mean. I don't th- see why it wouldn't make sense. I mean, there's nothing wrong with reading into it like that. I think it's reading into it a little bit too much. But I mean, if really? you take it for face value as bombs just reopening, I was like, that's the best they could come up with. I'm like, fuck. I, like, I actually chuckled out loud, and I, I was kind of disappointed. I actually laughed out loud at a part that wasn't supposed to be funny at all. And and that, that well, was just kind of what like what like, like it yeah, doesn't matter what I wanted cooler? to do. But I'm not I'm not the writer of these things, man. But it's just I don't know. It seems silly to me. It just yeah. But I'm, seems I'm silly giving you a, a a reason why it could be deeper than that, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean that's that's fine. I mean you can interpret any way you that you want to interpret it. I mean mm-hmm. I personally don't think that they were going for that larger effect. You know the the effects of war and shit like that at all. But who knows? I mean I still feel like there's another film after this now. Maybe they're gonna elaborate on on your thoughts i don't know but yeah i mean it it's it's you know they they talk about the the nun how it's that's not the demon you know it's just it's just what it's you know showing to you one thing that i would have represented out of this film the representation yeah. of evil yeah 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 to the person that because it's you know it pl- plays on their you know what they know and fears and stuff exactly. the one thing i didn't like is the exorcist kid um the kid that the what the preacher yeah, was so- seeing I didn't like that so much because I, I just felt like it was unneeded. You know what I mean? The nun's scary enough. This little CGI boy isn't isn't that scary. CGI boy. Um, and one scene that I absolutely hated, like hated it, is when the dude 
the the French dude comes in and axes that nun in the freezer. Mm-hmm. And the yeah. music cue that plays during it, like this heroic, like it sounds so cheesy. And on top of that, <laughs> yeah. I don't like being able to like bringing a physical weapon to destroy this like metaphysical nun just kind of took me out. Like it just felt like it crossed the rules too much. You know what I mean? It's just like, oh, you killed it with an axe. Cool. Like, yeah, like, yeah. That seems like. Yeah, Evil we talked about that. die from an axe like ta- that, you know what I mean? I, I had a problem with that, too. We actually talked about that same thing. I was like, okay. Actually, I mean, more or less, a lot of the end scene, I wasn't really a, a huge fan of. I, I don't know. I thought that when they had the chick, like, bent over, like, leaning it forward, and, like, the, like, like the, the when the nun possessed her, I thought that was pretty scary, honestly. Um, but I, I totally get why people don't like this movie. I mean... It's you either feel it or you don't, you know, it's either effective on you or it isn't. Mm -hmm. I I, I don't think that anybody's going to argue that it was filmed bad. I think everybody thinks that it was gorgeous. So it it really comes down to is the story effective on you personally? And you guys, it didn't have that impact. Me, it had that impact. So I and, and other people reviewing it, a lot of people are coming in in the same way. The story wasn't there for them or whatever. So totally get that. To- totally, I think a totally. lot of people are in the same mind frame as myself, too. I think when you're watching a prequel, you're looking for, you know, it doesn't See, have I to never, be the most complicated thing. It's just an extensive story. Crazy. and But an original thing, like just come up with something where it's like, damn, dude, that's actually pretty fucking cool, man. Like, wow. Uh, I didn't say that. I once. 100% disagree on that point. I just think that I never looked at this movie like a prequel. I literally looked at it as its own thing. I never really went into it. But it is a prequel, though. No matter how you interpreted the film. In the timeline, it's a prequel, prequel. but it's not a prequel to a story, though. It's just just telling telling the story of the nun. It's the prequel to the nun from Conjuring 2. Yeah, but all that it, it's a it's a side story, you know. It has nothing but to do still, with the Conjuring, other than. But still, what if you have a character or like the nun that's been introduced, and then you tell a story, you know, the backstory of it. And it, I mean, it's a prequel. It, it essentially mm-hmm. is, and it's just. But, but you're telling the backstory of a painting. You know what I mean? Like it's not yeah. a backstory to the Conjuring. Mm-hmm. It's a backstory to a painting that this woman keeps painting and doesn't know why. Yeah. But that's where you know, it should, and that's, they tie it into but that's that what film, I'm saying. but it's its own story. Yeah, it is. It is, in a sense. So, but still, I don't what, think that it's a, a real prequel. Like a prequel to it, me, it is a is prequel. Take, though. I mean, there's a reason a, for her. The a, only reason it's a prequel is because it takes place before. It has nothing to do with that conjuring's. Has nothing to do with the conjuring, really. No, you know what I mean. It it really doesn't. It has nothing. It's not a prequel to the conjuring. It's a prequel to. <laughs> The fucking nun, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> the brief nun thing, but it, it's, I mean, I don't know. Like, but I just, but that's where like it's so intriguing, though. Pre- it's like this little part of this film, you know, this whole nun thing, and you go make a movie about the nun and shit. Just come up with, like, I mean, these type of stories have been so done so many times and shit. And this is what I'm talking about with a lot of these type of films. It's like, man, I've really never seen a demonic nun movie, honestly, dude. I'm just talking about how the. It doesn't have to be a nun. I'm just talking about how the evil was unleashed. I mean, the bombs in World War II, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't think I've ever heard of that before reopening a gate to hell. <laughs> but, I mean... Well, maybe Overlord in six weeks will tell us the answer. <laughs> I mean, honestly, dude, I don't know how you make an original demonic film nowadays. That It's been done to death. I think adding the nun was its bit of originality, you know, to kind of set it 
set the main villain thing. Like Insidious, it's Insidious is basic, you know, it's just demon shit. It all that's all it is, but I I I, I agree that it's played out. It's been done over and over again, but I don't have the answers to make an original one really, man. I haven't seen an original one in a long ass time. And I'm okay with that. You know, I get what you're saying that you would like it to be more original. I feel you on that. Um, but do you mean Torture Chamber isn't original? No, it wasn't. <laughs> anyway, why you hated uh, on the Torture Chamber? I never what? watched it. I was so just gonna say, what the fuck you laughing at? You never watched that shit, anyways, man. <laughs> but anyway, uh, let's let's get into ratings on this one. Uh, I'll go first. Clearly, I like this movie a lot. Uh, it it definitely is a top ten contender for me. Um, I liked it more than Annabelle two, but I do think Annabelle two was actually more effective, scary wise. I just love the subject matter of this one. It it had that that evilness that I was just I was just really it really affected me. I was like, this is cool stuff, man. Like it, the the opening scene with the suicide. Something about that just gets under my skin, like a nun committing suicide. It just seems so wrong. You know, it's the ultimate sin. They talk about it in the movie. Works on me. Um, I'm coming in at 8.5 out of 10 on The Nun. Six out of 10. Well, I'm like right in the middle. I mean, I give it a lot of praise because I'm a really big fan of when filmmakers are inspired by some of my favorite filmmakers and kind of showcase that in, in in a decent way atmospheric wise this film was on par with a lot of th- I, I was that was the coolest thing about the film for me man it was just the visuals it was fantastic really cool man blatant Fulci shout outs i mean fuck i'm not gonna get away from that man that's it's so funny because moods kept bringing up the the Fulci shout outs and he's like what nobody's nobody's commenting on the Fulci thing <laughs> like but literally i haven't seen anybody talk about it but you you know Oh, yeah, Rob fucking watched it, and he was like, dude, that fucking scene was just insane. Same okay, with- so Rob did too. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, I agree with you that it's there and stuff. It's just you're the only person that noticed it, it seemed like, because I didn't notice it well, until even, you pointed it out. <laughs> even right when it happened, I, I, I fucking leaned over to Dylan. I was like, that Fulci, and he had, you could tell like, he was confused too. And after yeah. I was like, dude, City Lady I know what you were talking about I was about like, the scene afterwards. in the graveyard. And he's like, oh, fuck. He's like, I totally didn't catch what you were saying. He was like, that was totally taken from that movie. Yeah. That the was a good scene. eye on you, though, because I didn't, I didn't notice it either. Yeah. Just the whole graveyard thing. And it was just a lot of really good imagery and atmosphere. And I didn't mind the jump scares. I mean, I found myself in trying to anticipate them. It never made me jump at all. I mean, i just seen so many of these movies. Jeremy, mm-hmm. you said that you jumped like five or six times watching the trailer. Did you yeah. happen to jump while watching the movie? No, because the one scene that made me jump at the trailer, I finally figured out what, when it was going to happen. <laughs> yeah, I know the scene where she's walking up the hallway and then all of a sudden yeah. it comes out of the side. I hate that. Because <laughs> you're watching the gun behind her, right? Trailer. Yeah. I jumped every time I watched the trailer. It's like, I know where it is this time, that <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was enough for me to like the film. I didn't love it. I didn't love it, um, but you know I'll rewatch it though. I'll definitely give it a give it a higher rating than average Bell too. So seven out of ten. I I, I did enjoy it. You know I'm a, I'm a big fan of satanic films and nun films and shit. And but it was really cool to see one hit like a big screen like that. You know, like mainstream, like because we know nun exploitation, right? But like I, it's just cool yeah. that. 
it seemed like it seemed like there I would almost be more blowback, right? Like more religious freaks like mad that they're, you know, having a demonic nun on on the you know posters and stuff. Surprised I didn't see any of that, you know. That's a good point. That's a good point because usually when a film like this is, you know, in my case, getting buzz, you know, mm-hmm. the wrong people in our case, you know, they usually get a, they get on board with it and uh, start, you know, stirring up some shit. So you're right though. I'm I'm really fucking surprised that more backlash didn't come from this. Mm-hmm. And it, it had a great tie into the other films, like at the end. I'll say that. It's like really impressive. It's not bad. It's, it. it's, it's not bad. It is pretty good. Yeah, yeah I will give it that. So, that's, all right. That's the nun. That's the nun. And now our feature presentation. Oh yeah, getting into the featured reviews here on episode one hundred and forty. This is not a Patreon show. No, this is actually <laughs> our last ever planned franchise show last yep. ever on planned? patreon well not i mean we'll do the friday show and the elm street show but yeah. i mean like the the regular like side ones um are now like you know we're patreon gonna let only. the patreon dictate them because i mean we've covered so many franchises now and mm-hmm. you know we're just gonna let we're just gonna take the time to do smaller shows until you know people pick the bigger ones but that option is added now on the Patreon, there's there's a handful of franchises on there you could choose from. But yeah, but we picked this one just because uh, the new one was coming out, and that's how we used to do it. Yeah. So yeah, we probably would not have been doing this franchise, I guess, trilogy at the time if there wasn't a new one. Yeah. There's no. just no way that we we're you know. And doing yes, this before one. you ask, we're going to do Alien First Predators later on. Yeah. As a bookend. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, this is kind of one alien. through four, you know. Originally, we were going to add the Alien versus Predators with this, but Jeremy suggested that we do them separately, and I was like, you know what? Yeah, I think that's actually a good idea. Yeah. That'll be a bookend. Mm-hmm. All right. First up in the Predator franchise from 1987, simply titled Predator, directed by John McTierman, and this guy's actually directed... Uh, he... <laughs> Started off with Nomads in 1986. Directed this in 87. God. He is responsible for... How the hell did he get Predator with Arnold Schwarzenegger after directing Nomads? No shit, right? I know. I was kind of <laughs> laughed about that. But then he went on to direct one of the... One of my favorite action movies of all time in Die Hard. Um, oh, hell yeah. Die Hard's awesome. He also directed The Hunt for Red October, which is a great film. Medicine Man. Last Action Hero. Die Hard with a Vengeance, man. 13th Warrior. <laughs> The but Thomas- how could you forget about Rollerball from 2002? Yep. Well, yeah. The Thomas Crown Affair, which is a remake, and Rollerball, I believe, is another remake. What a shit film that is. And then he <laughs> directed Basic. So all movies that you know people should know. I don't know what he's doing nowadays. That was in 2003. But he's got uh, quite the filmography there. Some films that we know. Synopsis. Do we need one? Yes. A team Wait, of commandos. A, story? <laughs> a team of commandos on a mission in Central america jungle find themselves hunted by an extraterrestrial warrior that is so you know what's funny about this is i to this fucking day i still don't know what the hell they're in the jungle for like you know it's just one of those missions where it's like this doesn't matter it's like just trying to rescue army guys stuff just trying to rescue (laughs) 
somebody. Well, I think, right? yeah, no, because get... they don't even know that those other people are there at first. You know? Well, the they only person out. that does is Carl Weathers. He kind of, he kind of, yeah, Dylan. He kind of duped Dylan. Schwarzenegger's character Dutch into taking up this thing because there's they've gotten whiff that these people that they've been following, these terrorists, essentially, we'll just call them terrorists, kind of thing, are hiding out in this jungle, but he. He knows that Schwarzenegger's kind of hanging it up at this point, or Dutch's character is kind of done mm-hmm. with this shit. So the only way to get him into the jungle is to tell him that it's a special operation to catch or to go and you know get the uh, two Marines, right? Yeah, you know like to that. go rescue some you know fallen soldiers. And he, that's his way of getting him in there. Of course, he learns later See, on. I didn't that even he's like, that. he's I, like, uh, what the fuck's going on here, man? And then we get this awesome ass action scene where Schwarzenegger blows the shit up. At this oh, it's movie. amazing! It's Commando, just it's fucking like, everything. It's this fucking amazing ass scene, man. It's yeah. it's so eighties action, but just so yeah. brilliantly done. And it's just they don't make action movies like they, they used really, to. Like, dude, they were blowing the shit out of that fucking jungle, man. They really yeah. were. Like, that's all real shit. It's crazy. Yeah, um, so this film like is sort of dust till dawny where it's like if you didn't if you just flipped it on and watched the first like twenty minutes of it, you would have no clue that it was like sci fi or horror. You know what I mean? Yeah. Horror. It definitely is horror, dude. I don't know why people say that. It, it's like once that once they cut past the the scene the assault scene on the um terrorists, yeah. it's pretty much all horror in my opinion. Like I don't know where where it's action at at that point just because they're shooting guns i guess yeah i I would assume dave would hate this movie wouldn't he a lot of gun action. i bet he probably has never seen it (laughs) a lot of of gun action he's never seen die hard i know that he mentioned that recently holy fucking i've never seen die hard that's insane so he is like through and through horror man so this movie has a really cool cast, man. I mean, it's so fucking 80s, man. We got Arnold Schwarzenegger, got Carl Weathers, of course. He plays Apollo Creed in the Rocky films. Um, I've met him. He still looks like that. Yeah, he still <laughs> looks like he could fucking kick still, your ass. Still buffed and shit. Yeah. Oh, dude, when I first saw him when I was on Chicago Justice and he walked in on the first day, I was like, holy shit. That dude could kick anybody's ass still. He was fucking built like a fucking refrigerator, dude. He was... He's fucking muscular, dude. Yeah, man. We got Bill Duke in this film. Um, dude, one- this guy's skin tone is so dark. Yeah, he's one of those guys that, like, you know, he shows up in so many movies and probably nobody knows his name. But yeah, yeah Bill Duke, yeah, man. I, I didn't know his name. He's awesome. We got Jesse Ventura. And, you know, that's the funny thing about this movie is that this movie housed two future governors. governors. <laughs> yep. And at the time, Ventura was still in the WWF at the time of this. And it's just yeah, he's fucking funny as shit in this movie. He's like the best character. <laughs> yeah, and which I—that's actually one of the biggest complaints of this movie I have is that they they wasted his the potential with that character by killing him <laughs> off so early. <laughs> yeah, they really do it. I don't know why he was like the first one to die. It's kind of stupid, but we got other characters like you know Sonny Lanham, um, Richard Chavez. Like these are guys that you see in a lot yeah. of movies. You know, you just recognize their faces and shit, man. And that's yeah. one thing I love about this movie is that every character so, in this Sonny's one, pretty cool. He's like a big Native American looking dude. Yeah. 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 Uh, I think he actually died last year too in real life. But um, yeah, I think he recently did. But it's just one of those casts where everybody is memorable. You just you just remember mm-hmm. them and like all these characters. It's fun. And that's, yep. you know, that's a big part of an action film too. When you have these, this kind of bond with all these characters and shit. And it sets it up real nice. And 
you know, this one doesn't fuck around at all. We have this opening scene where Dylan and Dutch... <laughs> what is he? Dylan, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Arnold's fucking cracks <laughs> in. I just put love it. With his big fucking cigar yeah. in his mouth. Giant-ass oh, biceps, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fucking funny, man. So anyways, we don't know at the time, but Dylan is duping Dutch to get into this jungle. And... uh yeah, man, they don't fuck around in this, man. It's like 10 minutes in the movie and the the shit starts hit, starts going down. You know, it's mm-hmm. straight up action. Great pacing in this movie. I just have no complaints on, on that level, man. Yeah, you, all have the a, characters. you have a great, yeah. like, yeah, it's a popcorn movie. It you really have, is. You have a great opening helicopter ride where you're kind of getting to know each of the characters a little bit. Which is, like you have which, the silent, uh, it's a fantastic know, really, scene. And you have uh, Blaine, who obviously is like a smart ass, like in your spits, face, macho spits, ass dude. Spits, yeah. spit on your shoes. Yeah. He he gets some like red man shoe, and he's like, hand it. He's like trying to give it to everybody. He's like, his line. He says like, you want this? This will make you a goddamn sexual tyrannosaurus or something. <laughs> I'm just like this guy is want like straight fucking. I do alpha male shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> I love that whole scene where they're flying into the jungle. It feels like they're flying into Vietnam. The music that's playing. It does. Just, it's Music's great. great. The, the dark tone lighting yeah. is awesome. Yeah. Love it. It's good stuff. Yeah, it really is, man. Um, something I learned actually from looking at the credits here was the pilot in that scene. I think they show him briefly, but he's the guy that plays the predator. Kind of crazy. Mm. You mean before it was a uh, fucking Claude Van Damme before he got fired? Yeah, I guess. So this guy right here, Kevin Peter Hall, who actually died very, very young at the age of 35 in like 91. It was supposed to be Fom Dom. That's crazy. Why Why would they yeah. have him playing? Because he was already I don't know, a but he star got at that time. For some reason. In 80s. Why, why would you want to take that role when he was already a semi-star? Yeah, that's kind of maybe, maybe they thought they were going to need like somebody who can move. I don't know, because there's plenty of stuntmen who didn't weren't like screen used well like, maybe uh, maybe they planned on having the predator as like a fucking kung fu artist martial yeah. Arts and shit. yeah so yeah then they get there they get they're walking through the jungle and shit and that's where we see um one of the one of the first predator trademarks which is like how they dispose of their victims yeah. um and they hang them upside down skinned alive from trees i thought the uh, effects on that looked fucking great, dude. Yeah, yeah, they do. They look, it's creepy, it's just dude. Mean. Like it's I remember mean. as a kid, that scaring me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, so then they go into into the, you know, a firefight, and that's like your biggest action moment of the film. It's just it's nonstop firefight, and you know, Explosions. is that this part where he gets shot and they're like, he's like, you're bleeding. He's like, I ain't got time yeah. to bleed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is. <laughs> <laughs> see again that that proves my point man they wasted his character they could have had so many good lines like that but but that's uh, the thing about him though that it, all these characters is they make them be these tough ass macho guys right looking at you know warfare and and you get the idea that these are the best of the best these commando type guys yeah mm-hmm. and like this team that Arnold has put together is from years of like working with these guys and this, th- he pulled all these people for their different reasons. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, when shit hits the fan, they don't seem tough and badass at all. When the, when the act, not when shit hits the fan in the firefight with the, the people, but when the predator shows up and that's what I like about this one. 
is 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 now they seem like like helpless. Well, no. Well, they are helpless. They they pretty much are because they don't you know they usually know what they're dealing with. In this case, they have absolutely no idea, yeah. and yeah. they also can't see it to a point, right? I think the predator is is a genius concept with yeah. the uh, not not only all the attributes that he has, but the the reason. And they explore it further in part two, but the reason they're doing this... Yeah, they don't, the even, reason... they don't even explain it, actually, in this film at all. There's no explanation whatsoever. Yeah, I guess... Nothing's explained in this movie. No, they actually don't. We, we, all we know in this movie is that there is an alien that's killing them. And you we barely learn, see it. You we see learn it for maybe seven minutes. See, all, for all we know in this movie... Is that the alien could be killing because he's predator? He's just uh, yeah, he's predatorial. You know, it's they're in in his backyard, in his house and shit, and he just feels threatened, like any animal, right? Is, you know, you come is across there really no lines of dialogue about him being a hunter or anything. No, because nobody wow, knew anything about weird. this. Like nobody knew. Yeah, nobody anything, knew what it was. Anything, but they they actually tell you See, that, in like one line so of dialogue in the second one. That I always knew this, yet I never fucking seen part two. Why is that? I don't know, but I've always known what the predator was and did it's like a, like it's all about hunting for sport. Like I, I, that's crazy that there's no dialogue. See now the the name, the name predator and they do it. They actually make jokes about this in the new one, which we've probably Mm -hmm. all thought about as you're watching the films. See, in this film, it makes sense predator because we don't know that the alien is hunting strictly for game, you know? Yeah. It's a, it's a fucking game to the alien, and which is a really fucked up concept, right? He's using the human race as their fucking hunting grounds. That's insane. Um, so in this movie, it actually does make sense to call it Predator because we don't know what he's doing. We just feel okay. like he is literally a predator, and you it's know so he's funny. territorial you know, on because they're in his backyard, and it just feels like that's what we're watching. We're feeling that this thing is being threatened, and he's killing because he needs to. I think that it's so interesting that you didn't know that until the sequel that yeah. about the the you know how it's a it's for sport and stuff yet it still feels like that to me. It's because they have imagery within the film like I mean obviously with the body strung up and skinned and shit but you do see in certain scenes where you know there's the skulls kind of propped up and there's you know there's bones and it almost seems like the this, writers had to have known that that's what they were, even though they didn't put the like. Yeah. I, I feel like they yeah. probably had this whole backstory. Maybe they had a design. conflict with the name. They're like, "Well, we named this thing fucking Predator," but you know, people are going to catch on to that because if they're killing for sport, that means they're not a predator. <laughs> you know? They're a hunter. Like, they're a fucking hunter, right? Predators kill to, to survive, and and they literally talk about that in the new one, which I'm glad they finally brought that up because everybody knows that. Yeah, you know, so. Um, so that's kind of interesting. So, yeah, that's kind of interesting. But yeah. it, the, the, the design, the look, the um, you know every the everything <sighs> that it does, the cloaking device, uh, the way that it, the myth of the all the mythology that they set up in this one, the mask, it's all really interesting. It's so original. It, it is, really it is, is cool. You know, hunting, very original. Creation. Hunting by infrared. And shit, yeah. heat and stuff, and 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 sound, and and just things like that. It's, those are cool the, elements. The shoulder, the shoulder gun. That I that, just always think with the shoulder gun from the South Park episode. That cemetery meets predator. Don't want to go down that road. The fucking butters goes down but, that dude, road. Dude, dude, yeah. don't ever say that again. We know that it's rod. What? Rod. 
Oh, you don't want to go down that rod. <laughs> yeah, he said, weird. "Come on." Oh, Evil Barry. A lot of history that down that. But rod. I think that honestly, like when I when I watch this movie way way back, I'm, I've seen this movie lots of times. You know, um, you just didn't. I love the feel that you're watching this film. You're like, to myself, I didn't realize. I just thought that, you know, they're fucking just being killed off, you know, kind of thing. You don't think anything further into it. I don't know. You said you did, JP? See, I always did. Always. I've always but I've had that mythology in my head. In this movie, I just... You always knew that there was a lack of story. It's just like, dude, there's a fucking alien in this in this Amazon forest, and it's killing these people because, you know, he's protecting his territory kind of thing. I was completely fine with that because it's an action movie. I never movie. thought of it that way. We ne- I don't know why. If I read comics or yeah, something, I don't know. I've never thought of it as just like that's their territory, his territory. I always thought that. I always thought that they were. He was picking them off, like hunting them. I, maybe it's because like the imagery of the, you know, thing hung, the bodies hung upside down, or, or what. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But I always like they kept this thing so simple. Put it in there that you haven't read anything. This is where a simple storyline, a simple storyline really does work because it's an action film first and foremost, you know, and they got the horn sci-fi mixed in there, but you don't need an explanation at this point, you know, Mm -hmm. it just kind of works. It it adds to it. Action film thing though. Right. Yeah. I, I never got that. This was an, uh, like the beginning. Yeah. It's the beginning is, is pure action, but where is the action in the rest of the film? Well, I mean, if you count all the booby traps at the end, and I wanted to ask yeah, you the, about like that. The but ending, but does, 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 you know, Last House on the Left has booby traps. Fucking mm-hmm. Nightmare on Elm Street has booby traps. You know how I you always know, talk about, like, hey, you're not a big fan action. of booby traps? Do you, do you like the whole, because there, I mean, it gets to the point where, like, he's booby trapping the motherfucking whole entire Amazon there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm actually not a big fan of booby traps. Like, I think they, they're way, booby I trap. watch a lot of survival shows. Yeah. Those motherfuckers look a lot harder to set up than what they're capable of doing, you know, like in that short amount of time. Well, when he's lifting up, like, half that tree with the ropes and shit, that, that looked fucking heavy as shit. And you can tell he's yeah, really doing right. that, too. Oh, it's yeah, like, he's really doing damn, that. Damn, Schwarzenegger was one tough motherfucker, man. Yeah. <laughs> that looked painful to do. Yeah, but. Real but, painful. Yeah, besides the booby traps, which are in horror films all the time. Yeah. I mean, where is the action at? Is it because they're shooting guns? I would assume so. I mean, most people would probably associate horror films with guns. Because I think action, like, people, like, you know, running and gunning and fucking beating people up and fucking, you know, jumping from helicopters and shit. Like, I don't know. Guns and explosions. And I think the simple fact that Schwarzenegger's in it, I mean, he's the hugest (laughs) action star at the time. It's like, but you have to admit, like, that scene where they take out those terrorists and shit. That is that can't get any like, more action, action than that. Gets, yeah. <laughs> I actually don't even like that scene, honestly. Man, oh, it's really? so entertaining. That's the most because entertaining scene. They're oh, just so walking good. around. Like nobody like this is the biggest problem I always have with action movies. Is no, nobody looks like they're trying to shoot them. It just cuts to a guy getting shot. That's all it is over and over again. Yeah. It cuts to a guy and I'm like, if that guy was standing over there for that long since his firefights been happening, wouldn't he have shot them by now? You know what I mean? It's just I just I love the fact that like <laughs> that Dutch just kind of walks in there and changes the whole plan. He's like, "Fuck this shit, man! I'm lifting up this truck that's hooked up to this pulley system, yeah. and I'm gonna like, fuck shit up right now." <laughs> he 
like, just creates havoc in him that he knows he can lift a truck, right? Yeah. Like, because I'd be like, even but if I, I thought that I could, I'd be like, I don't. What if I can't lift it? What's gonna happen then? I love fucking Governator, bro. See, I love that about the eighties because they utilized what Schwarzenegger, what why he was a star because he yeah. was fucking yeah. strong, and they literally have a scene where he's lifting a truck. Yeah. <laughs> you can't get any any better than that. That's amazing. But Arnold's so likable, man. He really is. Like, I, I he's one of those action stars that I've like. Dude, some people I see like, um, do you think Steven that- Seagal and Jean Claude Van Damme? I'm like, why are people? Why do people even like these guys? But Van Damme like, is the Sylvester most unlikable. Stallone, Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger are so likable to me. Fucking mm. Commando's awesome. Yeah, Commando's a great movie, man. I think a lot of but, it has to do with yeah. Arnold's, you know, his accent and shit. It's it's pretty hard not to like that. It's pretty funny. Yeah, I, mean, I always wondered. fucking. Yeah, I always wondered, you know, with Arnold films, because in every film he always has these great one-liners. Like when he walks through the door and he's like, knock, knock. <laughs> he fucking takes him out. It's like, it's just so fucking simple, but it's so funny. Like, is he writing these one-liners or do they have a team of writers that just kind of follow him around and be like, this will be perfect for this fucking scene? You know, you know what's cool about this movie too I don't know. is they get the the weapon that they give each person like kind of defines who they are a little bit in a way. You know, like with the minigun and stuff. Uh, the, yeah, but it's like the that Jesse predator, the happens. predator too. The predator, yeah. The new one, yeah. Oh, that's one thing about these fucking movies, man. This is know. Predator, Predator Two, Predators, and the Predator. Yeah, Are stupid. you fucking with me? We're pluralizing. We're throwing fucking at, like it's like this the is, Fast and the Furious range. Now it's like mm-hmm. this is fuck. I, I, fucking stupid. Yeah. So um, yeah, it, it's a it's a prime example of a movie that that a lot of the movie is like watching characters be watched and like watching characters react to something that happens. Like somebody will die, and then you know. Like and then the, there's of course the finale with Arnold and the Predator itself. Yeah. Um, I, lo- I it's re- it's actually really good. Like the the whole end scene where he's like you know figuring out how to outsmart it. It it really feels like he's at such a disadvantage and slowly you know works his way through it. I've always liked that. Mm-hmm. Predator is a damn good movie, in my opinion. It really is, man. It's. It's fun. How, however you classify it as action, horror, sci-fi, whatever, all of the above. Even though yeah, you only I mean, see the Predator for about all of the above. eight minutes. Yeah, but that effect they do with the cloaking device, it still holds up. Yeah, yeah. It really does. And that's something I want to talk about, the effects in the film. For 1987, to do what they were doing with you know that, the cloaking device, I guess, the invisibility mm-hmm. and shit, and just, the way it trans- transfers itself in, in within the film is – it really does hold up. Like you're watching on a good ass transfer and shit. Like I don't know how it looked on 4K because Jeremy's, you know, he's the 4K guy here. But it looked amazing. The Blu-ray looks like shit. I have the Blu-ray that doesn't look like. No, shit. No, I, I actually, you know, it's funny. I have all these movies on Blu-ray, and I bought yeah. the Blu-ray three pack so I could have the good transfer of the first one. <laughs> it still looks like shit. I, I don't. No, even... it looked good. What? I thought it looked. I the thought Blu-ray? it looked pretty good. It looked really good. Yeah. It's, it's the new transfer I, of it. The Blu-ray.com has it at like a three or something, but I'm like, I don't know what the fuck they're talking oh, that's, about. Predator Two on Blu- it does look fucking ridiculously good. You should see it on 4K, bro. I was like, holy fuck! I'm like, this movie shouldn't look that good, man. It's crazy. But yeah. anyways, um, I don't remember. Ratings? The, yeah, I guess we can get into ratings. 
right. Uh, uh, I guess I'll continue with going first. Um, I really like this movie. It, I haven't hadn't seen this in probably 10, 10 years, but I used to watch it all the time growing up. Um, I love it, man. It's good stuff. It's simple, but it, it's so effective. And, and a lot of it is to do with the chemistry of all the characters. Um, Billy's cool. Fucking Jesse Ventura's cool. Arnold, of course, is cool. The Predator's mad cool. I love the way he looks. The face is so just bizarre. It looks like a vagina, kind of, but you know what I'm saying? Um, nine out of ten. Man, man. Oh, dude, one thing about this movie that, you know, rewatching it, it kind of surprised me. Some of the gore effects, man. Like, when fucking Max head explodes in this one. Oh, yeah, it's great. That's a fucking great scene, man. And when he gets his arm rip off, it looks fucking awesome. Yeah, dude, there's there's some really good effects in this shit, man. And, you know, I always thought that the Predator himself looks like a goddamn Rasta man. with the. It looks like he has dreads on his head and shit. Oh, he definitely has dreads, dude. Yeah. I love this. <laughs> it's, even, it's even more insane in part two yeah like in in well and it's kind of ironic too right because they're dealing with those like jamaican drug dealer or those drug dealers and all that shit and (laughs) it's like this like it looks like this rasta fucking alien comes in and it's kind of funny um but yeah when you see like a side shot of the The green blood like there's so much cool stuff about him dude yeah there really is man there's actually one really funny part here when when max character is actually shaving his face yeah, and something happens, and he he kind of cuts his face, or he's watching something happen. I think he's, I think he's seeing the cloaking device or something like that. I don't know, mm-hmm. but um, he cuts his face, and it kind of cuts back, and you can see the blood on his face like deplete clearly. <laughs> you know, it was just like the effect was so bad on Blu-ray. I was like, ah, that's fucking hilarious. And then it cuts <laughs> back, and there's a little bit of blood there, but like it was gone right away. Like you know when. You know when you when you water down something too much, it just kind of depletes itself. That's mm-hmm. exactly what happened on his face. Well, he at that was moment. sweating like a damn. It's just funny, but it happens so fast, right? They just didn't have the blood mix thick enough. It was kind of funny. Uh, but man, I love the Predator. Man, it's such a fun mil- film from top to bottom. I love I love the, the booby trap stuff, man. Great. So stuff. you do love the Predator then? The Predator. <laughs> okay, Predator. Fuck all these <laughs> stupid ass titles. It. it stupidest thing yeah no we kept saying like the new one or like the one before the new one like that's what we were talking about in chat that's because we would know right (laughs) (laughs) but uh, yeah i'm also at the exact same rating nine out of ten i think it's a fantastic film and fuck yeah yeah man you can't get any better in this cast too like everyone's so likable you know the predator's awesome the the setting's awesome you got explosions what 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 more can you ask for nothing Mm -hmm. it's good film Really good film. Give it an 8 out of 10. <clears throat> right. 8 out up. of 10? Seriously? 8 out of so 10. So hard. Okay. Okay, pussy face. It's your move. Shit happens. Alright, so, moving three years into the 90s, 1990, with Predator 2, directed by Stephen Hopkins. Yeah. What did this guy direct? Any canon films? <laughs> um, oh, shit, man. That's how I knew the name. He directed fucking Dream Child, Nightmare on Elm Street Part 5. 
I knew I recognized the name. Really? He also directed Judgment Night, Blown Away, which is an okay film. Um, nothing else I want to even mention for like years to come. So, <laughs> directed Dangerous right. Game, which is kind of so cool, what... but but yeah. So 1990. Uh, this one right here, of course, is not starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. This was, in my opinion, a little bit, little bit of a ballsy move, and I think it actually hurt the success of yeah, this movie. Yeah, because they couldn't the pay for it. They yeah. couldn't pay for him. Yeah, I mean, obviously, people back in the day are like, Predator 2 without Schwarzenegger? What the fuck? That's ridiculous. He survived, you know, kind of thing. But, yeah, this one here, of course, is starring uh, Danny Glover, who was a huge star at the time, you know, obviously from the Lethal Weapon films and, uh, you know, other films and shit. Um also has Gary Busey, which is really cool. We'll talk about him later on a little bit more, uh, more or less his son. Uh, it's got the late Bill Paxton in it, which is something I didn't remember going back into this movie. Yeah, like, that's yeah. what I said. I was like, oh, shit, Bill yeah. Paxton. I was like, yeah, fucking Bill Paxton. Totally plays the wise or the funny-ass cop. Cop, you know, his Bill, Rookie pa- cop. Bill, pa- Bill Paxton mm-hmm. style. But yeah, so Predator 2 admits... A territorial gang war in 1996. So this one takes 10 years after, but three years in real time. I don't know yeah. why they did this. I, I never understood why I they think did maybe it. they were kind of going to say that the look. Predator came back every 10 years or something. You know yeah. what I mean? And to make, make the, because if it's set in, like, they're trying to make crime seem like it got way worse. You know what I mean? Kind of like mm-hmm. Class 84 or in something. In the new you know Predator I mean? film, don't they say he comes back every... 10 is, years. Is, do they say 10 years or is it 20 years? It's every 10 years, but it's starting to happen more frequently. More frequently. Yeah. You know yeah, what's okay. weird, okay. though? All of these films are sequels just by the fact that they mention the first film. Yeah. Like, n- none of them are actually, like, have any continuity besides that. No. no. Like, you try to place them within a chronological order, and it's like they They're, all kind of can. fit into themselves. Yeah. So. Well, th- well this one is just. It's an it's a name drop only, right? Like yeah. there's nothing else that continues from the first film other than the mention of it. Yep, yeah, that's pretty much it, man. So, a territorial gang war in 1997. Sophisticated alien hunter stalks the citizens of Los Angeles, and the only man between him and his prey is veteran LAPD officer Lieutenant Mike Harrigan, who, of course, is Danny Glover. Man, yeah. this movie has the coolest fucking aesthetic. It's like Death Wish 3 meets a Predator. You know what? I 100% agree with you on that, too. And that's something I was watching. I was thinking, I'm like... The movie is not good, but it's just... It has charm. I, I was chatting with Mike Merriman and uh, Luis in, in our MMA chat about this. Yeah. And um, I was like, man, this, this movie... Like, something about, like, early 90s LA is, like awesome like 70s and 80s new york you know what i mean it's just like something about it is just dope and uh i i think that this movie gets a little boring in the middle but i think it like it saves it in the in the end like the the beginning's fun the middle's a little slow and then the end is that is really awesome because the climax of the film is like 50 minutes long it starts yeah. in the subway scene, and it's literally 50 minutes of nonstop fucking hunting down the Predator and action and shit. It's, it's a cop movie, you know? It, it really yeah. is. It really is, man. It has that total cop feel to it, like investigative type thing to it. Yeah, and it has like... A scene you know, it's funny because it's like it was in the jungle, and now it's like it, probably it's a tagline somewhere, but it's in the concrete jungle, you know? Yeah, now I mean? they, made, they made the Predator look more urban and yeah. more... 
Jamaican dread style. He doesn't really look that different from the first one, but yeah, I think it's more, they kind of changed his look a little bit. Yeah. To kind of fit that whole mold, but it makes sense, right? He goes, (laughs) the first scene where they're in this huge drug bus and this thing just walks in there and just fucking takes out everybody. It's like a totally amazing scene. Everyone's like, what the fuck just happened? Kind of thing. I think that's like the cool thing about the predator is it really does feel like it's, it's a badass like opponent like you're like holy shit like how am i gonna beat this thing mm-hmm. especially since you can't see it yeah like it it feels powerful but not overpowered either like like it does feel like there there's a way to defeat it but the fact that it has so many weapons and they actually introduced this the spinny disc thing in this one too yeah which is pretty cool but it has so much technology and it can like heal itself it has like all this stuff built into it that it could you know and it got the infrared and it's just dope that whole first aid kit thing that the predator has like what the fuck was he doing in the bathroom there like he was using concrete he was that was like gyp rock and shit and he was like burning the gyp rock (laughs) and he was like patching up his fucking wounds i was like what the fuck is going on but it's kind of cool that they show that because it just shows that they have the ability to do that they have so much technology in these things and it's like he can just go so many places with it. I think that's f- yeah. a fucking cool thing that they introduced into the film. I think the main thing with Predator 2 is that um, I completely lost my train of thought there. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, Predator, I, Predator 2 is like just uh, it's like it reminds you of just like Jeremy said, like there a canon a film or something. What? Uh-oh, retard alert. Oh, I yeah, that's what I was getting at. I think the main thing with Predator 2, I mean, it's... it's a Uh-oh, sense, retard alert! It, it, exactly. I think the main thing with Predator 2 that you take from it is that you learn what the Predator is doing. What the alien is actually... And it's awesome. Why I it's absolutely there. love the mythology that, that I guess is expanded upon or created in this film. Yeah. It, it's so. all... It, they're so prideful and they have this like... They they want a challenge. And what's cool about you know the Predator, Predator 1 and 2 is they're going to do... They're fine with a draw if they have to, like we've seen in, in Predator 1. They have respect. Yeah, they, but they're fine with a draw, but if you beat them, then you get, you know, it's a true sign of, like, you're one of us. You're a warrior. Yeah. You're a... Yeah. Uh, it's almost like a martial you. arts res- type Which respect. is weird, because, like, you see a xenomorph head in the fucking ship. Well, you see it in the trophy room. Yeah, in the ship. Meaning that they killed... That's the first tie-in with Alien, actually. Yeah, exactly. So you see the head of an Xenomorph, uh, meaning that the Predator has killed one of them bitches um, in the past. You see human skulls and some other crazy-ass skulls in there. 14 years later, you know, is that, yeah. the, is that the inspiration for doing the movies? Yep. You know, just the fact yep. that they simply put that in there. Well, they tied them into comics and games before the movies though. Oh, okay. um, they, well, I never played any of them. So I didn't know the, what they had done with the video games and the yeah, comics. But and that, stuff, so. This was the first universe thing that yeah. happened. Uh, shared universe, I guess. But yeah, it's, it's really dope because you get the sense that like, that is a long history of them killing 
more and more ba- they're in they're searching for an equal right somebody be my equal so that you know i have you know uh, an a, an opponent a worthy opponent mm-hmm. and that's why at the end of the film in this one when he does go. kill one of them you see all of them show up and you're like oh he's fucked but then they're not going to do anything because they're like you what well, you know, earn the respect right yeah yeah cuz it's and, simply a um, game yeah he gives them a gun. Do you guys know what that's about? It's like a 1,700. Seven, right? Yeah, it's it's showing the fact that they've been around doing Forever. this for that long. Yeah. Well, apparently the backstory was that that gun was from somebody else who had killed one of them. How the fuck are you supposed to know that? Well, I'm saying I read trivia. Like, I'm not saying that it's in the movie, but I'm saying... Is this like, something that they played upon in the comics and shit? Probably. Well, I think it was originally supposed to be expanded upon in the movie, but they just didn't. They didn't. It, it apparently was supposed to be an ancestor of Danny Glover's character um, who had killed. Oh, one that's of why I gave him the gun. See, that makes a lot I don't more know sense. If there's it, a name on it. If that name, like, I don't know what that name was. Maybe it was his last name or something. How the like fuck that. are you supposed to know that? But I figured well, something I don't think was you're up with that. To, because they took it out of the film. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, think, I figured that, you know, I figured something was there. You know, the yeah. reason why the gun was thrown to him and stuff. But, I mean, yeah, there's nothing expanded upon. So, I mean, it's a guessing game at that point. Well, it, I don't know. What did it say on the gun? Do you remember? I no. think it just had the year. Maybe it had a name. but no, I, I had it. It had, it had a name. name. Okay. It well, so it's, I don't, it's handwritten. It, was like it said seven, name 1715. 1715 yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm so if it was his last name, it would make sense that it was like an ancestor of his. But I don't, I don't know. I just my, actually my work friend told me that he if it did say Harrigan, from, I I don't know if it did or not. But isn't yeah. he black? Weren't they slaves in seventeen hundred? Why well, would a slave? Uh, weren't they slaves? <laughs> yeah. When did so when did they, they have a gun? Well, there was exceptions back in the day. There really was. I wouldn't know. So, I had to throw in something racist, you know? <laughs> yeah. What's up with the J- Jamaican voodoo shit? <laughs> <laughs> What's up with that? That's what makes movie? it feel like a canon film, right? <laughs> yeah, it kind of does. Canon. Actually, Ice yeah. Cube even sampled one of the pieces of dialogue in there from The Predator. Like, yeah. for his album, The Predator? Yeah. Um. But yeah, so they mentioned... I love Gary Busey, by the way. That motherfucker is great. Yeah, Gary Busey plays the what de agent and they yeah. they knew about this thing and that's something that's revealed in the film too they knew about the predator and they kind of give a well i mean I, I guess a minor little history and they explain that they this is what they're doing they're hunting for game and shit like that yeah so that's where we learned that which is kind of cool but my question was is how did they know yeah, why not it's a canon film but i don't think they ever it's not a canon film how the dea see the dea knew about this shit but failed to mention that these things might be coming back or to anybody and they're just kind of trying to yeah. hunt them down themselves and then we get the reveal that you know Busey's like fuck man this is what they're doing. Dude, they're fucking killing there people for is the game, dude. So We're in trouble. much trivia on IMDb for IMDb for this. This might be the most trivia I've ever seen. For we didn't a movie. even do trivia for the first one. No. <laughs> Jesus, dude. It, I'm telling you, it's like crazy. We're not going through it, but I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, I believe it. I believe it. Um, 
one thing about this I thought was super cheesy, man. Like, I, I, I like this movie. This movie is actually a lot better than I remembered it to be. I think it does fail itself a little bit in the middle. I think it's a little yeah. bit too drawn out in the middle. It does have a great climax, which is, you know, pretty much half the film and stuff. Um, but there's that stupid fucking thing, and I think it happened even in Die Hard. You know, one of the PG-13 Die Hards when he's like, yippee ki mother, and it cuts out. There's a scene in here when he's like, you're, a ugly, you're one ugly motherfucker or whatever, and yeah. I think it cuts off. Right? Well, it's he, our, so. he, he doesn't get to fucking say the exact mm. same line, which is a blatant shout-out to, you know, the first film kind of thing, right? Which is kind of cool. I like that, but they just did it in a way it was kind of cheesy a little bit. So. Yeah. Uh, so apparently the name on the pistol is Raphael Adonnelly, which is apparently from the comic books, and there it was a pirate. It was a pirate. So pirate. what's so what's the connection with uh, with Danny Glover's character Mike Harrigan? Um, no, it, 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 it apparently there's no connection. That it was just that like somebody else had killed one of the of us, but with a flintlock pistol back in like the 1700s. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it would have been a lot cooler if they threw him the gun and it said Harrigan on it. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, I mean, obviously again, people like, would have questioned that because you know, in 1715, I mean, yeah, let's face it, man. The blacks weren't exactly too free. Yeah. But I mean, <laughs> look at it this way, right? Like he could have been in a plantation or something and, you know, the predator comes in, starts killing people, and then he's like the final survivor, you know? <laughs> it's true. I mean, there was – I mean, I've read, you know, in history that there was exceptions. There was people that, you know – Yeah, but I mean you've even seen there. other movies where somebody is like, you know, uh, a prisoner or something and shit goes loose, you know, and, and you know, kills all the guards. and You know what I mean? It's, it's entirely possible that, you know, somebody would have survived. Um, but, yeah uh, – uh, dude, I don't know. Like Predator Two, I don't love it, but it's fun. It's, yeah, it's cool. a fun. Bad I love movie. what they do to the mythology most of all. That's that's yeah. Fun bad so, movie. <laughs> man, uh, Bill Paxton's death in this movie is just so brutal. When his body flops on the fucking the tracks, <laughs> the whole train scene is fucking. Insane. It just fucking rips us up. Just throws the body and it fucking flops around. Ah, that shit was awesome. Yeah. I think I, I honestly think the biggest problem with this movie is that it's just it's too long. And have you noticed like yeah, all four of these movies? All of mo- them. They're all, all hour and forty five minutes. All these, yeah, they're like an hour or a hundred and seven to hundred and eight minutes. All of them. Yeah. How the fuck did they manage to do that? It's like the weirdest thing. Yeah. I don't know, but yeah, a little bit. I, I feel like the first one has such good pacing to it. It doesn't even feel like it's one hundred and eight minutes. This one feels like it's one hundred and eight minutes, which is not a good thing. But yeah. All right, ratings, Jeremy. Or moods, actually. All right. Um, yeah, so Predator 2, man, it's you know it's a fun ride. I mean, I like the fact that they... The biggest thing I take away from this film is, you know, we get the info of what these aliens are doing. They're strictly hunting for game, and I think that's fantastic. It's, it's ludicrous. You know, they're from a different planet or wherever the fuck they're from. Um, and they're killing humans, which, you know, we're considered predators. And that's what they're doing. It's a big game. I think that's fantastic. Does fault itself too long. Shit in the middle. A little bit too much police stuff. But overall, it's a fun-ass film. It has a great feel to it. It's got some pretty decent kills and shit. 7.5 out of 10. 
I think it's a fun fucking sequel. It really is. Not a good movie, Jeremy? but it's a fun sequel. I gave it a six and a half. Uh, I'm going to split you guys. I came in at a seven out of ten. Um, it's it's definitely fun. I mean, it, it's a movie that every, you know, five years or something throw on. Pretty cool movie, you know? So, yes, yeah, seven out of ten. Yeah. You can see that. It's been so long since I'd watched Predator 2, man. I didn't even remember some of the some of the shit, man. <laughs> that was you that was going on. It's crazy. There is no hunting like the hunting of a man. And those who have hunted armed men long enough and like it. Never really care for anything else they're after. It's pretty poetic. So we're jumping twenty years later into two thousand and ten with Predators. This one was uh, produced by Robert Rodriguez. I think he produced it. Yeah, for right. some reason, I thought he directed this shit. He but... wrote it back in the day. It was supposed to come out a few years after Predators 2, but Fox decided to decline to make the movie. So when they were going to make this movie, they hit up Rodriguez and they're like, oh, can we use your treatment? And he said, okay. So that's why he's got the executive producer credit. Okay. And oh, so it's basically his story. Yeah. Yep. Huh. Wow, Robert was Robert Rodriguez fucking drunk that day he wrote this, or <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what do you mean by that? Movie well, looks nice. It's but it's, it's pretty. He pretty much wrote the first film, you know. With I don't know. It's very similar to the first film. It, this movie almost feels like a remake. You know, it, it's a little bit different in the setup, but we'll get into that. Okay. So, yeah, I'm kind of curious on this. Uh. A group of elite warriors parachute into an unfamiliar jungle. It's funny. they It's like they did it willingly. Uh, and are hunted by members of a merciless alien race. Um, yeah, I mean, the setting to this movie is pretty much the exact same as the first film. You know, they go into the jungle. This one is set mm-hmm. in a very similar setting. It's a jungle. Not which, really. It's the Predator's planet. Exactly. Well, that's, that's not necessarily true. But that's what we learned. Well, it we might learned- not be the Predator's planet. It could just be a, a neutral planet. planet. Yeah. yeah, and that's something that's totally not explained, right? We just assume, you know, once they realize well, that I figure they're on the, a weird if it's planet. The predator's planet. There might be more of them than just like a handful. See, that's or what I always three. thought too. Always, he says they always come in threes, so like I assume they're coming there from another place. Mm-hmm. Which. I don't know. Don't you feel like they probably should explain something like that to the film? Well, they say it's a giant game preserve. So, I mean, I see yeah, it's, it's just Hunger Games and Battle Royale. Fucking it's yeah. stupid shit. I, I, I think that it's explained good enough. You know, it's supposed to be a little mysterious. See, I see so through the dialogue and, you know, they kind of learn that, you know, they are the predators of the world themselves and they've been gathered up unwillingly and kind of put to this or sent to this private fucking predator island i don't know uh or planet yeah, or whatever this, this is for like the really rich predators who want to to uh have you know have a have an excursion where they they go and I, I assume and and hear me out on this i assume that the original predator that was known among the other predators so they're like you know that was a challenge when that happened one of us died like, let's recreate that situation 
and that this is a good game. This is always going to be a consistently good game because it, th- these scenarios help us. Military guys, similar guns, you know, stuff like that. And, and that's what I kind of got out of it. So you figure that a classic predator was the one that snagged up all these elite predators, human predators. What do you predators. mean a classic? Well, like the classic predator, like the one from the first film. No, 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 no. I'm saying that the other predators are aware of what happened. I'm sure it's just not just one yeah. random ass predator went. We know that they're all around by the second film. No, so no, no. I'm not saying, I'm not saying like, the, yeah, I'm just saying the similar type predator or whatever. Yeah. They're just yeah. trying to recreate what happened in the first film so they could learn and how to not die. Or they're just, you know, it's a good game. Like, they're all about the sportsmanship of it. It's yeah. like, how do you set up the pieces to a mm-hmm. game that's going to... Th- you don't want to bring in just, like, rant, like strippers and, you know, fucking uh, mm-hmm. drug dealers and stuff. Because it's like, oh, these are just random people. So, like, they're they're being more specific to try to create a good situation. That yeah. They bring in a doctor. They bring in, you know, this guy, that, a sniper. They're trying to get good... Uh, con- a good contest. See, when I, fr- when I first watched this movie back in 2010, I didn't even think about the fact that the Predators themselves had set up this entire game. And it was weird. <laughs> like, I was rewatching, I'm like, the fuck? <laughs> this movie's like so different <laughs> now rewatching it, right? I'm like, that's. In a not- good way or a bad way? Well, I just, you know, just realizing that, you know, it was probably obviously the Predators that snagged up all yeah. these, these eliteness from the real world. To set up this yeah. game, to set up this game and stuff. But in the, when I first watched this, that, I didn't even, wasn't even thinking. I was just kind of watching it as like, I took it as some crazy corporation fucking, you know, had built this uh-huh. crazy fucking planet. Not built this planet, but they had this planet or whatever. And they set it up for the Predators. I was thinking it was like some kind of, you know, See, operation like that. Is like- Which we don't actually know 100% sure though. I mean, it could have been... You know, obviously, it is the predators that set this thing up because that's their game. That's what they do. They fuck with. Yeah, and, it's, and it's he, a total the game. other character who's been there for a long time says that you know they have seasons, and I, I think of it like a sporting event, right? Yeah. Like there, this is a sporting event that every so often it, it's probably a competition between these three predators or or a group of predators, and they they round up different types of people from different walks of life. They do some spying, and or sometimes maybe it's not even people. Uh, from earth maybe it's other things because we do see like other types of skulls and stuff like that so that you know it's just a giant game it's literally a game it's like they're they're coming in there and they're gonna try something different each time and uh see what works and you know maybe like it it feels like the stakes are higher you know yeah carve carve the game into okay well that didn't work like last season these these people were too easy to kill let's try get somebody like this maybe get one of these people or you know and i like that it it, it seems like there's a long history of them doing this especially since we have the one character who survived hidden so long and and actually says this in dialogue that they come back every once in a while and they learn fast so him saying they learn fast means that they're they're constantly trying to adapt and become more more good at the game while improving the difficulty of the game they want it to be harder so that Mm -hmm. they can get better that's what I, I I think it's I think that this one actually furthers the mythology in a positive way, um, because it, it takes. I what think we just knew. like the nun, it fucking drags and drags and this drags film does drag. And drag. It does I think time. it drag starts and off drag, great. then it drags some more. The movie is like, it's beautiful. It's like annihilation level mm-hmm. of beautiful cinematography. Not that, 
it's amazing, dude. It's it's a really gorgeous, beautiful movie. But just like fucking the nun, I do not care about any of these fucking characters whatsoever. Not anything. Well, not one inch see, I, of feeling towards I, I like them. Some of them. And then it goes and it goes and nothing happens and they talk and they talk. And by the end of the fucking movie, I feel movie, like you're not supposed to like I them. I want to turn it off. I Be- just, I because just, yeah, most uh, of them are bad people. There, there are a lot of exchanges killing. in the they're film killers. between. They're professional killers. Yeah, they they look at you know the dialogue between Adrian Brody and you know the girl and and others and stuff. I mean, these are all characters that are well, they're they're predators Arsenate, themselves. Killers, we're oh, fucking they're, they're, they're technically bad people, so we're not really supposed yeah. to care. But we learn that real fast. Like these are people that are kind of exposable to um, expendable to ourselves. You know, like as we're watching this shit, and you know, it is it's what it is. Boring. Like it's just but boring. We're not really supposed See, to care. But any I don't know. I don't think it's as boring as you're making it out. Like uh. It's fucking painful and shit. But here's the thing. I think the film it is drags boring though. After they meet. It is boring. Lawrence Fishburne. Is that who that is? Yeah, Lawrence, Lawrence Fishburne. Fishburne. And which, After they meet him, th- that's why I tune out of the movie a little bit. I just think it's the yeah. same shit over and over again after that. It but is. everything leading up to that, I love. I love the first part of this movie. I think it's great. I, I, I still don't understand the whole Lawrence Fishburne character thing. I mean, I understand, you know, he's been there for, you know, all these seasons. He's been there so long and shit like that. Yeah, but they just kill him out of, like, nothing. Like, yup, his character meant absolutely nothing. They just killed him anyway. It's so fucking stupid. Well, like, he meant, I, there's he no meant, way he, he would have survived that long. Well, I mean, look, look why he dies, though, right? Because he he start, you know, he effectively comes out of hiding to help people. So, I know, but he would have had to have come out of there at times all the time to like. But he's not helping well, them. I assume they leave. He's learning after them. a while. You know what I mean? So he probably has time to gather resources and stuff when they're gone. Yeah, yeah, is it but the fucking pigs aren't. The fucking pigs or the killer pigs, and like the the predators well, might be leaving, but well, there's no, still no. They is... just drop those though when the new game starts. But how do you know they're not still? How do you know this is the first one? There could have been more around and shit. Like that, none of that stuff is fully explained. I, I mean, I assume maybe he killed some. I don't know. Right? Like, like it, none I, don't, of, I don't know. See, that's the thing. Like when you think of this world and what exactly is out there, and this guy survived for so long. Yeah, I understand. There's stages yeah, of unlikely. this game. It's, it's totally unlike it, it's it, it, but I, I think it's just it's one of those scenes where it's like you, I feel like they're jumping the shark in the film like it's okay up until that point and then it's like the fu- we didn't need any of that shit the film would have been a lot better without that whole fucking scene we didn't need See, any. I think any of that. you do need that because it, it 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 gives some exposition to what's going on a little bit it does it does apparently it, help maybe them. if you found a diary or something it could have been better I, I i feel you i always felt yeah. that it was like nearly impossible that he survived that long but um you know i, I mean he says he's killed a couple of them three uh, but then i don't know but don't it's know. like well how'd you kill him he's like his answer was any something way like, you can any way you yeah. can which it's is like, true it's true though how do you kill him well you just end up getting an advantage somehow you just but i do. wish he had to specifically how said his? how he killed them it's like any way you can it's like well of course man i mean you can kill any anything the way you can <laughs> you know yeah. if you have the opportunity to do it well, that I think way what he was saying there was like there was no specific way i just got an upper hand on one of them you know and, and ended yeah. up killing it um, like how, how would you, if, what would Arnold say if he's like, you asked him how he killed it? 
it's like, well, I did like a bunch of fucking shit and got lucky. <laughs> booby trap. Booby. Booby trap. Booby, booby trap. trap. It was yeah. booby trap. Um, <laughs> but you know one thing that kind of bugged me about this is they say in the dialogue whenever you find out that the girl had knew of this happening mm-hmm. in the 87 one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. She, she says, yeah, one of the people survived by covering himself in mud to hide the – why is nobody covered in mud the moment she says that? You know what I mean? Yep. Yep, good point. What? Good point. <laughs> why? What? I'd be like – as soon as she said that, I'd be like, we need to find some mud. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, what the hell? <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm with you guys. It, it drags so much. It's it's one of those mo- rare movies that I think – That I'm glad they didn't make really a sequel. Good. No, I, like what? <laughs> I don't see it as that at all. Like I think it's really good up until a part, and then it just it's it's a little too slow. But so I feel the same way about Predator too. So I don't know. Yeah, this one definitely. Dra- I think my favorite scene in this whole film is when the character named Hanzo, which is fucking cool, you know, named after the sword and shit. It's totally those apparent battles. Too. Yeah, when he actually fights the the Predator yeah. with the. With the Hanzu sword. sword, what the Hanzu yeah, sword, and his cool. name is Hanzu. <laughs> so yeah, it's, a, it's a whole kill I, bill I like, thing. That's cool. I like again how they take all the characters and they give them a weapon that fits their personality. I'm really yeah. big on that. I like that. Like um, the the lead has the AA12 shotgun, which is an automatic shotgun, which is pretty cool, right? Like that's that's a pretty like a, a 12 gauge shotgun that is automatic. Yeah. Like what? Like, imagine the damage that could do. You know, we got the minigun guy, which is pretty cool, the Russian. Yeah. Uh, Danny Trejo has the two MP5s, which is really neat, you know, because it, it, like, fits his character. Uh, the Asian dude has the lone pistol and, and sword, sword or whatever, which is cool. The chick has the sniper. It, I like that they all have their own weapon that fits their personality. That's mm-hmm. I, I dig that. So what's your excuse for her not mentioning 97? She just what like she just didn't know it or like the I, I don't know you don't have how would you to not know think, it if you think like an alien life form because I think it was intended to be a sequel to the original film they were just disregarding it, the second but, film but you don't have to mention something to to retcon it like I told you guys in chat just because you don't mention it doesn't mean it erases the other one you but, know what I'm but saying I think it kind of does bullshit. but I think it kind of does how though? though how explain it because that ex- shit blows because my mind. explanation I mean if you're not going to mention something it, it, to us as humans it, it means it probably didn't happen you know it's like not to me I never think that in like when somebody tells me that they went here and here but forget to mention this but place oh purpose. it never fucking happened there's man. a fucking purpose why she doesn't mention 1997 well, it's because the I mean, movie was meant to be a sequel to the original one because it's fucking the movie's long enough already well who knows they may have I'm not sure if they if they actually filmed the scenes but uh, Schwarzenegger and of course Danny Glover had were supposed to have cameos in this Again, I'm not 100% sure okay, if they so actually... so therefore, that would... The fact that they were supposed to at one point... But they ...means that there was at one point, it was including the fact that another film existed. Yeah, but they cut so that, that out. if that was intent, if, then I know, doesn't but, that explain but before, right there? But that's... Be, no, it doesn't, because it's before the fact. And the fact that they cut out the Danny Glover, and even in her piece of dialogue, yeah. not mentioning 97, just, this is what we know, and this is how we're taking it. It's... To me, it's a sequel to the first one, right? Yeah, it is. But, I mean, that doesn't mean that the second one didn't happen. I know, but in this world, I'm just saying, if we're talking about the chronological order of these films, you put this one right after the first one because in this world, in this game, part two didn't happen. 
because it wasn't mentioned. See, I think yeah. that it could have still happened, right? even right, if it Jeremy? wasn't mentioned. Do you, you yeah, get that's that? the way I saw it too. Yeah, that's man. Weird. You guys, I don't know, man. I never, I never look at things like that. I just think in this world, if you don't mention, it's something, like if you mention one, to, how do you not mention the other? That's, I think it's intentional. I think it's intentional. I think they're they're putting this film right after part one. Yeah. On purpose. So. For what reason? I don't know. I you know. I couldn't explain the reason. I'm not the filmmaker, but I'm just saying. I think they never is, made a sequel to it. But so. there's no reason yeah, not to mention know. part two at all. I mean, why wouldn't you just be like, like yeah, let's say there was six of them. Should they if should they mention every single one of them or the other ones don't count? You know what I mean? Like it's just like you don't have to me- mentioning the other one lets you know that it's. But a the sequel. thing is, there isn't six of them. There's four of them, and they keep mentioning. Like even in the in the new one, the, the next one we'll get to, they mention part one and two. Yeah, so they didn't mention this one. So that means this one couldn't have happened in that timeline. Ooh, touche. Alternate world, I guess. I don't know. No, it's just that they fucking might not know about everything that ever happened. So they di- didn't mention it. You know, how would they fucking know that this happened? On yeah, but, if, you, but if you're going to know 87, you're going to know 97. That's yeah. But that's not the true, way though. That definitely but it is true. true. There is people yeah. all the time that know something about something this is completely different at a different place. Who, how the hell would she know it? She knew the first one because she was in the military. You know what I mean? Like, and she probably had pr- information privy to to a military situation. You know, the 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 second one happened in L.A. with cops. It's- I'm just saying that. I don't think that you have to mention it. I don't know. I just think of an alien life form visited Earth. I would fucking know about both. I, of them. I just, I just think within these worlds. I mean, when you don't mention something, it just seems like they're trying to get away from something. Like you I know? can understand them not mentioning predators and the predator, but them not mentioning ninety-seven just is weird to me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I mean. I guess it's one of those things where it depends how what your own personal. I think it's uh, just easier to standard. to put the film into in a, into a place in the franchise too without having to mention something. So like, man, if we mention ninety seven, maybe we got to do this that. But if we just mention eighty seven, I think that it was just a this... nod to let everybody know, hey, this isn't a remake. You know, it's it's a sequel. Well, I and mean, of course that's what they're doing. That's the because, only reason I, mean, I think all the, the other films did it. Of course, of course, that's what they're doing. Of course, I we, think we, we all realize that. We think that it's a sequel to part two or not, because at the end oh. of the day, it literally matters nothing. It doesn't. You know, it I'm doesn't not, affect not, the plot at all. I'm not saying it does matter at all. I'm just trying to place it into a spot. I mean, yeah. no matter how you look at things, I mean, you know, you can still look at the fucking Puppet Master franchise. Based on how people... Based on how people look and talk and everything, I'd say that it's, you know, modern day. Yeah, I can't wait to see Alien First Predator to see if they mention that shit. I know they're like a standalone duo, but yeah, be curious to see. But I mean, there's so, 10 years between 87 and 97. This, if this film fell in between there, I mean, pff, whatever. Yeah. You know, who yeah, knows? I mean, I just feel like it's modern day just because it, it feels modern day the way people it doesn't oh, look it like it does feel like modern day for I, sure. <laughs> it does for sure. But I mean, it does. I mean, it, it, it gets you thinking, though, you know, when you don't mention something, it's like I got to place it somewhere. Just simple mathematics, really. Yeah. But yeah. So what do you guys got for ratings, Jeremy? Uh, five out of ten. So Derek Mears plays the classic predator in this film. Yeah, I didn't know that. 
Yeah, hmm. so he doesn't have much of a role because we're we're dealing with kind of the new breed. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is what we learn of two, uh, the the predators being hunted by the bigger predators. Yeah, yeah, so like the more powerful, more advanced predators, and yeah, and and it's kind of a weird scene. I don't know about you guys, but when I saw the classic predator all tied up and helpless, I was like, aw. <laughs> I was like, that yeah. motherfucker's tied up and like being abused by these tougher and fucking, you know, I, I felt like the classic predator at that moment was like the redheaded stepchild just being abused. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's kind of brutal, but, but that's kind of an interesting development within this film is that we get to see that. That was kind of cool. And mm-hmm. one thing I did like about it. Um, yeah. So Derek Mears plays, you know, that scene where he's tied up and shit like that. All in all, it's, you know, it's not a bad film. Um, Again, I, 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 when I when I watch this film and I see the characters, I immediately know I'm not supposed to care about these characters because they're. And I like the fact that they actually mentioned this within the film, and they figured out because if you didn't figure it out yourself, I mean they, just went ahead and told you, we're together here because we are the fucking predators of our world, right? Mm-hmm. And I like that. Pre- I like the fact that they mentioned, but it was pretty obvious mm-hmm. what it was. They were the best of what they did. You know, yeah. we had assassins, we had fucking, you know, all these type of people. I think that's kind of cool. It's kind of a boring film, to be honest. It really yeah. is. I hate the Lawrence Fishburne shit. I think it's totally bullshit why they even put that in there. Uh, Topher Grace was a fucking disgrace in the film. He was terrible. He was. Yeah, just, he's not good. He's fucking off. What bad he comes casting. Off, like very. Uh, I know he's like, supposed to be that nerdy my, like, fucking. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Like, just, I don't even see him as nerdy. I just see him as. Like, wait, was that the doctor? Topher Grace. Wait, I don't know. He was the fucking. He's the guy from the seventy show. He's Eric from the seventy show. Whatever, whatever his fucking. I'm did talking even, about the dude with the AA twelve. He wasn't good. To me. No, Topher Grace didn't have a web. I think he had just his brain. So he's the doctor. Man. Yeah, he was the guy that you know. Oh, okay, I didn't mind him. Yeah. I hated the other dude. He was the, the villain. Dude. Yeah, Topher Grace eventually is you know, kind of the villain. I just couldn't stand him. Like, I know we're not really supposed to like him, but he's, he bugged me the whole fucking time. Yeah. Uh, Hanzo, the, the Asian dude, was he was cool. And actually, one of the coolest pieces of dialogue in the entire film, it's like, I can't remember who says it to I think it's Adrian Brody. He's like, you can speak English? No, no, I think maybe it's the girl. Is this, I just don't say much because I like, get in trouble. He's like, I, you know, I, yeah, he's like, I can speak English, man. Just don't say much. And he's like, or she says something he's like well it's because I spoke too much he shows them the fucking yeah. hand with the two fingers missing he's like because I talk too much <laughs> that's fucking great man um, still haven't gave you rating I'm not going to I'm going to keep going on uh, 6 out of 10 I liked it more when I first watched it man back in 2010 I fucking hated this movie I thought it was trash oh wait it was my turn anyway um, I thought it was good back when i seen it but i thought the the i always tune out towards the middle end part but tune back in towards the very end um i felt pretty much the same this is only the second time i've ever seen this and uh i mean i like the movie i think it's a good predator film it's just it's it does get a little boring but so does part two honestly and we we all said that mm-hmm. uh i came in at a seven out of ten same same as predator two. Oh, crazy Alrighty. Five, six, seven. Hey, Baxley, if your mom's vagina were a video game, it'd be rated E for everyone. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, moving from 2010, 2018, brand new film directed by Shane Black. 
who was in the first film. Yes, that's right. Simply titled The Predator. Also the Predator. written by Fred Decker, right? Fred Decker, of course. You know, yeah. and I didn't even realize that until the credits started rolling after the movie. I think it was after the movie. Yeah, I think I saw Fred Decker's name or whatever. And I was like, are you serious? That's fucking sweet, man. Because he's responsible for two of like my favorite movies. Mm-hmm. The Monster Squad. Night the Night Creeps Night. and Monster Squad. Yeah, so I was like, that's really fucking cool. Cool stuff. So. What a weird person to be attached to this, right? Like, isn't that yeah. kind of a weird? Yeah, I agree, man. I agree. Like, cause he's really done nothing except for a few episodes of Star Trek since '93 when he did RoboCop three. He must have been run out of money. You know, he's like, I need. A well, job. I mean, even if you are <laughs> running out of money, like, how do you just get into a big job on an eighty-nine million dollar budget film <laughs> like The Predator from RoboCop three? He must you know? be friends with Shane Black. Yeah, that's the only thing I was thinking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oof, Robocop. It must be buddies. Yikes. Um, yeah, man. Synopsis. When a young boy accidentally triggers the universe's most lethal hunters, return to Earth only to ragtag crew of ex-soldiers and a disgruntled science teacher can prevent the end of the human race. So, yeah. It's a weird synopsis. Oy. Rating stupid. I'm just like tr- running that through my mind. I'm like, that's a weird synopsis. Um, yeah. So basically, the film opens up with, I guess, our main character. I'm not even sure what his fucking name is. Is it Quinn? Is that his name? The sniper. Yeah. yeah. I think it's Quinn. Anyways, he's on a job. He works. You know, he's military. Um, he's assassinating somebody, and a fucking spaceship comes rolling through crashes and yeah it doesn't crash in there and shit and of course he's military so now he kind of explains what he had seen they don't fucking believe him and they essentially yeah. kind of throw him into like this loony bin type shit but before they throw him into this loony bin for further testing and shit along with some other soldiers of various regimes and shit he actually ends up sending a piece of the predator his helmet and I think uh, his arm piece too to his kid uh-huh. to prove, you know, if yeah, but he sends it, he gives it to a Mexican that he doesn't know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so he gives it to a Mexican to send, which I still don't understand what the fuck's up with that. But anyways, uh, so if shit kind of backlashes on him, then he can prove what he had actually saw. So yeah, that's kind of a little bit of a backstory to there. So what's the deal with the why he gives it? To I Mexican? think he knows they know what he saw. You know what I mean? Like. I don't think he's trying to prove it. I don't know why the fuck he takes this stuff. Mm-hmm. See, the way I interpret it was that they're going to think I'm fucking nuts. But no, he it. knows that they found the ship and everything, right? Like, that, how would they not? <laughs> I know, mm-hmm. right? I know, it doesn't, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. But then why would he even say in the movie, he's like, well, I sent it to this stuff just in case I needed proof or to prove to them that I wasn't fucking crazy. So he was kind of how, thinking, how, maybe, how late, maybe he passed. knew the military was going to make him seem crazy and then he was going to expose oh, them don't later. You think it, like, they were going to use him as a time. scapegoat. They were going to use him as a scapegoat to cover it up. Don't you think yeah. it takes a long he time? He knew they sh- were going to do that. Yeah. I can't so, say I, anything ever. Well, first. we were already talking about that thing and you try to interject. So continue now. That no, that's okay. Yeah. What do you mean? No, that's okay. It's the whole point. I'm going to say, how the hell does he send the shit back before... How the hell does it arrive to the house if he's all the way in fucking Mexico 
before he gets back to shit out the bulb that makes him invisible. It's fucking dumb. The timeline doesn't make sense. Well, we don't know how long has passed since he's been captured. But he shits out the little orb thing in that motorhome. Yeah, so it to be has honest, to be dude, not that much time. Yeah, but to be honest, dude, when you have some kind of foreign object in your body like that, it doesn't come out right away. It probably took yeah. a few days. Uh, yeah, for sure, it definitely did. But it doesn't take a few days to ship shit from Mexico back to the United States. That's some bullshit. Well, Why not? I mean, how long? It, I mean, it depends how fast you ship it, right? <laughs> but he gave it to a random Mexican guy. How the fuck do you think he shipped it? <laughs> Which I still find so complexing, perplexing that he just like, hey man, ship this out for me. I got a gun. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck? This guy does it. Doesn't he pay him? Wait, I I don't think he pays him. Does he? I thought he paid him. I don't know, but still, he's just gonna fucking go and do it, anyways. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, no. it, it was anyway. kind of, it was kind of silly, but of course it's silly. This whole fucking movie's silly. It is, man. <laughs> and that actually Dude, listen, like not, the, nothing makes motherfucking sense. It's just like the first all. film. It's just stupid. No, no. I mean, no, not not please, in level no, of quality, but it's just like I do have a question. Dump. I do have no, a question. No, but it's not mindless. It's fucking dumb. There's so, a difference yeah. between mindless and dumb. I, I I do have a question here. So in the in the synopsis that I read, it says, you know, a young boy accidentally triggers the universe's most lethal hunters. But in the film, the more advanced predators were see, they kind of explained that the classic predator was getting away from them. And he he was making his way to Earth. To basically tip off the Earthlings that, you know, this is what they're coming down to do. They're going to take over the planet and fucking take you guys out kind of thing. Which is dumb as fuck. So, with that said, so we have this classic Predator that's come there for a reason. He's went kind of AWOL. So, how does the fucking boy trigger the other ones to come? I understand that scene where he's fucking around with the technology and, you know shit's going the on the only thing that i could come up with is that that thing had a tracking device somehow which makes not much sense because why would the other predator well the thing is though ha- he was already following him anyways he was coming to earth anyways so how could he re-trigger him when the the new predator i'm just going to call him the new predators was just already super predators calm su- or, so he's a super predator was already fucking like chasing AIDS. he was already there anyways chasing down the fucking classic predator because the sh- he went fucking AWOL on them he was already there right mm-hmm. they already knew about earth and so they're explaining they're, they're they're trying to throw in the mix that the boy triggered him to come back and, and basically cause this huge shit that's going on and i'm like well i think that's just the synopsis though that's anybody i don't know who wrote that you know what i mean i don't know but the boy I didn't, didn't though, because the class or the 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 super predator was already there. Yeah, for reason. So what I'm saying is, like, but they don't say that in the film, though, right? Well, they 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 explain through some lines of dialogue the reason why that predator was after the boy was because he was the advanced DNA, which is also dumb. Yeah, that right? is dumb. So basically, these super predators have gotten to a point where they've used up, you know, they've used up all the technology and blah blah, and he was the next. Thing. He was the next thing. The, what their, they say their... in the film yeah. is all that stuff about predators hunting and that being like their main thing that they do, where they 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 yeah. like hunt for sport and stuff. None of that matters or happen. What they're really doing when they tear out your spine is they're collecting your DNA. Yeah, they so change, that they, they can make mythology. themselves more advanced because they want they want to basically cross 
you know, yeah, they want to fucking and they do explain they, they've got into a point. Make, yeah, they've gotten to a point where they've they've basically advanced themselves to the point where they need the next step, which was the young which boy. Which doesn't even look real. Like, yeah. what do you mean they need to advance themselves to the next step? That how? What do you mean they've ran out of stuff? You're telling me that th- this kid is the most advanced thing that they're seeing. Th- they're already more advanced than this kid's DNA. Like, I don't understand. They, like, why would they not? I think it's because they were alluding to the fact that the kid was like, he was basically a boy genius, right? Like he was the one that could figure out this technology and they were using, you know, his Asperger's or whatever he has as they even talk about it too. They're like, well, maybe, you know, according to this, this, this science experiment actually might be Asperger's might not be actually a disorder, but the next step in human evolution. Exactly. Exactly. This is the next step in human evolution. And they, and they really kind of push that towards in your face. And I was like, uh, I looked at Aaron. I was like, what the fuck? Are you serious? (laughs) It just doesn't make sense to me that the predators, that that's what they want. Like that's their main goal. Like, and you're telling me in all of the fucking universe, that's the most advanced thing is, is this kid's potential future genius well, see, i was yeah. like whatever fine i'll accept the asperger's thing whatever fucking if, if they want to advance themselves but they got away from the whole hunt i'm like they're the no whole- they completely changed they, they didn't get away from it they literally changed the mythology by saying you know how they ripped the spines out yeah. they're actually collecting fluid from the spines for the yeah. dna and i'm like bullshit that's not what they see, were doing in the they previous were hunting ones people. Yeah, in the previous ones, when they ripped yeah. the spines out, they fucking they they the made the previous three. They made some Jeffrey Dahmer fucking. Um, yes, you know. <laughs> you know? Listen, so, I hate hate shrines. hate that they changed the mythology in this film. It makes no sense to me that they would do this. That's the thing that bothered me. Like, look, I actually thought this movie was pretty entertaining. And That's funny. why I felt like this movie was like a pure reboot because the mythology was so different. It was all about advance. They it wasn't about the hunt. It was like ruined the mythology, dude. Yeah. Yeah, they really did. They really did. They ruined it. And on top they of that, they ruined the fucking mythology. I don't care about the predators trying to become more advanced. Like, no, that's not what they were. They were about pride and hunting and and this trophy. It was a it, game. It was literally yeah. a yes. fucking game. Yes, that's what it was. Now, now it's all about advancement. They, they totally. I agree, man. They threw that shit out, and you know what they replaced it with? A Tommy. bunch of fucking goofball comedy uh, comics, which That's honestly cool. wasn't that bad. Like I did laugh a lot during this movie, I did but laugh by a the lot end, too. I was like, "Dude, I fucking hate what they did with this mythology." Like, yeah, like th- they went so far out in left field with what the movie is about, and honestly, nothing fucking makes sense in this movie. Like the the way that all these characters are just killing people like he's killing people in front of his son. And it's like, there's no look. And I heard this in another review that somebody posted on Facebook today, but, um, from actually the guy that we don't even like the, the Stuckman dude or whatever his name is, but he made a good point. Oh, the guy that got Um, me fucking banned. Oh, fuck that guy. Really? Somebody got you banned. That's the guy that got my fucking name changed on Facebook, man. No, this is, this is like a big popular YouTuber. Not that dude. Um, but, oh, I thought it was uh, the same bullshit fucker. No, but this dude said that like nobody has a, an ounce of remorse for anything they're doing in the film. And you're like, yeah, you would think that they would stop to take a second to think like, oh, I just killed 10 people or something. But no, like it's and it's but it's people that doesn't even that don't normally kill people, too. You know what I mean? It's so it's like, wow, this nothing makes sense in this movie. Well, they were the all predator military, dog though. thing is no. I mean, like the the kid and uh, uh, Olivia Munn. 
Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, (laughs) it's not everybody, the, the wife... You know, well, the kid did look surprised when the gun automatically blew the fucker up that threw the shit that at him was, on Halloween. Great. <laughs> <laughs> I hate Could you fucking, could I, you fucking I, imagine I having that weapon as a kid, man? Dude, it, it's so funny. It actually hit perfectly because it doesn't just like shoot. It fucking <laughs> demolishes the house. Dude, My favorite joke is the eat the pussy joke, though. Yeah, that was funny. That, that was, was funny. funny as fuck. Did, Did it belong in this pussy? movie? No. It, like that's the problem with this movie is it's so fucking stupidly conflicted the one thing- with one thing I did like about this movie though is that they did tie it into part two with uh with Jake Busey's character. Keys. He plays the fu- he's like he's the same what, as Is his- he actually playing the son or just He just looked like him. Or just that's Gary Busey's son, and he's playing dude. Character he's movie. has the same fucking name as Gary Busey. Does he? His character in the movie? Yes, he's the son. It's his son. Okay. Just yeah. making sure. Yeah, it's his son in real life, obviously, but it's his son yeah. in the storyline, if you want to call it that. That's that's the connection to part two, anyways. I but. do have to say this movie has more action than all three of the other films combined, even the first film with all that shit that happens before the predator it's, shows up. It's nonstop. Yeah, for sure. This is nonstop. And at least we see the predator for more than eight minutes combined to all the other movies. It's entertaining. It's a total yeah, popcorn flick, but yeah, I agree, man. The mythology was bullshit. I, I honestly, I got a little bit tired of the comedy. The predator it. dog was way too much, dude. Way. Oh yeah. Way, that was way, way that was the worst part much. of the film. It was, bad. It was but cringy. That, but that's one of the other things that really kind of bugged me about this movie is that like, you know, they made the classic Predator kind of the good, you know, it went good on them, tipping yeah, off the humans. Dumb. The dogs were good. And didn't we just talk about this in the Puppet Master franchise when the puppets went good? It got fucking stupid and lame. Mm. It's fucking yeah. dumb. It was I like, dumb. I like certain things about the movie, like how they have all the relics and stuff from they collected over the years of yeah, the Predators, cool. you know, in the glass and stuff. And there were certain cool things about it. And like I said, I did find most of the, the, the funny characters funny. I just was annoyed that it was in this movie. It, mm-hmm. it, that would have been a fine for a different movie. But destroying the mythology and, and turning it into pure comedy, it just – there's no threat. There's well, no threat. It doesn't matter. You're not going to get another no, one. No, I, I missed that whole fucking – just the, the hunt. Yeah. And right away, yeah. I was like, oh, my God, it's out the window, man. And, and you oh, know what? Like, gone. It just, it was really like the plot felt convoluted. It felt like people were able to get to different places really fast without like, well, that's actually, I even said that too. I was like, man, they found the fucking kid super fast. Like they actually had no idea they they knew he was out somewhere trick or treating or doing whatever, but they just like Mm -hmm. found him right away. I was like, wow, that's impressive. (laughs) You know, there's a million people outside, but they fucking found him in, in 35 seconds of film time insane this movie was filmed in vancouver by the way yep i saw the uh british columbia thing at the end yeah and it's funny because the scenes uh i think at the probably the institution or whatever that's filmed at templeton i've been there before that's kind of cool but anyways yeah yeah and and, kind of a disaster (sighs) the uh oh man there's so much stupid shit in this movie too that annoys me, but like it had some cool stuff as well. Like I didn't, I was entertained throughout the movie. I was just really annoyed at where they went with the the storyline. It just didn't seem like it made sense to me that to change the mythology that much. Um, 
especially when you're trying to be a sequel to at least two of the original films, why change the mythology that much? Uh, was it needed? Was it needed to change the myth? You know, it's it's it feels stupid that they. It feels like they shoehorn the kid into the movie. Like, I they're like, the we need to, we need the kid, and yeah. and like that. It feels like they. Well, it's funny when you put, when you break it down kid. in a nutshell. I mean, the whole movie is actually about the kid. Yeah, it is. That's the whole story. <laughs> the line. whole point of the movie is about the advanced predator getting the kid it's so fucking it's so dumb see i think i get the end there's not another fucking kid with asperger's and you know what i mean it's just like how did they know that this kid how did they even know about this but it's coincidental writing it's it's you know you know of course we've got this sniper and you know he was the one that was involved you know where the 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 spaceship crash and shit it happens to be his fucking kid that they're after and i'm like what Oh, like okay, man. See, you want you want to know what I would have done when he was like at the end of the film when he's like, we have an alien killer, we have the predator killer, or whatever, and that thing fucking opens. I would have had fucking David fucking in there, fucking coming out there oh. and fucking bring his alien friends, and it would have been fucking man, awesome. I always can respect like ridiculous action scenes and stuff, and you know most of them are completely over the top and unrealistic. And, and I shit. got no 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 bump for that, but man, but you know what's also but the okay, whole scene, but the whole scene where they're all on top of the spaceship and it's flying around and shit. I'm like the fuck. Yeah, you would fucking fall off instantly. You would never hold on. I mean, I understand. You got to disconnect yourself from reality in these in these situations, but come on. That is fucking retarded, man. They held on for so long. There was a point where they were getting so high, I thought they were running out of oxygen for fuck's sakes. Yeah. Man, and, uh, that shit. And you know what else is stupid as hell? The ending. Yeah. It's like they're trying to turn this into a fucking superhero franchise. It's so stupid. Dude. I was like, are you kidding me? This this is what's gonna stop the predators is a fucking another predator pretty much yeah you know what i mean <laughs> i told you that fucking david should have been in there oh my god soon as that david. suit shit went what? on that fucking scientist i was like you david gotta be shit alien me. oh that's dumb no right? it's not everything else in this movie is dumb so why not make another alien first part of the movie and have fucking david in there they they have the worst setup ever that fucking shit going on that scientist, I was like, really? Fuck I was like, the superhero the angle ever. ever. Yeah. That yeah. chick right there, Emily, Yvonne Strzelowski, you know, the hot blonde in the movie, um, our main character's wife. His wife. Yeah. I couldn't figure out where I knew her from. Fucking Dexter. She was on fucking Dexter. Yeah. Carly really liked this one. Yeah. I had a good time with it. It's just stupid. Yeah, she said she... I mean, she has no connection to the franchise either, though. Me honestly, neither. Honestly, man, if you would watch... If this is the first Predator movie that you'd seen, you'd probably really fucking enjoy it. Yeah, because it is funny. They actually succeeded with comedy. There's just really dumb stuff, too. Shut up, Dexter. I mean, it got to the point in the in the bus where they were, like, literally telling jokes. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> You know, like wow! I just like what I just love when he's like step back and the, and the the guy was like it's the back and you fucking mocking him. I I laugh. You know it's funny. Yeah, it was that fun. part it was where fun. the two dudes get killed together and they like have that yeah. moment is so stupid, man. Yeah. I hated that. You know, they both kill about. each other. Yeah, yeah. 
I was like, oh god, cringe. <laughs> it was noble, man. That's what you do if you're in trouble. I man. can't you believe how many people brother. loved this movie, though. It's insane. So the shout out towards you know the the first film with you ugly motherfucker. The second one yeah. was you ugly mother cut out. This one's like you pretty motherfucker. And and, and it was get to the chopper. It was a get to the. No, chopper. it was get to the choppers. Uh, so the black guy. So I mean. <laughs> Not only this one, totally like, the mythology. Like 50 Cent. Yeah, that 50 Cent looking mofo they go fucking, Moonlight. They go fucking haywire with the mythology in this one, and they go opposite of ugly to pretty. Oh, man. Yeah, oh, ratings. man. Oh, man. Well, First. it's up on you. Uh, honestly, like, Is it you? I know I was no, tearing into this movie. I don't know. I don't think it's that bad of a movie. It's just a ter- It's actually a pretty good movie. It's a terrible Predator film. Like, Jesus. It, terrible Predator sequel. So is this like the Halloween 3 thing? You know? Uh, like, uh, Halloween, it kind of, it's it's a good film on its own, but it's a terrible Because you still Halloween have the Predator sequel. in this movie. You don't have Michael Myers in Halloween 3. Yeah, so, no, it's not like that. It's just like a complete tonal shift. Like, Pet Cemetery to Pet Cemetery 2. Pet Cemetery 2 is cool. But I like Pet Cemetery. Pet Cemetery 2 was cool back in the day, and then I grew up and realized it sucks <laughs> fucking ass. All right, so I'm coming in at uh, a 6.5 out of 10. Jeremy. I give this one a 5, just like the last one. I, I get, really like these movies Really, anyway. you think this one's as good as the last one? Yeah. I guess. I, I, it's probably better in a certain... Yeah, like, I don't know. I just... Didn't really care for any of these what, movies, to be what honest did you with give you. It, what did you give it, Jeremy? Five. JP, six and a half? Yeah. Yeah, I'm at yeah, the same rating. Half. Six and a half out of ten. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, I thought of something, moods. Yeah. So when in Elm Street 3, they mention Elm Street 1, does that mean Elm Street 2 didn't happen? Because <laughs> oh they didn't God. mention it. Here we go. You know what? I would say fucking yeah, because so Elm, Freddy. <laughs> so Elm Street Two, we all know, takes a totally different approach within the story. They change the mythology in Part Two so drastically that yeah, you could make that debate where that movie fuck that it goes one to three. Part Three to me is a sequel to Part One. Part Two is like this alternate reality type but, film but then that just kind of mention it in. later in the franchise, and they're like they tried holy water or something no actually they don't even mention part two never mind no they don't (laughs) yeah one three two could yeah it's like a standalone film i mean when you change the mythology so drastically right it's pretty hard to come back from that but we'll get into that when we when we talk about that franchise because i think that is going to be one fucking long show probably yeah i think so but yeah that is going to do it for the predator franchise uh you know yep not the spinoffs one to four um well i had fun i think we did what we planned to do we kept it reasonable four and a half hours it's looking like right now so Hope you guys enjoyed episode 140, man. We will be back next week with um, 
We have, a, we have a change, man. Pumpkinhead franchise next week. I don't know what the fuck, man. Exploding Heads was all about their year of the franchise, but man, we have done a fucked up franchise. You, you know what's funny like. about that? Like, I did a count, and uh, their year of the franchise, like the entire year, they've mostly done franchise shows. And I did a count on last year how many franchise we, shows we did, and it was like pretty much, it was like the same as theirs, like maybe two less or holy something. Holy shit. Yeah, so uh, you have franchise year every franchise. year. <laughs> See, we just do it willingly. We don't have to make a big deal about it. And they only pick. The I like that they do those themed years. I wish we did something like that. Like oh. they had the year of the slasher, the year of the franchise. It's pretty cool. It's like you're you know working what? towards something. I personally here. like the the random ability of the shows, man. I mean, when they're being picked for us, I'm fine with it. It's like if we're picking. I mean, we base a lot of the shows on. On the present, like the present covered too. slasher shows. Well, the present too, right? I mean, this show came about because of a new pre- uh, Predator show. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Pre- Predator movie, and we would have never really done this show otherwise. But this is why this exists, which is kind of cool. You know, we're living in the moment, so. Mm-hmm. But but I'm saying like, I lo- like the, the year of the slasher they did. They didn't spend the whole year only covering slashers. It was just like a theme throughout the year. Yeah, you know, what I, mean? I thought that was cool. Yeah. yeah, maybe we should theme it out next year and just have Mikey pick all of our shows. No, that's okay. The year of the trash. <laughs> Imagine yeah. that. That yeah. would be fucking brutal, dude. Oh my! Nothing God. but bad movies. Can you imagine how fucking large our Hall of Pain would get? Oh, I just said my life right now. <laughs> it would be like JP would be updating the website every week, man. Because I mean, it's not all the time we get Hall of Painters. No, not that. I actually we wait really don't. To get a handful of things. To well, after last week's uh, last show, we should update it. So we had what three? Uh, four. Four. Yeah, four in on that one. Yeah. Yeah, I'll update it soon. Fuck yeah! Well, anyways, man, um, that concludes the episode. Jeremy, you want to take us out of here? Yeah. Thank you, everybody, for listening to episode one hundred and forty. Of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror podcast. So if you want to follow the man Moods himself, you could do so at youtube.com slash mood 616 and go tell him how much the bills really suck. And as always, you can follow JP over on his channel at youtube.com slash double shot jan. As always, you can follow me on my channel, youtube.com slash nesruler22. You can leave us any voicemails that you have, but we won't answer at 724-426-6665. Please leave us any questions at our email at the 22 shots of moods and horror at gmail.com. It's the 22 shots of moods and horror at gmail.com. Please follow us on Twitter at 22 shots podcast. And please follow us on the Facebook page, facebook.com search bar, 22 shots of moods and horror podcast. And fuck you, whoever flagged me last week and got me banned for three days for posting. I didn't say I wanted orange. I didn't say gas to Jews. I wanted orange juice meme that I posted about a year ago. And as always, <laughs> Ah, fuck, man. You think someone actually flagged you on that, or Facebook that's was just the, scrolling through and figured it out? I know. That's the meme that got me banned. I didn't say gas to juice. I said I wanted orange juice. That's the <laughs> meme that got me banned. <laughs> so funny. Ah, I was ah. like, that was a year ago. God And as damn. always, please support the Patreon to get the sand sucked out of my vagina. Patreon.com slash 22 shots podcast and that should do it everybody for episode 140 
I'll do 22 Shots of Moods and Horror Podcast. We'll be back next week with the Pumpkinhead franchise. So stay tuned for those four films. We all know Moods loves part two, so I can't wait. So that should do it, everybody. Have a good week. Talk to you guys soon. Is that a fart? I don't know. <laughs> what does it mean? Fucking farted so loud, I hurt my ass. I heard it all the way from here. Did you? <laughs> yeah, even as JP. <laughs> I said, is that a fart? <laughs> That's amazing. Fuck, these mics are good. Christ.